today's post-show recaps extravaganza. And believe me, by the runtime, perhaps you can tell that you are in for the epitome of an extravaganza is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans, where you can binge the new original series Titans and jump into part two of the fan favorite animated series, Young Justice Outsiders, with new episodes every week in July and August. Also, don't miss their comic library that's over 20,000 strong, including more recent titles and complete storylines. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. And oh my gosh, strap in for one of the most ridiculous podcasts I've ever participated in. Stranger Things 3 is over, but we are just getting started digging into your feedback here on Post Show Recap. So everybody, I am Josh Wiggler and joining me to deliver the Stranger Things scoops is your friend and mine, Mike Bloom. Mike, ahoy! Ahoy! I was going to say, Josh, the digging season was season two. I think. Oh, that's right. A little bit of time behind. We're, we went more towards the cold because we do like it cold, but this we feedback do. is hot, 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 as uh, is the sun. This is going to be a hot podcast for your listening pleasure, at least we hope. We've got a lot of business to attend to. First of all, Mike, it's been uh, about a week, two weeks or so since last you and I spoke in, uh, in, in reality, but only a few days since people have heard us talking about Stranger Things. But because of all the strange time discrepancy business that has happened in the creation of the Stranger Things podcasts, I just must ask, how are you? Any any Stranger Things three takeaways or lingering thoughts or developments or evolutions since last we spoke? It's a great question because, you know, we had the benefit of recording a lot of those episodes within our little castle bligler in the yes. upside down where we weren't really uh, privy to a lot of feedback from the outside community. Now that everyone has had the opportunity to assimilate this season into their Netflix queues, uh, it's, it's been a really interesting barometer or thermometer to, uh, to check out the temperature of the community. There are certain things that I might have changed my mind on, both for good and for bad, looking back on this season. But I got to say, I think even more fun was watching people react to us react, <laughs> if that makes sense. Particularly it with, does to me, anyway. Particularly <laughs> with how, well, I mean, we're essentially holding out funhouse mirrors to each other as uh, Russian guys sneak through with, you know, silence weapons that are used to kill fan favorites. Uh, but it's yeah, and occasionally we would be, like, shot in the chest and thank God we were wearing body armor. Yes, or a Woody Woodpecker plush to, uh, yes. you know, to, to crush the blow. But yes. it's been really fun to watch people, you know, give their own reactions as well. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to hear your thoughts out there, the royal you, I suppose, the Vosotros, uh, as to what your thoughts on the season are and what our changing opinions are as well. Because I think that now that we can look at the season as a whole, uh, I think now knowing the entire arc of things has certainly colored my mood a bit as to certain choices that were made. How about you? I know you've been quite busy with a number of other shows, including shows here on Post Show Recaps. But uh, any lingering thoughts or changes in mood that comes with a, a re-examination of Stranger Things Season 3 as a whole? 
my first thought is I didn't realize Vosotros was the royal you. Uh, I mean, it, it means it means you all. So, that's, uh, yes. but only in Spain. Vosotros, everybody. Uh, that's a drive shaft joke. Uh, that'll be better. <laughs> in a, that'll be better in a few weeks, Mike. I'm Josh. Uh, you wearing your diaper when you say that? <laughs> no, no, no. Gosh, no. Uh, though I, I may want to consider. I think this is going to be a very long podcast, but uh, I will. I will. I will try and he, uh, keep it together. No, I, I think that my thoughts. Uh, if anything. Thing. I, I have uh, the Stranger Things has become I, it's become fonder in in memory. I think that my my feeling on Stranger Things has has evolved from being like crotchety, angry. Why does everybody love this overrated show? To getting to a place of like you know, Stranger Things is fun. It's it's. It, I think what what makes me annoyed sometimes is when it's like talked about as like a prestigious drama, right. uh, where it's like this is this is something that should be in like deep awards conversation which that that boggles my mind to a certain degree but going through stranger things 3 with you along the way uh and and revisiting the episodes here and there it's just a good time at the movies not quite the movies but you know what i mean like i, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I we're, we're, we're sitting there drugged out of our minds yeah. watching back to the future <laughs> trying to understand the plot points and it just so happens that someone stuck a microphone in front of us and we're able to capture our ramblings yeah so that that's changed for me a bit that I, I've come to a place where Stranger Things is just sort of this ridiculous show and it does ridiculous very very well uh, and it knows what it wants to do at this point and it's doing it and I'm pretty happy to just let it do its thing uh, let it do its thing and, and you and I uh, be along for the ride to uh, to laugh and ask weird questions and be incredulous where appropriate. Uh, uh, can, I, can I ask a weird question actually right off the of bat course. here? Yeah, You're talking course. about awards. Uh, I know that it's always weird especially with Netflix coming out with these summer shows with the rules of eligibility when it comes to Emmys. Obviously, Stranger Things was not nominated for this upcoming Emmy season, but come Emmys 2020, how many noms do you think Stranger Things season three is getting? I don't know how many um, because there's going to be a lot of TV between now and then. And is Stranger Things a show that debuted in the summer of 2019? How forefront of mind is it going to be come July 2020 uh, with so many other shows that have come and gone between now and then? I expect I, I, I don't expect much uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, but I may be really underestimating Stranger Things. It's gotten a lot of awards love, at least nominations um, in the past. Uh, so, I, like, you, you got to figure like David Harbour will be nominated yes. or you know whoever. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That that'll be a, a podcast for uh, for the future uh, at some point, Mike. But this podcast, just to set the stage, I think it's very important that we all get on the same page with exactly what we are doing here. Um, this is the Stranger Things three feedback show that we promised all along the way. We spoke of so highly we've hyped it up <laughs> beyond belief and here we are this is the Clegane bowl of stranger things podcast yes will it live up to the hype you could be the or judge. will we get flamed much <laughs> like the members of the Clegane bowl themselves I, i'm you know at this point it's been kind of a funny ride of like the the ways and 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 uh avenues and venues in which we've been flamed along the way here <laughs> on the stranger things podcast so i am i am expecting to to catch 
catch at least a little bit of fire here along the way. But we are taking your questions, your comments, your observations that were collected all season long, whether it was on postshowrecaps.com, in the comment sections, or the tweets we received along the way with so much feedback uh, collected by the great Brendan Fitzpatrick. Shout out to Fitzy Brendan for all the work that he did here. So that's going to be the beginning of the podcast. That's going to be the first portion of the podcast. But Mike, we have plans uh, for for a ridiculous second portion of this podcast, which we lightly teased a few episodes back. I think kind of we just like farted it out into the wind as an aside. We're like, man, it would be really funny if we did like Survivor Hawkins mm-hmm. at some point. Um so that's going to happen today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, this the theme of this podcast was we make ridiculous claims like, I don't know, hey, wouldn't it be fun if Stranger Things did a musical number? And somehow it manifests itself into reality. So I think let's harness that power. Let's focus on the fact that Josh, you and I have become uh, Brant Steel experts at this point, something you could put on a business card to be sure. And let's, I will not. I will let's not put be these characters that. in a competitive <laughs> environment. So uh, for those of you that you know might not necessarily be Survivor fans, if you're here for purebred Stranger Things content only, we'll hopefully give you enough feedback stuff yes. for you to be able to chew on while the rest dig into the subsequent 15 or 16 ice cream treats that is going to be Survivor Hawkins. Yes. Okay. So we're going to do Survivor Hawkins is going to come to you in the second portion of this uh, feedback podcast, uh, Survivor Hawkins. It's a Brant Steel Survivor simulation that will be starring all or at least many of your favorite Stranger Things characters. And if you do not know what a Brant Steel simulation is, or even on the off chances, Mike, says that you do not know what Survivor is or you're not a Survivor person, uh, we will fill you in on all those details at the relevant point in this podcast. And if you're just so excited that you need to listen to that part first, I know a lot of people who listen to the Wiggle Room sometimes will do machete order and listen to the wand off first. Uh, I appreciate you. I see you. I would like to help you. Uh, You can skip ahead to the Survivor Hawkins section. Consult the show notes on this podcast for the relevant time codes uh and uh you can you can just get right into that um as always if you have not done so already we encourage you to subscribe to what we're doing here on poster recaps uh do that on your podcast platform of choice and you can even subscribe to our show specific feed at posterrecaps.com slash stranger things because believe it or not mike even though we said this whole thing would wrap up with a giant feedback show uh we actually have a few more nuggets to drop on the peeps in the weeks ahead we're not totally done with stranger things no we have some post credits content for you it's not going to involve josh and i locked up in any sort of gulag but we are subjecting ourselves to some interesting pieces of pop culture that i would say are stranger things tangential yes. at the very least and i'm sure you and i can find an ability to connect back to our favorite characters in hawkins yes stranger things adjacent uh i i would say uh we've got some we've got some stuff coming your way and we'll we'll, we'll tell you more about uh our next podcast at the end of this one just a few things to drop on you in the weeks ahead as mike and i start lining up our uh, our post stranger things recap project so mike did i did i miss anything did anything get lost in the shuffle there no i think we're okay to land here josh let's uh, let's fly off to the next section all right well before we fly off to the next section and that's a great segue because we're gonna hop into the feedback in just a bit but first A quick shout out to our friends over at DC Universe. 
DC Universe is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans, which you can join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders, the return of the fan favorite animated series with a huge cast of DC's most iconic young superheroes. Catch up on part one and then dive into new episodes of part two every week in July and August, where you can follow these young heroes facing new challenges in all corners of the DC universe. And then you can get your comic book fix and browse through their impressive library of over 20,000 comics, which includes more recent titles and complete storylines like The Man of Steel, Harley Quinn 2016, the much-anticipated Batman number 50, Mike, I'm sure some Wonder Woman in there, as Max would uh, would like to educate Eleven on. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fantastic. You know, no better way to educate Eleven as well as any other people that are new to comics. I'm a little miffed no Bob Newbie superhero on there, no, as, ili- as illustrated by Will Byers. But you know what? It seems DC Universe has a lot of fantastic content, nevertheless. Yes, absolutely. So it's also available on the platform. There's also tons of classic DC movies like the original Superman. Uh, and if animated movies are more your speed, you could join now to watch new releases like Justice League versus The Fatal Five and Batman Hush coming soon. So DC Universe, it's available on your favorite devices. And if you were thinking about it before, now is definitely the time. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. All right, Mike, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, get, let's get into some feedback here. It is time uh, to talk about Stranger Things Three, I've got a lot collected here, uh, and I'm I'm eagerly anticipating our thoughts in relation to the feedback. You all listened to us ramble on for way too long over the course of the last several weeks. It is your turn to ramble back at us. Yes, yeah, some nice back rambling going on here on PSR. Yes. Okay. So let's take this first bit of feedback from Jer Troiano, who wrote to us on Twitter and said, I enjoyed the podcast. This was my favorite of the three seasons. The LVP is by far and away Jonathan Byers. Mm. Even Max and Eleven knew he was boring and useless. They found both wheelers and Mr. Clark more worthy of being on the wheel of people to spy on than Jonathan. Uh, Mike, how do we feel about this? Uh, I think that we talked about Will Byers as the LVP. Uh, You certainly know how I feel about Jonathan and Nancy. So I'm not mad at Jer's claim that it's Jonathan Byers who gets the LVP at the end of the day. Well, let me first point out the circumstantial evidence that Jer points out, which uh, is something that we didn't necessarily talk about in episode three when Max and Elle were doing sort of like uh, the Stranger Things version of crank calling people during a sleepover, but essentially they said, hey, let's use Elle's power to spy on people, which is how they figure out, you know, they spy on Billy at the time or they have Heather on ice uh, and that's where they sort of figure out, hey, maybe things are a little weird in Hawkins this time of year. But I believe, you know, he sent us an image of the people who are on the wheel uh, and I believe it's what it's it's Nancy uh, Will is on or Karen, Mrs. Wheeler is on there I believe Mr. Yeah. Clark is on yeah. there uh, we have uh, Lucas was Lucas on there uh, it I'm would tra- make sense because I think Max would want to sneak on on Lucas if she could 
Yeah, so and but I think that as is pointed out, the one prominent name of a character who was not on that magical wheel was the one and only Jonathan Byers. And this brings up a number of questions. You know, do they feel that Jonathan's with Nancy? So why waste two spots on the board for essentially what's going to be one couple? Do they find Jonathan creepy, much like a lot of the characters did in season one? <laughs> right. Are they afraid that Jonathan's just going to be looping? Should I stay or should I go on his Victrola in his room? And that's just boring. I'm not entirely sure. It's tough for me to say that he's the LVP only because one of the images that I'll really have of this season was him getting absolutely wrecked by a metal stool. But I guess by that logic, considering it was done to him and not something he directly did besides, uh, you know, frustratingly yell at Nancy for consistently ruining his pictures in the photo lab at the newsroom. I, I, I might, I'm still going to put Will as my LVP, but I'm going to give the silver medal to Jonathan here. Well, he bungled the operation on Eleven's leg. Uh, and, and we have identified what happened to, to Eleven through the bite as quite likely the source of Eleven oh, Nancy, losing. Nancy's ears have perked up, and you said the source. Of, of Eleven losing her powers, right? So what if it's because, like, like Jonathan, like, much in the way where, like, you really need to remove the tick correctly in order to, to, to get the, the, the tick out of there and be, you know, no, no danger of the Lyme disease. I'm not entirely sure if that's exactly how it works with the tick. Yes, yeah, you can tell that Josh Wiggler has gone to, into many a wood in his hey, I've I've been outside. Trust me. I've definitely been outside. I think our release schedule is arguing quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe Jonathan like got the thing out incorrectly or like messed things around so much that he's the reason that Eleven lost uh, her powers, mm, if that's which would definitely put him in LVP territory. I mean, that'd be a very interesting living situation then, considering that she is living with the buyers. Maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, uh, held resentment towards Jonathan. I mean, I'll admit I did like his MacGyver attitude of him trying to, you know, gather supplies from the Panda Express to try to cut open Elle's leg. I mean, maybe... I don't know if we should blame him for not consulting the medical guide as to how to operate on things from the upside down, but... Maybe if that's the case, I don't know. I feel like we are delving too much into the what-ifs when it comes to Jonathan being the LVP. I'm, I'm still stuck with my choice of Will, just because Jonathan at least did not have the same line repeated over and over and over again for the last half of the series or the yeah. season. Yeah, Will meets Alexi. He likes it cold, the Slurpees. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think Will is the LVP. Hard for me to argue, uh, but I, I, will, I will side with Jer because it's an opportunity to further dunk on Jonathan, and who am I to resist such a, uh, such a temptation? Great observation from Jer, and Jonathan got hit with a chair. Ooh, that's right. That's true. It's a good point. Uh, this is from Von Kramer, who wrote to us on Twitter and said, great season, guys. Really enjoyed the singing. Oh, thanks, Von Kramer. Oh. You you were uh, maybe in the minority. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, to be fair, I mean, we got a couple of, uh, you know, uh, pretty we'll get there. We'll pretty get sticky there. comments. But I think the general <laughs> gist behind us putting ourselves out there was we'll get there. more we'll better get there. received than Dustin was, All right. I will say We'll that. get there. We'll get there. Uh, Von Kramer continues and says, I haven't heard or seen mentioned a call out in the finale to Christine with Billy in his car in the mall parking lot. Did you guys think that or am I reaching? Also, Hopper's cabin scene with the kids was straight up 
the Lost Boys. Um, Mike, I gotta be honest, I'm not a big Christine guy, uh, so so it's not something that I I really picked up on. Uh, the Hopper's cabin scene with the kids um, in in the bite at the start of uh, the bite, the penultimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I I see that as as straight up Lost Boys of like everybody getting together and the vampires are trying to burst through and everybody's rallied together. Uh, not to mention the fact that Billy really does just have like full on Kiefer Sutherland from the Lost Boys aesthetic going on. Uh, I think. Uh, you just that gave you gave executives an idea to reboot 24 yet again with Dacre Montgomery as a young Jack Bauer. I'm not sure that I'm mad at that. Uh, I feel like Dacre Montgomery as a Jack Bauer type could be good. Yeah, uh, Dower Montgomery. Yeah, I think I think that that would be I think that that would be uh, that would be all right. I'd be I'd be fine with that. I mean, it I also think, it also makes me think that Kiefer Sutherland would be fantastic to pull into Stranger Things. I think so. I think that if we are going with our logic, as we have the past couple seasons of uh, starting with, you know, uh, starting with obviously Winona Ryder. We had Sean Astin last season, Carrie Elway's this season of like, let's pick somebody from a popular piece of 80s pop culture and pull them in for, you know, either a recurring role of fan favorite role or, you know, a main cast member role. I feel like we need to be on a role with the Rick role. Rick yeah, Astley going, could be Oh my god. Up. If Rick if they end, you know, they ended with the the snowball in season 2. If they end with some sort of like fall formal dance in season 4 and Rick Astley comes out and sings, "Never Gonna Give You Up." I I'm I'm I'll I'm going to buy like four more Netflix accounts just to support the show even more yeah, for I that would, bowl I'd of approve. a choice. I would approve. Uh I want to see Kiefer on Stranger Things now. Uh, I feel like Kiefer, 80s icon. Uh, he's in the Netflix family now that designated survivors and Netflix show. I feel like this would be big casting, a casting coup. I think that if we have, you know, we talked about who would Hopper partner up with if he was in Russia to get out. I think if we have Kiefer play another American prisoner. Jack Bauer is, spoiler alert for uh, Jack Bauer's most recent sighting in the 24 universe, but he's in Russia. Okay, so is so, he going to travel back in time? Yeah, yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Have I ever told you that I have a very extensive idea for um, 24 of the Future, uh, where it's like a, a futuristic 24, where Jack Bauer is uh, an old man played by Donald <laughs> Sutherland in the future, battling a bunch of Jack Bauer clones who are younger Kiefer Sutherlands? Whoa, this feels like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that could have been made like 25 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, my my greatest hope someday is to at least turn that into a comic book. Uh, it's not my greatest hope. Lost Two is obviously my greatest. Hope. I was going to say I know that Lost Two has been more of a collaborative approach, but it seems like you have a pretty strict guidelines as to how twenty four, the future, or like twenty four squared is going to go. Yeah. I think I just called it Future Twenty Four at the time, or I think maybe it was like uh, twenty four thousand or something like that. <laughs> how does that uh, even make sense? Because <laughs> uh, it's like I don't know. It's twenty thousand unless it takes place under uh, the sea. <laughs> Yeah, twenty four thousand leagues under the sea. All right, we're we're getting far away. Let's take some let's take some feedback. Uh, Catherine Valentine wrote into us uh, with with a couple of thoughts. Catherine Valentine writes in and says, "I've been seeing the theory that when Hopper writes for the sake of your poor old dad, 
keep the door open three inches to L in his letter that perhaps it's foreshadowing that maybe he's stuck in the upside down and needs the door open. What are your thoughts? Uh, Mike, we talked a little bit in our finale podcast about some possibilities surrounding Hopper and how he could be uh, reintroduced into the mix in season four. Uh, So for me uh, to convey Catherine's question to you as a two-parter, one, we're still both on board that there's no way that Hopper is dead, right? And two, do you think that he is stuck in the upside down and he needs the door to remain open three inches in order to return? Yeah, don't do not play with us, David Harbour and Stranger Things cast. Okay, we know a deep fake when we see one. You can poke it, post as much sentimental stuff on your Instagram as you want to. We all know that you're coming back. I mean, I think any uh, <laughs> any foreshadowing with that is purely coincidental from Hopper's part. Unless he was able to, much like Doc Brown, send the note back in time to have Joyce place it in Eleven's pocket to get a hint as to where she needed to go. But I mean, I think it's a good good piece of foreshadowing, considering that from what it seems like, the Russians are at least messing in the Upside Down. We did know in the cold open from this season that they were working on opening the gate on their end. Seemed like it wasn't happening, hence why they moved to Hawkins to get a bigger key for a bigger gate. Uh, Maybe they've gone back to the drawing board in that perspective, and I could see, considering that leaving Hopper in the Upside Down has become a very cogent theory, I think, among the fans, this idea of leaving the gate open three inches uh, seems, it just seems like something that always happens. You know, it seems like it's this damn stuck door that as much as you try to slam it, uh, it's not, it's always going to sort of pop back out a few inches. Yeah, no, it's it's never going to close all the way. Uh, I, yeah, I think it would be unintentional on Hopper's part, but I think very deliberate on the part of the Duffers uh, to, to leave us speculating with a line like that, knowing that we're going to read into every single possible thing that they throw out there. I think leave the door open three inches. It's pretty clear to me that like that's a sign that the doors to the upside down will stay open. And I think I think it was in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that they talked about how um They've opened up like new portals in the world of Stranger Things uh, by the end of season three. And what I couldn't get from that word choice, I believe it's their word choice is the word portals, is I couldn't tell if what they meant by that was that like they've set the stage for different settings for season four, which they absolutely have. Like they've set they've now like firmly established and earned further time spent in Russia should they choose to go down that route. They, of course, still have Hawkins and they now also have wherever the buyers in 11 have gone off to. I've said Chicago would be fun because that's already in the universe of Stranger Things and Illinois uh, is very much in in the universe of Stranger Things at this point. But wherever it could be, there's at least like three distinct places uh, that they have. I I really feel like they've they've set the stage for like they could spend some meaningful time in a future season um, exploring the world beyond Hawkins. So is that what they mean by we've established portals or do they mean that they've like legitimately set up the fact that like you can get you can like go through a portal into the upside down in Hawkins and find some sort of portal that spits you out into Russia. Right. Mm-hmm. And and could there be something that like in that Russian facility, if Hopper is there, can he get into like the sub 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 basement of that facility and find some sort of portal into the upside down and go through there and fight his way back into Hawkins 
with some, I say relative ease because it's not a plane ride from Russia to Hawkins, but I think I would take the flight over the trip through the upside down. Doesn't feel like much of a shortcut, but I do just wonder if that's something that they're actually like legitimately setting up for season four, something that they'll explore is like, these people can all be in very different physical locations from each other, but maybe they can loop into each other's lives with, uh, you know, with like quicker speed at least by, you know, there being some sort of like interconnected series of portals in the upside down. Picture this second to last episode of season four. Here's Hopper. He is at his wits end and the upside down. He's been chased everywhere by these pursuing demogorgons, even worse than Arnie, the Terminator. Then suddenly a voice pops in his head on your left and out oh. comes some portals <laughs> and here comes 11 here comes mike here comes oh, joyce they're yes. coming in they're getting ready uh baby holly's giant like ant-man i think this is you know the crossover that we're waiting to happen uh but to answer your question sincerely i think that it would be a nice physical representation of something that is been very thematic you know, we keep hearing Jonathan and Nancy talk about this idea of shared trauma, and that connects back to, you know, the blood oath when they were admiring each other's scars before Jonathan ended up leaving at the end of the third season. And I do feel like even though they're in separate locations, they are still inevitably connected by the literal stranger things that they witnessed here. So no matter what distance they take, it's going to be the stuff that they've undergone that's going to unite them emotionally, so much so that they're always connected back to Hawkins. And I do wonder if it ends up being that maybe if there's a weakening infrastructure going on between in the in the portals, that maybe more do pop up around the world. Maybe that's going to be our next big goal of the party is to try to, you know, we closed off the gate here. We closed off the gate here. Now we need to close the gates out everywhere because fault lines are crumbling. And now the upside down is starting to bleed into our modern world. And if that's the case, I could see maybe some fast travel via upside down becoming an option. All right. So you, you made a Marvel joke at the start of this. And I know we said we had two back to back Catherine Valentine's, but let's break it up really quickly with a daddy Taryn, which I didn't know was a thing. Taryn, so many weird things happening in your orbit. And I love it that you have a daddy Taryn. So daddy Taryn <laughs> is somebody who tweeted at us and daddy Taryn, who does have a Taryn Armstrong avatar. So this is about Daddy Taryn Armstrong, which I just think is tremendous. There are no Daddy Wiggler accounts, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I think uh, you just put it out into no, the universe. No, it's all right. Uh, we, we I, I mean, as a, as a literal father, I can yeah, say that, like, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> you are. I'm speaking with Daddy Bloom. Uh, Daddy Taryn had written in and said, with the news of David Harbour starring in Black Widow for Marvel, do you think that Hopper is donezo. Uh, a couple of things to note on this, Mike. Uh, so we're recording this. This is dropping um, after Comic-Con, uh, where Marvel Studios had their outrageously ridiculous Hall H presentation, where they outlined phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that's not just feature films anymore. It's also these uh, uh, like these prestige Disney Plus uh, like event TV series projects that they're launching, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, there's a Loki show. There's WandaVision, which I love me some uh. Wanda, <laughs> so you know I'm going to be watching that. Um, but but we have David Harbour is going to be starring in the first of the announced movies of the next wave of Marvel. He's going to be co-starring in Black Widow as I believe he is playing a Russian character na named Alexei. I'm, 
I, I may have that wrong, but I am no. pretty sure that that's the case. <laughs> you are correct. So uh, he is playing Alexei Shoshkatov, who uh, alias is the Red Guardian. And I won't get into too much, you know, comic book rabbit hole stuff that should be saved for those who partake in DC Universe. Essentially, I think he's sort of trained to be Russian's version of uh, Captain America. Right. And I believe at one point he's uh, arranged to be wed to the eponymous Black Widow. But yeah, I mean... It also pretends this theory to me. I know that Black Widow is supposed to be a prequel. I don't know if it takes place in the 80s, but I'm just saying if Hopper ends up in Russia and he's trying to, you know, come up with an identity for himself so that the the Russians don't find him and the government doesn't find him, who's the first Russian he's going to think of? Alexei, yeah. would it not be within Hopper's character to take his name and assume a new identity? It's just tremendous. I just think that it's just so great uh, that David Harbour will be playing a Russian man named Alexei as his uh, as his his next work. I'm also I excited because just- it seems like I mean I haven't you know read up too much on Red Guardian, but I'm assuming he's, he's going to like prat it up, right? Considering not to body shame Jim Hopper too much, but I would say that is not necessarily a super soldier esque body. So. No, he's got the dad bod thing going on, which I think is, you know, a big piece of the the Hopper character. You know, he's got that. He's uh, talking about daddy Hopper, you know, I think is is definitely a thing. Um, but I uh, he, he he was there. He was at Comic-Con. He was part of the Hall H presentation. And one of the things that was notable about his look is that he's got like the man bun thing going on right Whoa. now. And he also has an enormous beard. Uh, so so to riff off of that, you could imagine. Imagine that that is like Hopper's aesthetic for Stranger Things 4. Like if he is imprisoned, <laughs> it would make sense that he would be like a like a shaggy haired Hopper that he would have a little bit of like the man bun thing going on and a long beard. He's got like this like Count of Monte Cristo look to him, uh, I think would be would be really fun. The other piece of that, though, is Black Widow is coming out in May 2020. Um, it is it is filming currently. Stranger Things four hasn't even been announced as of this recording. Uh, it, it feels but, like but, that's but all too assumed, I would say, considering all, how apparently yes. it smashed records from Nielsen. Yeah, I, I think it, it would be it would be genuinely shocking if there was not a fourth Stranger Things. Uh, and and Hopper's alive. Like they've put too much into that. So I I think that the the logistics of him filming Black Widow to me. That does that does not uh, make me even the slightest bit nervous about David Harbour being too busy to film uh, Stranger Things four. And I also think that it would be kind of great if at least like a decent amount of season four, if if they keep Hopper away from us for a little while, like maybe they give us the Hopper episode the way that they tried to give us mm-hmm. that 11 episode um, once upon a time. Uh, I, I feel like that could be really fun to get like that catch up on where Hopper's been uh, and you spend much of the season without him. So no, the Black Widow stuff, it doesn't worry me at all. It makes me very excited for David Harbour as a human yeah. being who uh, seems like a, a really tremendous guy. Uh, name dropping here i i did interview him once and he was delightful he was, a del- he, was he was a delight uh, at comic-con actually a couple years ago before uh he had uh shot hellboy um <laughs> he's, he's, he's bounced back from that he's literally <laughs> he's crawled okay. out he's crawled out of the pits of hell but yeah i would agree i think all right. when it comes to his longevity i believe that you know black widow is a bit of a red herring and i mean all these actors are doing other things all the time. I mean, Finn Wolfhard filmed it. 
I believe, between what seasons two and three of yeah, Stranger he's, Things. He's make he's going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie. Like these people are in demand, and they're going to have other projects, and it's totally fine. And and no, Black Widow for David Harbor does not make me nervous whatsoever for him coming back to Stranger Things. I think that we will have him for the duration of oh, Stranger. But, but now Things. I really I'm really excited for hopefully Man Bun Hopper. I in think it'd be great. Four. Considering I that he's now great. gone from like the Magnum PI stats where he thinks is like the pinnacle of style to now just looking like a complete derelict. Only that he, he would, I would say like, hey, Hopper, time travel like 30 years from now. And this is the pinnacle of style. 100%. Uh, all right, let's go back to Catherine Valentine. Uh, Catherine had a funny one uh, that said, I just wanted to get something off my chest. I don't think Erica ate all 16 of those ice cream delights. I too was disturbed at the quantity, but it seemed like she just wanted them to give her options. Um, I think that that's probably fair. Uh, but, we think- can, but we can dream, can't we? I believe a song once said, what you dream will be, or mirrors in your eyes, or whatever the lyrics are. Right, right. I, I, what, you, what you see will be. Uh, so I, I, I'd like to think that it was a never-ending ice cream story. Uh, but Catherine, Catherine may be correct that it was just Erica getting them to like lay all their cards out on the table as just like a show of power, just a full power move of you guys show me the money in the form of ice cream. So I know how much you need Erica. You know, it'd be even better if she made them eat it. She's like, (laughs) I don't want this anymore, but you know what? I want to watch you guys eat it. So to watch the three of them have to wolf down probably what five ice cream dishes each would be would have been a very interesting deleted scene for Stranger Things as well. And yes, a big flex on the part of Erica. Huge flex. Huge flex. Catherine Keene wrote in and said, do you think that we'll meet any other people with abilities like Eleven and Callie in season four? And are the Russians experimenting with children also? Um, so season two introduced us to to Callie, who is uh, the the young woman with the ability to like basically incept your worst nightmares into existence or make you see things that aren't there. Um, so we know of at least two superpowered individuals in the universe of Stranger Things. That episode did not go over great with most people. Some people really like it. A lot of people really don't. Um, but you got to figure like that's out there in the Stranger Things canon, right? Like they can't just ignore that forever. You think that, but then they ignored it for the entirety of season three. And I agree. You would think that now with this larger, quite literal global plot that we're delving into, presumably with season four, that we would touch upon that. But I really do wonder if her parting ways with Callie and her outrageous 80s crew last season really was a sign for, you know, the the duffers to Nikki and Paulo them to bury them and say, you know, say, okay, we're you guys don't like them. Fine. We'll get rid of them. We don't need to bring them up anymore, which makes me a little sad. I don't necessarily need to see, you know, speaking of a young justice to see 11 form a super league of children. But at the same time, I thought it was, it was a cool idea for her to sort of, you know, connect with others. I mean, that chapter was called the lost sister. And it was interesting to see her, try to initially connect with Callie over this once again shared trauma only to find out that she's utilizing it for a completely different reason and that family is much less about blood and more so about, you know, the bonds that you make. So maybe they felt like it was thematically milked at that point, you know, compounded with the fact that it was not very well received. I unfortunately think there's a non-zero chance that we are not touching that storyline ever again. I think it's interesting, though, to think about like Hopper in Russian captivity and like 
finds, you know, a young person who's being experimented on and then has like a, uh, oh, you know, this poor a, man with daughter, sir, sir, with daughter figures, you know, well, like, yeah, he, like, I think he, like you could, you could imagine him like kind of like grafting his feelings toward 11 onto like some young person. <laughs> hey, uh, keep your cell door open three inches. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I feel like something like that feels within reason to me and could be a fairly natural way to bring us back into the idea of kids in the universe of Stranger Things who have been experimented upon either, you know, directly by Hawkins Lab or some of these other forces that are out there. Uh, look, we've, we've talked lightly about the possibility that uh, Dr. Brenner is not only still alive, but could be in but Russian kicking. captivity. Uh, you know, may, maybe he's like working for the Russians and is helping them develop some, you know, super powered kids of their own. And that could be a way to get like Hopper and, and Brenner even in the same storyline uh, could be something that we could see. What do you think the chances are that we get uh, a call cousin Oliver moment on stranger things? I, which maybe we got that with Erica because I think one of the major themes of these kids is that we've seen them grow up to a teenage age where now they're no longer the cute little precocious munchkins that we saw them in season one. Do we feel like stranger things needs to bring in new cute precocious kids to, uh, to bring back that section of the fandom? Uh, I don't think it's the worst idea on the planet. Stranger Things, um, the next generation. I, I think next gen Stranger Things could be fun. Uh, and I think like to get like, uh, like a group of kids from Russia could be, could be fun to like, kind of like have this different spin on what we have seen from the Russians thus far on Stranger Things where really Alexi was the only sympathetic one. Uh, and, and maybe through Hopper having to like essentially Steve Harrington, these kids, uh, from Russia to Hawkins. Uh, Hop with Mom is going to be a great storyline. I know. I think that that would be good. So, uh, could be, could yeah. be something that's, uh, that's worth paying attention to. I would love that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm loving this idea more and more of, of Hopper being in this Russian facility because I will say one of my sticking points, and I have only a few sticking points with season three, but, you know, there's some sizable ones, I would say. And one of them is I really do feel like if the Russians are supposed to be this big bad, the only way that got somewhat validated is in that post credit scene when we find out that they are raising a demogorgon. Otherwise, you and I pointed out throughout the season how they've sort of been portrayed as, at least in Hawkins, uh, a little inept, maybe not thinking things through the entire time. Uh, very, sure. rem very reminiscent of like, uh, you know, Dr. Evil's baddies specifically. And I do understand that, you know, maybe this was more of a send up of those 80s movies with the big bad Russians where maybe where the Americans are supposed to dominate. But it's still, I don't know. It, it didn't have much bite to it. But now that we do have a creature who bites and then some, that's going to set up some really exciting things. So I'm hopeful that now we can sort of use that as for lack of a better term, a Russian reboot in season four, where maybe we get to know more shades of this Russian organization, where we see who who possesses the, these terror-filled aspects that, you know, is really going to keep us on the edge of our seats for season four. All right. Brendan Fitzpatrick had written in two questions that are linked. And the first one we'll just do quickly. Uh, Brendan wanted us to power rank Barb, Super Bob and Alexi in terms of the lovable side characters. Uh, I give you the floor, Mike Bloom. I know you hate the way that Bob went out and the way it was depicted, but much like Joyce staring at his picture on the wall and watching Cheers, I feel like he's number one for me. Maybe I'm, you know, uh, the justice for Barb and the popularity of that has like dulled me, dulled her in my eyes. 
maybe it's just we've gotten time away from her that it makes her number three for me because I would say Alexi, I put him at number two right now. Maybe it's recency bias. I think that he was just a very fun character, a very different character from what we see on Stranger Things as over the top as it may be. I made Doc in points because he was not nearly involved in the season as someone like Bob or plot wise as Barb, but until pretty late anyway. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was, but he was in like what three episodes total. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and, the, and, the others in were fairly prominent ways. Yeah, but the others were involved, I think, in in bigger, more consistent ways. So if I have to triple rank my, uh, if I have to triple rank these these lovable deaths right now, I guess I got to go Bob, Alexi, Barb. Unfortunately, no offense to Barb. Hashtag justice for Barb. No, and 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 I I, I think for me, uh, we may be more aligned than you would guess. Uh, I think I'll put Alexi first, just because he was such a source of joy for me in uh, the the back part of this season. And like I had said, when he died, I think that they did the Bob thing really well this time. Like mm-hmm. I. I think that it, it, it was really kind of paint by the numbers to a certain degree, but I think it was it was it was done in a more artful way and in a way that I enjoyed uh, quite a bit more. So I'll, I'll take Alexi and his uh, his shit strawberry Slurpee in the number one spot, uh, and then I, I do think I'll put Bob at number two because okay. how can you how can you be mad at Sean Astin on Stranger Things? I just didn't like the way that he went out. Yeah, uh, I didn't like I didn't like the way that they wrote him out. I thought that they they really cheapened him in the end. Uh, but up until then, you know, he was great. He's Sean Astin. Sean Astin's always great. And it's no no disrespect to Barb. These are, you know, three three great characters uh, and three great performances. But I think Barb, what she did was she was more to me an idea than a character mm-hmm. uh, where she like, she represented sort of like the the deadliness of Stranger Things really early on. Uh, and then I think that like when she blew up into like justice for Barb being an internet reaction that then gets folded into the second season of Stranger Things. That's the stuff about the show that I tend not to like that much. Uh, so she does get dinged a little bit because of that. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, this is a tough ranking. We like all three of these characters. We're literally killing our darlings here that have already been killed. All right, so the second part of uh, Fitzy Brendan's question was, can we dream cast or come up with a dream character brainstorm for who will be season four's lovable new side character uh is it the russian kids that we've already dreamed up that are like essentially the russian lost boys not the vampires but peter pan's buddies mm-hmm. uh like is there someone who's like peter that is you hopper that is you <laughs> Piotr, that is yeah. you <laughs> that's the one got it his name is Piotr pen <laughs> yes yes i think that'd be good uh but who should he be played by he's got to be played by like I don't know. He's played by Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> uh, he's busy now. That guy has a movie career. He's he's too he's too big time. They could to... pull him in for like two episodes. Where he could be super lovable and then get gunned down by a bunch of Russian operatives. Oh my god! Too bigable. Too too too, too big bigable. He's too bigable. That was I just. I Ooh, that's, here's that another word. idea. Okay, yeah. let's do a let's do a crossover with Big, where Piotr oh. is actually a Russian man who wakes up in a boy's body. <laughs> or yeah, no, I like that. I think that's good. We got like a little bit of like a 30 going on 13 uh, yes. for season four of strange wait things. what if what if he that's hopper what if the experimenting they do on hopper is that he wakes up in a little boy's body because let's face it uh that and that gets you out of the problem of david harbour is getting yes. too big for stranger things so you just recast him as so a kid could, and they could say like look we we said david harbour wouldn't be in stranger things anymore we weren't lying uh because let's face it and this is one of my other sticking points in looking back on the season Hopper Hopper was acting like a kid. 
for a good majority of the season. And I think the way that they send him off, particularly how he acted in, in those final couple of episodes, were really good. But I think we also lucked out in uh, stopping in between episodes because I can imagine binging these, how repetitive the Joyce Hopper sniping back and forth would get to the point where we'd all be Murray yelling at them to shut the hell up. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who are some good kid actors out there right now, but most of them are on Stranger Things. Uh, it could be um, uh, Jacob Tremblay. Uh, yeah, we can get some Jacob, Trem- Jacob Tremblay on uh, Stranger Things. How about uh, young Sheldon, Ziggy, if he's not too busy? Yeah, Ian, Ian Armitage. Uh, I think could be good. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> Ian Armitage, yes. I actually think that's that's dream casting right there. Because yeah. then I know in a, in a Big Little Lies season one, he had his head shaved like an 11. Right. So oh, yeah. We can get back off. to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be really good. Uh, or we could get uh, Josh and Max Wright, Celeste's uh, twin sons. Uh, they could come in and they could be like two little bruisers, two little uh, two really scary fighter characters. That could be good. Yeah. I, I think that we've got a good casting couch right now of children to use as the uh the youthified version of hopper for season four so i guess is this going to be our lovable character then even though it's already a form of a character we know yeah i think so and uh well yeah i i I mean they haven't they haven't like really uh they haven't like broken our hearts with a kid character yet okay so here's what it's gonna be so we have piotr pen right but yes uh we're gonna have his friend is gonna be a rufio or a ruskio if you Ruskio. will, oh, type God. of trailblazing, <laughs> hot-headed kid who ends up, prote- you know, diving in front of bullets to save uh, Piotr Pan and ends up dying uh, as a result. Oh my God, Ruski! Oh, <laughs> and he has yeah. the red in his hair, so I think it, 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 you know, it works out. Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. All right, back to Daddy Taryn. Uh, <laughs> back to you, uh, Daddy Taryn uh, wrote in and said, "1986 was a big year in pop culture. What do you think will be referenced in season four from 1986? There's Aliens. Aliens has already been referenced. Uh, so uh, unless they like go to the movies again and Aliens is there, but they've outright said that Aliens uh, has been was a touchstone for season two. Mm. Um, some of the others that uh, that Daddy Taryn writes in." Uh, Chernobyl, I suppose, not the show, but the the event. <laughs> that could be interesting, though. I, I yeah. have seen a theory online that they that like maybe the work that the Russians were doing with the gate could have caused an eruption around Chernobyl, which would be a very dark turn for Stranger Things. Yeah. But you know what? Considering the very lighthearted tone that the show took in its third season, I think they're really experimenting with ways to take the tone of their show. So maybe they take a complete swing in the other direction for season four. That could be interesting, a, a Chernobyl parallel in Stranger Things 4. Uh, just to cherry pick some of the other ones that Daddy Taryn uh, referenced, Top Gun. Did you watch the Top Gun 2 trailer, Mike? Uh, I have not as of yet because I just want to keep the crystalline image of Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise playing volleyball in my head before they have there, to reprise the well, scene. Well, the trailer, the new trailer, spoiler alert, it looks like there's going to be some sort of beach sports involved in Top Gun Maverick. So uh, maybe we get a volleyball scene in Stranger Things 4. Uh, Ferris Bueller, what are the odds that Will Byers ditches school by making his hands clammy and cold? He likes it cold. Oh, no, what's going to happen is uh, I guess I could see like a Lucas being a Ferris Bueller type and Will's totally a Cameron and he's going to take Jonathan's car and it falls out the window. Yeah. Could be good. Uh, Stand by me. 
that was, again, that's already just the sort keep, of like the show, the keeper, right? <laughs> the keeper, that could be the keeper Sutherland, though. You know, we could yeah. get a keeper in. Yeah, though I feel like I feel like wasn't that a, a huge inspiration for season one in particular? Was like yeah, you know sure. four kids wandering around. Yeah, Daddy Taron also mentions Short Circuit. How about some Fisher Stevens casting? Oh nope, not not if he's playing a Short Circuit character. <laughs> no, that would be bad. I, Benjamin, uh, I, I, I think that, Johnny Five would be great. Well, that's an interesting thing because I know that we're gonna maybe get into some other pop culture connections that Stranger Things can make. And I was actually thinking along the lines of like a weird science or a Short Circuit thing, where you know I had said in our bold predictions preseason about there being some sort of artificial intelligence element we have yet to see that yet i feel like that was such a big part of 80s science culture in particular that i feel like we have yet to see something where like the kids create something and then try to like figure out how to assimilate it into the real world i guess we got that with 11 but now that she sort of is doing well on her own uh, i feel like we're, we're overdue for some you know exploration of that yeah, I think Dustin creating a robot pal would be awesome first. I mean, listen, four. he's uh, apparently the big inventor. I, I don't know if the, yeah. maybe the forever clock's going to mature into some sort of self-thinking robot. All right. Well, speaking of Dustin and speaking of pop culture references, we've gone long enough without getting into it. The never ending story of it all. Uh, and we had mixed mixed feelings uh, from the from the crowd on the never ending story. This was from Raider Man, who said that never ending story scene was the happiest I've ever been watching any movie or TV show. Wow. Yeah. Big words. Big words from Raider Man. So that's Raider Man's take. Uh, Chris Brannigan wrote in and said, watching that scene, I thought you guys were either going to love it or it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you on TV or you would bitterly disagree with each other. Uh, Mike, I think ultimately we agreed that we had a great time yes. with the never-ending story. Yes, I, and I think that what we're getting into, I think, is going to show a wide swath of opinions, which I think makes sense just given where the moment fell and how over the top it was. I think it really depends on like the mood you were in when you watched it and how susceptible you are to musical numbers. You and I both come from a theater background where it's literally like normal fare for someone to burst out into song. If you're not used to that or if you don't like that, I could very well understand how you take some of the opinions that we're about to get into. Okay, well, here's the one. Uh, and this is my favorite feedback that we got for the entire season. And it was a comment on Post Show Recaps dot com uh for our season finale podcast this is from replay bb718 who writes in you guys are such losers <laughs> Which I laughed so hard at the second I read that. Uh, you guys are such losers. The never-ending story moment was the worst part of the finale of this whole series. It totally took down the tension from 100 down to zero. It's an embarrassment. Season 3 didn't take itself seriously, which was a complete 180 tonal shift from season 1. Season 3 is a juvenile show. It had high highs, but the low low was just a total joke uh all right so to address the first part yes, yes we are i think we found the erica burner account in the comment section <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I'm surprised it didn't start with, isn't it time for you guys to die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been maybe more appropriate. Losers feels harsh. Mike, I think it would be more fitting to call us goobers here yes. uh, in the Stranger Things landscape. Um, uh, the, the, the name calling aside, I appreciate where Replay BB718 is coming from in terms of the feelings towards the never-ending story, like bringing down the tension. But I think that's only if you believe that Stranger Things is actually going to like irrevocably mess up its universe ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like the most it's going to do is cause people to move, and that's going to be a big status quo shift. And it's going to make you think that Hopper is dead, but he's not really dead. Maybe when we get to the final season or the penultimate season finale, right? Like if season four is the second to last, maybe some real lasting damage could be done there. Um, but that, I, I've, I've come to accept that this is not a, an especially dangerous show. Mm. Uh, and it's really only like smaller side characters that are in imminent danger at any given time. And I would love to be proven wrong eventually, but through three seasons, uh, this is just not an especially dangerous show. So for me, I don't think that the tension is taken down from 100 to zero because I think in that moment, it's not especially deeply tense for me because I feel like things are mostly going to work out with at least some like surface possibilities of uh, of damage done to our cast of heroes. And I will also say uh, the, the comment season three didn't take itself seriously, which was a complete tonal 180 shift from season one. Sure, maybe. But that began in season two. You know, I I think season two is where Stranger Things slides from season one to where we are in season three. And I think that season three is just a much more effective and enjoyable version of the tone that they got into in season two. That's a very interesting point, because I know there's been a lot of remarks across the Internet of how much more comedic season three is. We even talked about it in our podcast. And I think that it's safe to say comedy is much more subjective than horror Whereas, like, I think it's much harder to say, that scared me, well, that didn't scare me, as opposed to, that's funny, well, I don't think that's funny. And I think that it's, that's a problem people had with season three, is that they felt like too many bad jokes shoehorned in there. I personally really enjoyed it, and maybe the show, I wouldn't say it doesn't take itself seriously, but I think it knows what to do with its characters now. I feel like, to your point, season two was a way for them to say, like, okay what do we do now? Let's try doing the same thing again and maybe lampshading a bit and see what happens. I think season three shows a complete trust in the actors on behalf of the show to just have a good time. And I know I talked about this on our podcast, but as a result of them having a good time, I had a good time. Uh, I actually, you know, going back to some MCU comparisons here, I actually find it very comparable, uh, season three of Stranger Things, to Thor Ragnarok, Uh, Especially, you know, not to say that Thor and Thor the Dark World were these big sci-fi horror pieces, but I think they took themselves a bit more seriously, whereas Thor Ragnarok is really just a big old joke fest fun good time at the movies. And people have had problems with that, about saying they've shoehorned in too many jokes. This feels, you know, too corny. It seems like they swung too much in the other direction. And I'm seeing similar comparisons here. For what it's worth, I absolutely love them both. So I'm coming from a place of really appreciating that tone and style. Though I can also acknowledge the fact that, considering the access point from season one to where we are now, it feels very different tonally. But much like children grow into teenagers and maybe change their tastes and styles, this is sort of the way that Stranger Things has matured as well. So it's all too pertinent. 
All right. Trent C., who is a prolific commenter on postshowrecaps.com, uh, wrote with a take about season three that I think uh, at least partly aligns with where Replay BB718 is coming from. Uh, this is from Trent, Trent C., and we can just dissect this. It's not really a question. Uh, Trent C. says, I have a general opinion about this show over three seasons, and it may be unpopular. During the first season, I felt the main cast of kids were overacting to the point of histrionics at time. During the second season, I felt there were miscues like the road trip 11 went on when she found her sympathetic yet brutal fellow test subjects and the entire sequence with Murray, the conspiracy guy who encouraged a couple of teen strangers to drink vodka and have sex in his uh, house. Found Josh's burner account. Yeah. In the third season, I again found overacting to be a problem this time in the scenes with Hopper and Joyce. Mm. I found the setups or material during the exchange is not really worth all of that shouting and anger. The scenes with Mrs. Wheeler and Billy were mystifying as they led nowhere but to the country of slightly creepy and puzzling would have been more fun if purely played for laughs to be clear i like the source material the 80s background the sci-fi aspect and the kids being the heroic protagonists are all something i would normally enjoy but overall i felt that stranger things didn't really draw upon 80s references other than talk about D every few episodes they did a lot of things right like the third season music one movie in particular in the mall but i still think that the duffer brothers missed a wealth of material from that era that's from trent c uh with some with some hot takes about the state of stranger Mm. things so here's the thing i mean obviously with a a long enough and thank you so much to trent for also like keeping us up on his thoughts uh trent's also a great commenter on the rob has a podcast main reality stuff as well and it's been great to hear his thoughts over the season as well i mean i mentioned this before on the podcast I do agree with him partially about the Joyce and Hopper stuff. I do understand them trying to actually build out the tension a bit more without Joyce, you know, uh, being with Bob this time around. But when you see it for like the fourth or fifth time, it does become a bit repetitive and it does give you a bit of a a tension headache just from the amount of time they're, they're yelling at each other and being angry with one another. So I can see at least from a writing perspective how, you know, ironically enough, I think the adults acted the most childish this entire season and maybe that was intentional i i see where he's coming from on like you know not acknowledging the source material enough but at the same time i don't want this to be a family guy of member this 80s stuff you know like i enjoy the fact that it really leans on these 80s pieces and giving some modern flair to it you and i praised the rob and steve scene in the bathroom for doing just that for taking these 80s tropes and bringing them into a third dimension into a 21st century perspective that is more encapsulating and is more for lack of a better term woke and it's really cool to watch that not just feel like it's a relic of the past that it's a relic of the past commenting on the past that looks into the future so i don't know if we necessarily need like a hey they walk by a top gun cutout you know hey they're quoting fletch uh, I feel like more pastiches, less direct references, I'm personally fine with. Maybe it's because I'm someone who looks in the mirror and makes so many pop culture references that I don't feel like I need to watch that all the time in the things that I consume. I think the Duffers have satiated my pop culture references personally, but I could also see somebody who who's hungry for some more, considering how maybe these felt, you know, I, these felt a little more underlined. We talked about the new Coke ad for example, but uh, if you're looking for more outright references to 80s pieces of pop culture, uh, there there could be more. There always could be more. 
All right. Well, let's let's uh, start to get out of the feedback section by going on a little bit of a journey, Mike Bloom. Uh, and this is a journey that I'd like to to refer to as the journey of Spurgatory. Uh, and and, and Spurg- is, that, is that where Hopper ended up in season yes. three? Yeah, he's in Spurgatory. 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 Initially, making me shout Strigoi every time I looked at the poster recaps comments. Uh, who 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 came at us hot at the top of our Stranger Things uh, podcasting here with at one point saying, Jesus, do you guys even like the show? Uh, And I think ultimately maybe coming around to the fact that we also came around to Stranger Things over the course of the season. But Spurgatory, uh, prolific, to use the word again, uh, commentator on uh, our our Posha Recaps page as we were going through Stranger Things. And we we appreciate the interactivity very very, very much. Uh, even even when we we disagree, <laughs> we can always we can always agree to disagree. Uh, and and I appreciated some thoughts. So a lot of thoughts along the way. Uh, it's it's quite quite a commentary. If you haven't been going to the PostShowRecaps.com pages, you can see fuller comments here. So we'll just go through some of the highlights from Spurgatory along the way. Uh, Spurgatory says, one of my primary criticisms of the first two seasons was that they almost never gave the young characters time to actually be children. They were all stuck in crisis mode the entire time. So we got very little chance to actually see who they are as people, especially Mike. I'm glad they actually remedied that this season. And I think that uh, Spurgatory was saying this and then went on to say, so of course you guys didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> I think early on, maybe we were uh, a little harsh on some of like the the, the burp and fart humor. Well, I know. I think uh, I think specifically what Spurgatory was was referencing was the episode two, you know, whole storyline with Max and Eleven going to the mall and the boys right. going to the mall, which yeah. I know I wasn't a big fan of. I think in retrospect, I do appreciate it more. And I think Spurgatory actually does make some interesting points about, you know, I think a highlight of season two honestly was the way that it ended at the snowball, which probably was the most kids being kids moment that they've had since season one of like. Yeah, they're encountering all this otherworldly stuff, but at the end of the day, they're still, you know, teenagers trying to deal with their emotions. So I think I've gained some newfound appreciation for that mall montage. I will say it, it still, you know, feels a bit oddly contrasted in tone to some of the other stuff that was happening. But uh, yeah, I, 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 at least I, I still cannot get on the side of the, the burp and fart scene. That just, that maybe that's a bridge too far for me, but I have come around on the makeover scene. Okay, so that's so that's one. Uh, Spurgatory also says, Josh, you gotta relax, bro. Ain't nobody killing off no kids. You're still stuck in Westeros. You've got to come back to 1980s America. It's okay. Game of Thrones is over. It can't hurt you anymore. Uh, Spurgatory, you're saying this as I am about to embark on some brand new Game of Thrones coverage for the day job, <laughs> yeah, which I never, really don't even want to talk about. This Game is of Thrones never isn't going over to, for me. Yeah, this is never going to leave his blood. Uh, I think a little piece of, of, of Westeros embedded his, in his leg, and yeah. as much as Jonathan tried to take it out, he improv properly handled Josh's leg, so now he's yes. pro- always going to be infected. Yes, I think so as well. Uh, but he went on to say that Stranger Things is not the kind of show that spitefully subverts tropes for the sake of subversion and kills off main characters for shock value. Stranger Things doesn't hate tropes. It loves them. It tenderly makes love to tropes. It wants to meet Ooh. them out at the Motel 6 by the highway. Uh, but they killed Barb, and I think that that's what I mean. It's like they killed Barb. There was a moment earlier in the existence of Stranger Things where they had 
had the steel to kill Barb. And I just want to see them have the steel to do something like that again. Um, Which you could say they presented as doing with Hopper, though I think due to what they set up post-Barb, pre-Hopper death, I think now has, has made the internet really, you know, say, you didn't really do that. Yeah, you, so. there's, there's plot armor firmly around this guy, like three feet deep. But I, I hear what you're saying, and I also hear that like it's probably unreasonable of me to expect that they're going to kill like Finn Wolfhard off. You know, yeah. that's probably never going to happen, and that's fine. I love Finn Wolfhard. I don't want Mike to die. Um, but I also like if if you know if we're looking at like Harry Potter as a parallel, and obviously that is a different era, uh, both in terms of when that takes place and when it was published. Um, but that was a that was like a story that gets progressively darker and deadlier for even the students um, in in that universe. And I wouldn't mind seeing some of that on Stranger Things, but I. I I think I got to keep my expectations in check because I don't think that this is this show. Um, Spurgatory also writes, Josh, your unending hatred for Nancy and Jonathan and absolute <laughs> refusal to give their storyline the time of day is alternatively frustrating and hilarious. Uh, my pleasure to amuse you. Yeah, I, I think that's been a really fun runner throughout. And now that they are, you know, star-crossed lovers separated geographically, and maybe they can, you know, hop on Cerebro when Mike and Eleven are done to, to get some some talking in as well. I don't know if that's going to, uh, if absence is going to make the heart grow fonder, it will make them grow farther apart. I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure in your case, Josh, you hope it's the latter. Absolutely, I do. Uh, Spurgatory had uh, a long defense of the Karen Wheeler storyline. This is an excerpt from that defense. Uh, if you're paying attention, Karen actually does have an arc over the course of the show. It's subtle, but it's still there. There's a thread, especially in season two, of her being unhappy in her marriage to Ted, who is shown to be both boorish and boring. By the end of season two, she's considering having an affair. By season three, she's ready to do it. But then she sees her husband and young daughter asleep on the recliner and backs out. She even says as much to Billy. She loves her family too much to do anything to hurt them. She's chosen her family. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. And I think that especially if you chart the two points that we really see Karen in a major perspective, which is, you know, her talking to Billy and the fake out that freaked me out where she got her head bashed into a, a nice uh, side shelf to yes. when she's talking to Nancy about essentially saying like, yeah, Listen, there's a lot of shitty men out there who try to keep us down, but you are someone who is very talented, who can, you know, work your way out of any hole you dig yourself into. I, I think that it is an interesting journey if you connect enough dots, right? That she comes to this realization of like, I was nearly ready to throw my life away because of this shitty guy who, you know, was able to, to control my feelings and thought he could take control of me. And so I think she could be speaking from a level of independence there. And so maybe from that perspective, it is a little less out of nowhere after school special, as we attributed to in episode four. But if that's the case, I really just wish we had more connective tissue there. You know, uh, especially especially yeah. in, in a Netflix setting where there are no runtime limits. Uh, maybe just because, again, Carabono got more stuff to do this season, but I would want even more. And maybe where there will be some more in season four. But it, it just stinks that, you know, if there was an arc, a subtle arc, as Spurgatory is alluding to, they really cherry pick certain points of the arc as opposed to charting an entire line like you get from any of the other main characters. Spurgatory is uh, also taking me to task over yet another thing. Uh, Spurgatory says, Josh being mad at a season of Stranger Things for involving a dimensional gate to the upside down. It's like being mad at a Back to the Future movie for involving time travel <laughs> or an Aliens movie for involving, you know, 
aliens. Really? Another xenomorph? We're doing that storyline again? What were you actually expecting from this show? I just imagine Spurgatory screams at his uh, phone or her phone. Uh, much, and, much like the Mind Flayer yeah. Goo Monster screamed at the walkie talkie in, in the season finale, one of my highlights. Yeah, yeah. It just like has like uh, angry wiggler voice uh, when <laughs> when hearing hearing my stupid voice. Uh, fair enough. OK, look. I don't have anything to say in response to that. Uh, all right. Another spurgatory. I really think the new Coke style inserts are unfortunately the future of advertising. This is in response, of course, uh, to the, the Lucas scene where he is uh, hyping up new Coke. Uh, spurgatory continues. The whole point of that scene is that there is no skip button. With the advent and growth of ad blocking technology, the slow death of television, and with most streaming services offering ad free versions, it's getting to the point where the only type of ads people will even see are ads that are woven into the content being consumed. Uh, Mike Bloom, a dark vision of the future from Spurgatory. As dark as a nice, refreshing can of Coke now yeah. available. Uh, I mean, it, it does make sense. I mean, to, I mean, Netflix, unlike a platform like Hulu, doesn't do commercials, even though I think that is something that has been teased a bit from various sources over the years. So, I mean... You have to get advertising in some way, so I could imagine them, you know, doing it here. I will say uh, I've I've come around a smidge on the new Coke scene because from what I've been reading up on amongst the community, and unfortunately, I think this is sort of due to our ages and not really being children of the '80s. From what I kept reading. Uh, as much as we thought this new Coke scene was so blatant and felt like it was in a commercial, people who grew up in the 80s said this would be legitimate conversations and arguments they would have amongst their closest confidants as to, you know, the the benefits versus drawbacks, mostly drawbacks of new Coke. So I guess I'll, I'll put out a mea culpa here in that, you know, I, I had no idea that people talked in such a market market based terms. But I suppose those were the arguments going on around 1985. So I guess this ended up being, strangely enough, one of the more sliced slice of life scenes in the third season. Uh, Spurgatory finally sets uh, sets the sights against you, Mike Bloom. Uh, Spurgatory says, Mike Bloom, how dare you in this moment of joy remind me that glee was a thing that happened that i willingly subjected myself to for several years this was supposed to be a happy place look if i, I don't remember to, you bringing up glee to be honest i i brought up the uh fact that glee filmed one half of their season in two separate locations with two separate sets of characters ah, and two yes, separate storylines. Yes, 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 Look, yes, yes. if I have to live with the memories of most seasons of Glee, so do you all out there, okay? This is our shared trauma. We have to remember when the characters adopted puppet versions of themselves to perform What Does the Fox Say, okay? Uh, We're all going we? to live with that memory. Did that happen? It happened. It happened, Josh. It was real? It was real, unfortunately. It really makes makes me feel like we went through our own portal into some sort of uncanny valley, which where Glee seemed to live in for most of its existence uh, on television. But I, I'm not sorry. Glee was a ridiculous piece of television. And I apologize if I brought up some bad memories, but we're all going to get through it together. We're all remembering Glee as just a tremendous pile of garbage for the vast majority of its latter run. And you know what? That unifies us a bit. So if, if we can unify over that, we can unify over anything. 
Okay. Spurgatory uh, also said, how do you think that Stranger Things is going to split everybody up next season? The show has always split its characters into little quote unquote parties, usually based on age, but it seems like that is no longer possible as of season four. What's your solution? Um, All right, Mike. So how are we going to divide up the cast for a season four that seems at the very least like it's going to be scattered to the nine wins and at least three wins. Let's say three wins. Over the 11 wins. It's Hopper wherever Hopper's at. It's the buyers plus 11 where they're at. And then it's everybody else. So I think like two of those are easy, right? Yeah, I mean, I... The buyers plus 11 are certainly going to be in like the same region and Hopper's wherever Hopper's at. I, I also really like this idea because I think that maybe we were getting a bit old, pun unintended, with... Okay, the kids are off doing their thing. The teenagers are off doing their thing. And the adults are doing their thing. And then they're going to come together. You know, now this finally allows us opportunities for characters to mix and mingle, which are, in my opinion, always the strongest part of the seasons are when these characters inevitably come together. Like, I would love to see how Eleven and Will are going to get along, for instance. We talked about this, I think, in our finale podcast about how these two have their own form of shared trauma. You know, they both have their own connection to the upside down. They both have had sort of traumatic, torturous childhoods. It'd be interesting to see them come together considering that they haven't really interacted at all. We pointed out the uh, Joyce 11 surrogate mother-daughter relationship. I would love to see some Nancy and Mike stuff considering we haven't seen that in quite a long time. So I think this really allows us the opportunity to have people really explore new relationships. I could see maybe Steve and Nancy finally sort of acknowledging things again. Uh, Maybe not in a, you know, let's rekindle the relationship type of way. But I mean, considering they never really saw each other in season three, I feel like it's sort of unspoken considering that Steve was in love with her. So I think that even within these geographical groupings, there are going to be myriad pairings that are unexpected and unconventional in compared to what we usually do, which is sort of uh, segregating people by age. Uh, to close out the journey of Spurgatory, I want to take it to a comment that Spurgatory left on the episode six recap, where Spurgatory said, nothing really to add to this one. I just wanted to say thanks to you guys that I appreciate your hard work. And I enjoy the sound of your voices. I realize that I and a lot of people usually only chime in when we've got something spicy to say, and that shouldn't be true. So well done, you two. Even if I disagree with some of your takes, I'm grateful to you for providing another opportunity to discuss a show that I love. Spurgatory, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. This was a real Steve Harrington-like arc for Spurgatory, and I love it. Yeah, the Steve Harrington of the Stranger Things poster recaps audience for sure. And I, I legitimately I do appreciate that. Can't I mean, comment on the hair. We don't we just don't know. Uh, no. And I, I'm so glad that someone said they like the sounds of our voices. I think that's one for about a million in terms of comments yes. we get about our voices. So, yes, you know, I, I do sincerely appreciate it. And I sincerely appreciate everybody for commenting and listening all season long. I mean, a little bit of inside baseball here. I believe at one point we were like the number one Stranger Things podcast on Apple Podcasts, which is ridiculous and so crazy to think about. But I mean, like you said, Josh, I think this is a show that the enjoyment is boosted of it in that you have people to talk about it with. And so not only get to talk about it with you, but get to talk about it with people online and respond to their own responses here has just been so much fun. And I cannot wait to see where Stranger Things takes us, quite literally where it takes us for season four and what other projects may take us to do as well. One last little bit of feedback. Uh, This is from Adam Goldman. Uh, 
who who chimed in on Twitter just the other day with a great question, Mike. And it was, which TV show would you want to see Stranger Things have a crossover with? So I had a few options here. And if, sorry, Adam, I did go into movies as well. I, I made a list here. So I think as much as you dislike Nancy the Journalist, I think a Murphy Brown-like arc for Nancy could be very interesting, uh, even though that sort of bombed uh, nowadays, the Murphy Brown reboot. Uh, I think that with the absence of Hopper, we could get a RoboCop mashup. Maybe Hawkins, Whoa. the government's like, sorry, Hawkins. RoboHop. RoboHop! Oh, my goodness. We need Hopper. He goes from a kid back into an adult and then into a robot for season five. Uh, I was thinking about some... And that, that, that definitely fits with like our short circuit idea yeah. as well. Uh, I was thinking of uh, some other 80s pieces of pop culture. Scanners, which if we're going back to the special children idea, that's about what, like a bunch of like grown up uh, essential mind flayers that blows up people's heads. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually haven't seen Scanners, so I don't know. Uh, we could have the Karate Kid. I mean, I know we literally have we did have Max fawning over Ralph Macchio beforehand, so it might be a little uh, tough to sort of wiggle around that if you have him or uh, or Zapka make an appearance here. But I feel like that could be a reference, like a Cobra Kai crossover, exactly. But Josh, I have two words for you. Okay, demo dancing. Demo dancing. <laughs> Eleven and a demogorgon go to a summer camp, and they're they're you know the most unlikely of pairings. But damn it, that demogorgon is not going to keep Eleven in a corner, and is going to make her you know sparkle in front of her disapproving father's eyes. Oh my god! Do not put the demogorgon <laughs> in a corner. It will eat you alive. And and yeah, he's, suck he's, out he's your hungry energy. like the wolf. Yes. Or uh, whatever that song is, and whether could you imagine? It's like, like the wind. It's like the wind. Hungry like the that, wolf is a different thing. Could you imagine the demogorgon <laughs> crawling along the floor like Patrick Swayze did during that one montage? He's like the wind. Uh, yeah, I can actually, and it's weird, <laughs> and I didn't expect that to be in my head by the end of this uh, feedback section. But uh, somehow, I feel like that's not the strangest thing that's going to happen in today's Stranger Things podcast. I don't think so. I think we're just warmed up at this point. All right, Mike. Well, that is going to do it for the feedback section here on the Stranger Things Feedback Podcast. But as promised, there's more business to attend to. And it is, it is weird. This is, this is weird stuff that we're about to do. Uh, Survivor Hawkins is about to begin, Mike Bloom. Mm-hmm. We're about to light up those torches and those Christmas lights to get into a Survivor season with only Stranger Things characters. All right. We will talk about exactly what that means in a second. But first, before we embark on Survivor Hawkins, once again, we want to give a big thanks to our sponsor for this episode, DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to dive into Young Justice Outsiders, the return of the fan-favorite animated series. Once you catch up on part one, which is streaming new episodes of part two every week in July and August, you can watch DC's most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters discovering their unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these super powered 
youths enjoy young justice outsiders as well as other dc original series like titans and doom patrol over twenty thousand comics and tons of animated films and classic dc movies on the ultimate dc platform available on your favorite devices you can sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join mike bloom survivor hawkins oh my goodness all right so this is this is ridiculous. Uh, people 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 who come to post show recaps by way of Rob has a podcast have an idea of what we may be about to get into here. Uh, people who don't know what any of that means, who don't know what Rob has a podcast is, who have just found the Stranger Things podcast or just listened to post show recaps, um, we're going to have to do some setup here because what we're about mm-hmm. to get into is going to be very very weird. So Mike, two questions for you: What is Survivor? And what is a Brant steel? <laughs> so, uh, apologies if it sounds like we're speaking Russian with all these various alien terms to some of you out there. So, Survivor is a reality show. Yes, that show is still on. I'll answer your first question out there. Vosotros, I'm referring to <laughs> the, you all. The royal there. you. <laughs> yes, the Vosotros. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so it's a reality show in which contestants vote each other off the island, uh, eliminating them from the ability to win $1 million. At the end, only one will be standing as the sole survivor. It's a show that is near and dear to both mine and Josh's hearts. We have both sort of uh, made a nice little nest for ourselves, covering Survivor in various capacities, both on Rob Has a Podcast and in various outlets. We are both Survivor press members. So Survivor is baked in our blood at this point. And one thing we've discovered in the Survivor internet over the past couple of years is a website called brandsteel.com, which utilizes an algorithm to simulate a season of Survivor. So every challenge, every alliance, every vote out is simulated purely by brandsteel.com. What Josh and I have been a part of for the past couple of years are podcasts that run through simulated seasons of Survivor, where Josh and I just sort of do commentary over it as it goes along with all of the twists and turns. And so we're going to do the same thing here today. We have 18 characters from the Stranger Things universe who are going to be placed inside Hawkins, Indiana to vote each other out in the hopes of becoming the sole survivor, which, Josh, they were not going to kill kids. No. Okay? No, That's ki- not going no to happen. But one is going to win at the end of the day. One is going to win at the end of the day. Uh, one winner, 17 losers. And uh, some of these losers may not necessarily be out of it, on their first loss. Uh, now, Survivor fans, please make sure don't 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 rage quit the podcast right now. Well, so this is so Mike and I were talking before we got into the creation of our Survivor simulation for Survivor Hawkins for Stranger Things Survivor Edition, uh, and you know, in the first season of Stranger Things, it, it all hinges on the fact that a boy goes missing and is presumed dead, but alas, he is alive. And in fact, is trapped in another universe entirely uh, and comes back and doesn't quite save the day, but he comes back and he's great and he's very important in Mm. the future. Uh, This is not unlike, Mike, uh, a certain just finished season of the U.S. edition of Survivor, season 38, Edge of Extinction, uh, where the premise for Survivor on that particular season is traditionally when you vote somebody out of the game, they are gone for good. But in Survivor Edge of Extinction, 
What actually happened was you would vote somebody out and unbeknownst to everybody else in the game, you were actually sending them to the edge of extinction, a desolate remote island where they could hang out for a few weeks and eventually win a chance to get back into the game, to get back into the hunt for the million dollars. Uh, and then that reset, people continued getting sent to the edge of extinction and to spoil survivor edge of extinction. Uh, the person who came back at the second shot of returning to the game went on to win the whole thing. Uh, shout out to Chris Underwood. Uh, mm. And, such a thing Chris upside down would Chris upside down would so such a thing may happen here in Survivor Hawkins because unbeknownst to the 18 players competing in Survivor Hawkins Mike there is an upside down that people are being sent to people are being voted out and sent to the upside down where they will have to, to hide from all sorts of creepy crawlers in the upside down and just hang in there for the shot of maybe coming back to Hawkins and maybe winning the million dollars. So edge of extinction rules are in play for this Brant steal. And to be honest, I think using fictional characters might be the only way some Survivor fans would digest the concept <laughs> of an edge of extinction. Yes. So I hope we have made the taste of this twist sweeter in some fans' mouths. There's a very good chance that someone who's voted off in the first few rounds comes back to win the game. Wins but it in all. this case, but in this case, it's coming out of a very desolate, uh, you know, deadly environment dimension. So in this case, you know, I think they, they do truly deserve the win if they're able to overcome those odds and claw their way out of this, uh, you know, the slimy walls. That being said, also those in the upside down might have the ability to influence those that are still in Hawkins. Yes, they like may be able to send messages to the <laughs> through Christmas lights. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Every tribe camp, both of the tribe camps are decorated in Christmas lights uh, that occasionally will probably go off and people will be like, oh, who's sending me this signal? So yeah, they're getting they're going to get Christmas tree mail. Yes. Christmas tree mail is on the way. So I think that, you know, we, we talked about doing maybe a tried and true bare bones uh, season of Survivor. But I think the more we spoke about it, the more Edge of Extinction, the concept of the Upside Down really applied here. We should also mention, as we before we get into our cast here, that the host is none other than a mind flayed Mayor Klein. Yes, yes. Which is, gonna, which is just, I think it combines, you know, the, uh, the suave... Uh, good looks of a, of a Jeff Probst with uh, the ability to, you know, manipulate people's minds or at least, you know, uh, eviscerate them like the power of Probst on the show. Yes, possessed by some sort of creature from the upside down, unleashing these horrors upon the people of Hawkins. Uh, so that's the premise. Mike Bloom is uh, recording the action on Brant Steele. We haven't figured out exactly how we will get that video up, but the video will be up when it is up on postshowrecaps.com. So you can keep checking there. And I am sure that Mike and I, we will tweet out the link once the video is ready. If you want to follow along with that, uh, Mike is on Twitter at a Mike Bloom type. I am at round Howard. Uh, we'll have the post show recaps account at post show recaps. Also, Tweet it out as well. At the very least, you will be able to listen along to what is going on here in Survivor Hawkins. All right. So, Mike, with all of that said, uh, let's get into it. And I think we should start off by uh, running down 
the two tribes. We have two tribes, uh, the Owens tribe and the Brenner tribe, so named after uh, the men most famously associated with the Hawkins lab groups. Right. We wanted to pit these two tribes against each other. So let's get the the best pinnacles of good and bad with associations with Hawkins Lab to start things off. It's a real David versus Goliath that we're setting up here. Absolutely. And I will also mention that, you know, the the tribes are pretty much named after after characters who unfortunately did not make the cast. You know, Stranger Things does have a sprawling ensemble of people. They keep building to it each and every season. Unfortunately, some could not make the cut. So I do apologize if your favorite character was not able to show up here in the flesh. Hopefully they will in another form over the course of this season. But let's run through our cast here. Let's start with the Owens tribe wearing yellow because I'm very excited for this first person. Barb is back. Justice for Barb. Barb is back from the dead. She has tasted the upside down before. So if she gets sent back there, does she have an edge on everybody else? Is she just destined to become the Reem Daily of Survivor Hawkins? We shall see. But justice for Barb, indeed. Spoiler that there will be no Bob Newby. There will be no Alexi. So Barb may have been bottom ranked in our Bob Alexi Barb rankings. But but she's the she's the returnee out of the three. She's of them, the returnee so of the three. I mean, the people demanded it. So here's Barb. All right. So next up, we have Billy, who comes in at an interesting point. I should also mention that I think we're sort of undoing uh, the like canonical deaths maybe some of these characters yes. they're, they're existing in this weird sort of like purgatorial state uh, where they're neither alive nor dead nor you know I, I try not to for the fun sake of the randomness of the brand steel not have their relationships influence too much the way that they interact as well considering that billy is someone who at this point doesn't know if he's a hero or a villain so we'll see how the a morally conflicted billy does of course you gotta have 11 in a stranger things cast i don't know how much her powers are going to influence her finding hidden immunity egos right but well, i guess time I, will tell i do wonder if 11 is entering survivor hawkins uh like faking an injury tyson in blood versus water style where she's mm. like oh no i don't have my powers anymore i i hope that i'm still going to be helpful to the tribe but it's just it's a little tough for me but secretly she still has it you know, she's, mm. she's still she's she's like leaning on the injury a little too hard. All right. Next up, we have Joyce Byers. She's going to be a little sad that she can't get a phone call home. Hopefully when she gets like a sprint phone during the auction, she'll have the opportunity to do so. But I would say she is one of the adult anchors of the Owens tribe. We'll see. Much like in Survivor, sometimes age can be a bit of a discriminatory factor. We'll see if that's the co- co- uh, case with Joyce or if she can hang. Uh, we have Lucas going on here uh you know maybe he's on the david tribe he always has his slingshot on him that's Josh. right that's a good point yeah lucas is uh he's ready and equipped to take on goliaths the goliaths of the brenner tribe to mix our seasons uh so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what lucas has got here uh we've got murray bowman who is uh who is already uh he's he's dressed to impress uh, with the jean cutoffs on the beach, he he's already like he didn't have to like alter his clothing out there on the island to fit in. Uh, he <laughs> yeah, already knew no, exactly what to look like. 
no Krista Hasty with a sewing kit no. to make a skirt for him. And Murray, I mean, if I make a bold prediction for Murray, I think he's going to be our textbook overthinker here. He's a conspiracy nut. So you can only imagine how paranoid he's going to be from day one. You know what? That can lead to some of the best gameplay and some of the worst gameplay. So we'll see if Murray is a Boston Rob or a Zane Knight in Survivor Hawkins. Okay. Nancy Wheeler on the Owens tribe. And as an intrepid reporter, you know she will always dig for the truth. She will, she will, she will get it out despite all attempts to the contrary. She will, she will get to the bottom of every story. So Nancy Drew coming for you. But what might complicate things is something that I mentioned could be a possibility of coming up in season four. Also on the Owens tribe, Steve Harrington. Now look, Steve has changed a lot. He's used to hanging with, he went from, you know, hanging with that jerk Tommy H to hanging with a bunch of children, as Robin will remark. Has that changed Steve's behavioral attitude when it comes to figuring out strategy, considering his involvement in larger, you know, Russian conspiracies? Maybe that makes him more adept. Will his ass get kicked several times during this season? I can imagine so. Yeah, I don't like his odds at Sumo at Sea. If Sumo at Sea pops up, I don't think it will. I, I'm totally imagining him to like be a boo from Survivor Fiji and injure himself multiple times at camp as well. I, I imagine Steve Harrington, Steve the Hare Harrington, to have the best island hair since Otis Bushkowskis. I think mm. the, the Fauxhawk is going to be looking great on Steve. Uh, Speaking of hair. Yes, yes. <laughs> Helmet hair himself, Will Byers, is here rounding out the Owens tribe, number nine on the Owens tribe. And uh, look, he's got a much like uh, Spider-Man's got the Peter Tingle. Will Byers has the ability to sense danger when the upside down is near. Is he going to catch on to what the upside down is before everybody else? Mm. Um, But is he going to be able to step out from beneath the shadow of his mother, Joyce, being on the same tribe, uh, I, I wonder exactly how that's going to play out, Mike. And, and we also have the fact, you know, he is coined himself Will the Wise. We know when Survivor contestants give themselves nicknames ahead of them, they ahead of time, they usually don't turn out entirely well. We know that, you know, he also has a personal connection with the Mind Flare. Does that mean he might be colluding with production? Right. What does Survivor Hawkins' Twitter have to say about this? We're not entirely sure. All I know is he might like it cold, but... He'll enjoy the nights, I suppose, yes, in Hawkins. Yes. Otherwise, during the day, he's going to be sweating out more than, you know, the cabin when they tried to burn the mind flare it's out. It's going to be hot. All right, that's the Owens tribe in yellow. In purple, we've got the Brenner tribe, and we are kicking off the Brenner tribe with uh, with the, the scooper trooper himself, uh, Cerebro architect, uh, spectacular singer, uh, Camp Nowhere alum, it's Dustin Henderson uh, kicking off the Brenner tribe. A very creative, innovative young man. How is that going to translate to Survivor? Will he be the Tony Vlacos <laughs> of the season building spy bunkers? Oh my god, yes! He's going to build like a spy contraption. Look, uh, Steve! <laughs> Steve, you gotta push my butt, okay? I'm building a spy shack. <laughs> Do I have to speak llama to you, Steve? Yeah. Russian llama? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Dustin definitely speaks llama, so that's going to be exciting. We may have a, a, a Tony versus Chaos cast situation brewing in the form of the next person. Ooh, so we have a Chaos cast and an erratic Erica. Yeah, and the, the the Brenner tribes erratic Erica Sinclair, who's who is not gonna who doesn't suffer fools easily, and how will she handle uh, Dustin's hijinks? They have history. Uh, how is she going to handle the lack of ice cream? 
on well, this I season. Well, I think if, if there's a reward, she's going ham. Yeah, going like, ham I think sure. when, when uh, Mindflame Klein announces one of the awards as an ice cream bar, I think she is, you know, screaming at her tribe members to finish as quickly as possible. I think Erica, but, an early front runner to take this whole thing, right? I mean, mm. we've seen her, her convincing social strategy in effect already in Stranger Things. We've seen her talk a winning case to the Scooper Troopers in the past. She was able to, to snag free ice cream for life from Scoops Ahoy. A million dollars should be a piece of cake. I mean, listen, and she can give a great argument about how capitalism is great. And so the million dollars should be in her pocket. Let's move on to the man, Jim Hopper. It'll be very interesting to see, honestly, if Hopper's temper is going to get him in trouble here. He is a figure who commands authority, who is able to pull off some wily maneuvers. We saw specifically in season three, the stuff he was able to get away with by claiming he was the chief of police. But there is no police out on the island, Josh. And I don't know if Hopper will hold that authority. I mean, we said Dustin's the Tony, but is Jim going to be the undercover cop? Is Jim is Jim Hopper going to be able to present himself as a construction worker, uh, knowing that police officers typically aren't looked kindly upon in, uh, in Survivor? Uh, either way, he's probably going to be more used to the conditions uh, having a, you know, he he's presumably in isolation right now mm. in the in the actual Stranger Things timeline. Uh, so he's been through tough stuff before. He's going to be a brute force in these challenges. But does he have? Uh, he's got the brawn, Mike. But does he have the brains to back it up? He's going to have a great day thirty nine stash. Absolutely, if he makes it that far. Uh, let's move on to Jonathan Byers. Unfortunately, separated from his girl like he is at the end of season three. Jonathan is a loner who has been able to, you know, stay on his own for quite some time amidst a troubling family situation and also uh, social dynamics at the high school. The question is, how long will he be able to remain in isolation in the game? Will Jonathan Byers be able to find allies or will he become ostracized quickly? I mean, he, Time will tell. he's a he's a loner by nature uh, and it takes a lot of work for Jonathan to open up to people. And it just so happens that the people that he has opened up to the most are on the other tribe. His brother, Will, his mother, Joyce, his girlfriend, Nancy, Nancy with former flame, Steve Harrington. Uh, I feel like uh, Jonathan is uh, is not quite on an island of his own yet. But uh, yes, uh, form, form, former Flaves and Harrington and also former punching bag of Jonathan, Steve Harrington, who is also on a tribe with another person that used him as his punching bag, Billy Hargrove. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't like Jonathan's shot. Uh, will he be the LVP of Survivor Hawkins? Time will tell. Next up, we have Karen Wheeler, our, our tribe mom, I suppose, if Joyce is the tribe mom of the Owens tribe. You know, uh, she came into prominence in the last season. I think she is more than happy to be flirtatious, but she can also fill that motherly role as well. You know, she's very flexible, uh, though others might be inclined to get angry at her due to her listening in on conversations that maybe she should not be privy to. Yeah. All right. And uh, Karen being here, we, you know, we, we criticized the writing of Karen Wheeler over the course of our stranger things podcasts. I think you and I both have a lot of love for Karen Wheeler uh, as, as far as her potential, as far as Cara Buona's performance. And we always just wanted to see more from her on stranger things. Will she be the Yas queen of survivor Hawkins? I think we are both hoping the case to be yes. 
Let's roll on forward with Max Mayfield. Here's a hot take, Josh. I feel like Max is an undercover challenge beast. Ooh, here. yeah, no, I she, think so. She, yeah, I, she's she hangs she, she hangs tough. She in does the most arduous circumstances. I think she's also a no nonsense person. I think look to her as our confessional queen. Someone who's going to look to the camera and say, "I can't believe this shit is happening." So I, I'm all in on Max here. I think she has very good chances. She's uh, the the Victoria of Survivor Hawkins, and not just because of the hair color, but a, a lot of it is. Because cause of that. <laughs> uh, Mike Wheeler in the house. Mike Wheeler is in uh, the Brenner tribe. He's got his buddy Dustin here, so that's fantastic. Uh, but he's stuck here with Hopper. We know that that's very tense. Sometimes it's very yes, tense between I, I, him and, and Max. There was this weird thing where Hopper tried to come out for a loved one's visit before and say, your grandmother died. Right, right. And it turned out not to be the case. Yeah, she died, dude. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Also, Mike is on a tribe with his mother, Karen. So much as Will is stuck with Joyce, Mike is stuck with Karen. Will that stifle I'm, I really, their gameplay? I partially did that because I want a Sierra Easton moment to happen. It's so very, now likely, our chances. very likely to happen. Very likely to happen. Uh, Robin, another front runner here to, to take it home, I think, is the great uh, Scoops Ahoy's very own Robin, no last name, uh, played by Maya Hawk in Stranger Things. Uh, an MVP potential contender for Stranger Things 3. How will she do here in Survivor Hawkins? Especially due to the fact that, you know, her one big connection in Steve is gone. She does still have her Scoops Troops members in Dustin and Erica. But it seemed like from the end of season three, she had awkward conversations when she initially talked with people. I mean, Robin's a person who was trying to come to her own sense of who she is. I wonder, you know, they say Survivor is a really eye-opening experience when it comes from that perspective. I wonder if Robin's going to have a similar epiphany out on the island. All right. And the last contestant here... And Survivor Hawkins, hailing originally from the Upside Down, a woman of mystery, she is Demi Morgan. <laughs> so look, the Demi Morgan, had, the Demi Morgan is here. We had to throw in a wild card here. And so putting the Demi Morgan here, I think is going to be a very interesting aspect. I did separate her from Eleven, who was her main nemesis. But the question is... You know, uh, do you cooperate with your enemy? Isn't that invariably what Survivor is all about? Or is she out on an island all on her own right to begin with just from who she is and where she comes from? Time will tell, but I cannot wait to see how the Demi Morgan mixes the game up. Now, as LJ McCannis once said in Survivor Kageyan, you can trust cute, but you can't trust hot. Can you trust cold? <laughs> you know what? I guess by LJ's rules, you can, right? So. If you can't trust hot then you can trust Colt. Okay, so maybe the Demi Morgan will, sh will, sh will show herself to be a very trustworthy, straight-up player, but those are your 18 I don't know, I, I, think she, I think she has two faces or even more. Yes, those are your 18 castaways here on Survivor Hawkins. And without further ado, Mike, I think we should get into it. Uh, can people go to the Brant Steele page and click along and see how everything shakes out for themselves? Uh, sure. I mean, we can probably put up an alias, something like postrecaps.com slash Survivor Hawkins. Yes. Uh, might be able to link to that. Uh, this doesn't have a month expiration date. So if you're listening to this super late, it might be expired by then. Otherwise, I think if you go to postrecaps.com slash YouTube, as Josh mentioned before, the video should be up there to Eventually, at the very least. Yeah, we, we will do our best along to get that. With all these shenanigans, but we'll try to do our best uh, audiobook impressions to try to recap the action. Yeah, just in case the technical difficulties overwhelm 
overwhelm us and we're not able to get this up. You may just need to listen to this. So uh, without further ado, Mike, let's get in to the first episode of Survivor Hawkins. So we're going to start off with a marooning here. And during the marooning, people are hustling and bustling around. It's like a regular 4th of July fun fair. Jonathan Wheeler, or Jonathan Byers, I, I, excuse me, wow. is extremely adept. He finds what is known as the Advantage Menu, found by one Ron Clark during Survivor Edge of Extinction. The Advantage Menu can be used to either steal a reward from the winning tribe, use an extra vote, or use it as an individual immunity idol at any future tribal council. This is a right. this is a big get for for Jonathan, who I, I really am concerned for his odds here in the Brenner tribe. I don't like this draw for him. So him getting that that advantage menu early on, uh, really clutch. It's just a matter of will people ha- will people suspect uh, Jonathan Byers as the crafty type? Uh, my guess is yes, but we will we'll see exactly how it plays out. Do you think Jonathan was rolling around in the dirt like Ron Clark did when he got the menu? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. He's got kind of that greasy look about him to begin with. I was going to say, yeah, he definitely, unlike Ron Clark, who like dyed his yellow uh, brown with that. I'm assuming people are like, oh yeah, Jonathan was just getting grody yeah, like Jonathan always That's does. just Jonathan. All right, let's proceed here as these tribes get to know one another. So we do have some hidden immunity egos or hidden immunity idols, if you will, hidden at the Owens tribe camp as well as the Brenner tribe camp. We'll see maybe when the, you know, the, the, the pedal hits the pavement, we'll see people start to look for those. Let's get to our first immunity challenge, Josh. Let's find out which tribe is going to be the one to vote their first person into the upside down. Okay. And it looks like the Owens tribe wins immunity and Flint. So safe from being the first one voted out are Barb, Billy, Eleven, Joyce, Lucas, Murray, Nancy, Steve, and Will Byers. That's a great first victory for the Owens tribe. Uh, once again, it is a very lucky thing that Jonathan has that advantage menu. He may need to use it here in this first episode, Mike. All right, let's get into these tribes to see what's breaking down post-immunity challenge. So, at the Owens tribe, the winning tribe, Barb and Lucas are bonding slightly. Wow, that's kind of unexpected. Uh, you know, I think I think maybe uh, maybe Barb is a New Coke fan and heard mm. that Lucas likes New Coke as well, uh, and the two of them are able to just come together over their shared beverage affiliation. <laughs> I like to share a Coke and share my opinions on New Coke, but not only that, Josh, their slight bond has brought in one Billy Hargrove. For the first alliance of the season. Now, this is this is exciting because it, yeah. you know, listen, season three was a story of of darkness and ultimately redemption for Billy. And if Billy has been resurrected after season three for the events of Survivor Hawkins, then maybe he's rehabilitated a little bit and he sees Lucas rehabilitated, rehabilitated, and he sees Lucas. He goes, you know what? I gave you a hard time. My sister really likes you. Uh, maybe we should stick together. And Lucas feels uh, feels similarly towards Billy. And I, I think Billy also probably has a little bit of a crush on Barb. Uh, Ooh, I think a little bit of a B&B showman. I think a little on. bit of a and b thing going on here. So Billy, Barb and Lucas, uh, a quality alliance, but not the only alliance on the beach. 
No. So an alliance between, I guess we're going with some age here, Josh, because four of the older members of the Owens tribe, Joyce Byers, Murray Bauman, Nancy Wheeler, and Steve Harrington have come together. It looks like if we're talking about water under the bridge, it looks like Nancy and Steve have let bygones be bygones for now to join up with the two adults. I, I, I'd assumed when I put Murray and Joyce on the same tribe that they were a natural fit. Not only are they the two oldest members, they did take down an entire Russian bunker <laughs> together. Yeah, yes. You feel like that bonds people. Yeah, and Nancy and Steve, they've got history. I think the big surprise is uh, Eleven and Will are are both mm. on the outs in this tribe. They're not mentioned in any capacity in the alliance structures. Uh, and Will's mom is here. Uh, so she's really not looking out for Will. Maybe he's gone missing already. <laughs> I'm looking out for what's best for Joyce. Yeah. What's best for Joyce? <laughs> All right. Let's move on here to the Brenner tribe, who's about to go to tribal council. So this should be very interesting. Yes. So Dustin and Robin, Josh, the scoops troop is looking to break up. Ooh. Dustin and Robin have a major uh, fight. Oh, my God. I think, you know, they spent so much time together in Stranger Things 3. They now find themselves trapped on an island here in Hawkins. Yes, an island in the middle of Hawkins. It's a traffic island. It's a traffic island, and they just spent way too much time together. I think that it was bound to happen that they were uh, eventually going to get a little too opinionated. Maybe they disagreed over the premise of Back to the Future. Dustin tried to mansplain Back to the Future to Robin. (laughs) Uh, Uh, She felt like she had a pretty good handle on the plot. It truly feels like we actually might already be in the upside down, Josh, because things are truly topsy-turvy. While these two best of friends in season three are splitting apart, Jim Humper and Mike Wheeler bond strongly, and it has a lasting impact. Look, again, if we're saying that this is taking place after the events of Stranger Things 3 and anyone who died is back to life, or if you're missing in action, you have been found, then we can assume that Hopper had a lot of time to think about how he had treated Mike. The last time he saw Mike, it seemed like he was giving him sort of the nod of approval. I think Hopper knows that if he was to vote out Mike... Eleven would never forgive him. Uh, and so it's, sort of, so it's sort of like a weird blood versus water like scenario as well, where if you vote people out, how is that going to affect the people on the other tribe? Exactly. Even though you're also sort of connected with them, too. So everyone's blood and water here. All right. Well, let's get to tribal council. No immunity idols found so far. No immunity no. egos have been recovered. Now, people are, uh, you know, I think remaining surprisingly conservative with that, much like the Wheeler family. So now we're, so we have Dustin and Robin on the outs. Seems like Hopper and Mike aren't actually working together at the moment though they might be voting together but we have no sense of alliances yet so this first tribal council may be a crazy one all right let's go to tribal here so nobody's going to play an idol of course there's no 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 idol to be no idol to be played all right let's get to the votes here mike first vote max okay second vote jonathan Ooh. third vote jonathan oh jonathan fourth vote Max, we're tied 2 2. Okay. Fifth vote, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan, you should have played your advantage, many buddy. Sixth vote, Jonathan Byers. Oh, boy, here we go. Seventh vote, that's it. Jonathan Jonathan. Byers voted out. Advantage menu in pocket, Josh Wiggler. Brainsteel is already pulling out the crazy stuff for us. Oh, my God. LVP, Jonathan B, kicked out of the game with his advantage menu. Uh, That is pathetic, as we have come to expect from the terrible Jonathan. Yeah, nobody wants to put his name on the wheel to spin to see if they want to spy on him. Nobody even wants to give him the time of day. 
as they sent him to the upside down. Let's see who the one vote against Max was besides Jonathan. It looks like and, Eric and we should been- note that Jonathan, Jonathan decided to continue on. Uh, so he will be spending uh, the, the next several weeks in the upside down where his brother once uh, shacked up. So Jonathan is going to the upside down. He will be yeah. the Reem Daly of Survivor <laughs> Hawkins. Jonathan by Reem Daly. Uh, we have, you know, a nice makeshift shelter constructed. He'll definitely coin that castle buyers considering he is a buyers. Looking at the votes, it looks like Erica, Erica Sinclair threw a vote Max's way as well. It's yet to be seen as to whether or not that's going to negatively impact her in the game because once again, there are no alliances. If I could interpolate something here, it honestly does seem like Jonathan separated himself. Maybe, you know, he was uh, too busy celebrating about his advantage menu that he kind of separated himself from the rest of camp. And so when it came to going to tribal council, he was an easy first one out. I'm sure your yeah. interview with him, Josh, was boring, very interesting. Very boring. Uh, I, my theory, this is my theory, Mike, is that Erica, uh, already playing 5D chess, uh, discovered the advantage menu in Jonathan's bag, spreads the news of the advantage menu. They all decide to blindside Jonathan. Otherwise, he would have used that advantage menu. And then Erica tosses a vote out at Max to cause some chaos and some paranoia that maybe Mad Max is going to is going to get upset about not knowing where that vote came from. Nobody knows each other's handwriting yet. So let's see how that plays out. I'm here for Erica Diaz Twine. Personally. Yes, I, I, think- I am as well. All right, let's get into episode two, where Jonathan has made his way to into the upside, the upside down. down. He's at the upside he's, down. He's hanging out. He has some time to think. He's used to being alone. So really, this was the uh, if someone had to go, I guess it had to be John the Byers. He now he's now able to read his advantage menu word for word, letter for letter, and debate why oh why did he not play it. Though, I think it's also to note, if he comes back into the game, I do believe by survivor rules, it will be reactivated. No, I think it's not, right? Oh, yeah, it expires at the third tribal council. Yeah, advantage menu's dead. I think it's done. I think even if he were to come back, he got voted out with the advantage menu in his pocket. It's over. Yeah, I mean, he could pull a Ron Clark, cut off the bottom, and try to give it to somebody to sure, play. Sure, but, but I don't think Brad Steele is that clever. Yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, Jonathan Byers, how are you feeling? Dude, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's get into the Owens tribe. We're just shaping up our alliances here. Again, we have Barb, Billy, Lucas. We have Joyce, Murray with All Nancy right. and Steve. The alliance is old. The alliance with is old. Lemon and Will on the outs. No idol found. The alliance is Brenner old. Brenner tribe is still, still free agents. Yeah. No major things despite a vote somewhat unifying them. Uh, we'll see if Erica was able to pin the vote on somebody else. Let's get to the next immunity challenge because that's when things get really spiced up. And it is once again the Owens tribe, two for two in immunity challenge wins here, Josh. Oh my God, they're crushing it. Uh, they've got Steve Harrington here as the Joey Amazing. Of well, they this have they tribe. have both uh, Bob. They both have Billy and Steve, who are both basketball whizzes. So I can only imagine those challenges where they have to shoot baskets at the end that they're yeah. absolutely crushing them. Absolutely, and they both got the top knots out there. The mullet is being rocked in a way that is uh, is more modernized for the game of Survivor. Uh, and it's it's all in the hair. Even Will Byers is wearing is rocking himself a little man bun out there. Yeah, Murray, a little is, boy bun. Murray, alias Bald Eagle, is shook at all the hair going on around him. He's the war dog, obviously. (laughs) Murray's definitely the war dog. All right, let's move on here. And even though the Owens tribe has won, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff going on back at camp. They got uh, spices, knives, and a fishing kit, which is great news. 
Well, using that fishing kit, Barb and Murray are going to bond slightly. I think Murray could totally, with the beard, take a page out of the Rupert Boneham provider book and start fishing, which I think has... Uh, Rupert you know, Bowman. Yeah, Rupert Bowman, which has really, you know, uh, made a positive impression on Barb. Yeah. Bad news, though. Um, Billy is having a major meltdown. Uh, Understandably so. Yeah. One wonders if he has uh, he has got he's found himself dragged into the jungle, swarmed by by rats, not snakes. Uh, and if he is already starting to feel some of the effects of the upside down, the, the redemption story for Billy may be short lived. Well, plus, you have to imagine that he's looking out at the waves. He's remembering the seven foot swells. Yeah, that's we right. Know, we know yes. that's a, that's a brings back bad memories for him. So I could totally see the hashtag survivor breakdown hashtag show up as he uh, talks about the situation with his mom and how he's going to power through it. So Billy's still he's safe for now. So, you know, uh, hopefully he'll be able to stay strong amidst other circumstances. Let's see what's going on with this Brenner tribe yes. as they face their second vote here. Robin is going to find the Brenner tribe yes. in an immunity ego, Josh. Yeah, well, this one, it's a it's an ego-flavored ice cream uh, that she has has found. She's Just found wait until Stranger Things Season 4 when that becomes a thing. A mini freezer that she can store the idol in so that it doesn't melt. Um, but, you know, that will only take it so far. Good for Robin. I mean, Robin in Season 3, she's the one who decodes the Russian message. So she was able to discern all the clues to find the idol. Uh, it makes sense yeah. to me that she yeah, was so going to be the one to find this above everybody else. Well, it's so interesting because the way they decided to do idol clues this season was that they broadcast them over these frequencies that, you know, you tune into with a radio at yeah. camp right next to Christmas tree mail. And she was the one that was really able to decipher them. You know, she tried to hands it at first. Dustin actually tried to and um, was not able to to make his very uh, sexually explicit noises much like Tulane Blackos. Well, the great, uh, the, the great irony that, uh, that Dustin uh, had snuck Cerebro out to the island. Cerefields, uh, bro. A la Richard Hatch in Survivor All-Stars, and we don't need to get into the gory <laughs> details, uh, but Cerebro is out on the island, and uh, through her, uh, through uh, the, the spy shack, the spy shack that even Dustin had built uh, Robin, Robin was able to use it, uh, and she has already flipped uh, Dustin's utensils against him. So yes, and uh, now Dustin is... has two pains in the ass, and one yes. of them is his his deteriorating relationship with Robin. Who and now you don't have to mention idol. the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Robin is also impressing the rest of the team. So maybe Robin on the upswing feels like she can now, you know, she seems like a very knowledgeable person. She was able, she knows four major languages. So I can imagine that she's somebody who's helped leading the shelter building. But Josh, it's not looking so good for our Demi Morgan here. The Demi Morgan is having a meltdown. Yes, it's bad for the Demi Morgan, who I think much like Billy, there must be a little bit of a sense that the upside down is not that far away. And so like mm. the impact of the upside down, even being in the game, it's it's calling to these people who've had brushes with the upside down. This is where the Demi Morgan is from. And Billy spent much time under the influence uh, how these meltdowns are gonna are gonna translate? We shall see soon. Well, I can also imagine that you know the Demogorgon I think has a certain type of cuisine that she's interested in, and I can imagine that everyone's starved out here on the traffic island. But I'm I'm assuming the starvation hits Demi Morgan the most, a very Garrett Adelstein way. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see what what's up with some Brenner Tribe alliances right now, because it looks like we're finally getting one. 
So it looks like literally everybody who voted for Jonathan at the last tribal council. So that's Dustin, Hopper, Karen, Max, Mike, Robin, and the Demimorgan are in a pretty loose alliance together, which means maybe Josh, Erica Sinclair's gambit did not pay off and she mm. may be stuck in the strategic events looking for an easy out. All right. But Erica, maybe she wants to be underestimated, right? Maybe she wants to be the easy vote or she's delivered one too many speeches about capitalism and has made one too many demands about ice cream and nobody can abide it any further. I guess we'll find out at Tribal Council. All right, let's get to the vote here. Vote number two of Survivor Hawkins. Let's see who's joining Jonathan there. Looks like Robin is not going to play her okay, idol. She's not going to play the idol. All right. First, First vote, vote goes to Erica. Oh, gosh. Second vote, Dustin. Ooh, Ooh. we're looking at the showdown of the Scoop Troop members. Third vote, Erica. Mm. I'm Josh, I would not be surprised if we see an unanimous vote against Erica here. I know, okay. Fourth vote, Erica. I think one more should do it. Fifth vote, Erica. That's going to do it. Yep. Uh. Second person voted out of Survivor Hawkins. Erica Sinclair, Josh, I think she just got too fancy, and I think she got caught very easily with her hand in the ice cream jar, and I think, unfortunately, it was a not-so-sweet surprise for Erica, though she is heading to the edge of uh, to the upside down. Too cute for, for Erica Sinclair, who had a breakout season in the, the, the Stranger Things 3 proper. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad run. For Erica here. Yeah, and, and frankly, I, Erica, I actually would have expected maybe to say uh, thumbs down to the upside down. But she's, she's mm. choosing to continue on to well, the upside down. She's a fighter. I'm pretty sure there was a to be continued episode where she goes, come on, nerds. Come on. <laughs> come on, nerds. Come on, nerds. <laughs> she, she prayed to Rainbow Dash and yes. Fluttershy. Yes. And she was able to get the response. Yes. So now we have... It looks like, yep, looks like a unanimous vote. Pretty straightforward. Let's move into episode three. Now with the obvious outsiders cast out of the Brenner tribe, this alliance of seven is going to have to break down, Josh, if and when they go to tribal council again. Will they lose once more? Let's right, well, go fingers crossed for them that they won't. Uh, we've got Erica has joined Jonathan on uh, in the upside down. And I know she was voted out second, Mike. But just a, uh, a, a quick petition. I feel like Erica's clearly got to be yeah. the Reem Daly. Of, yeah, uh, I, I think that they've, they've reversed roles pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, says, pretty you, know, you know what? You're in charge of this camp. I yeah, think Erica 100%. is giving Jonathan all the orders in the world as they climb up this path to get the one little bowl of Eggos, much like Hopper left for 11 during season two. This is all the Eggos we have? <laughs> Not even a toaster? She had, she had thought that she had signed on for Eggos for life. Ego of extinction. Oh, it's bad news for Erica Sinclair, who is going to have to to weather the hunger out there in the upside down. All right, let's get to Owen's tribe alliances. The same as usual. Brenner tribe looks like these seven people are all together. It's a, it's a, it's like the I don't know. It's like the happy go lucky tribe. It's a, it's a love tribe. Absolutely. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's kumbaya. It's uh, it's much much like the Kama tribe, except they've got that Manu luck. All right, let's get to our reward challenge here. First of the season. Now, the Manu tribe, that was the first challenge that they ended up winning. Let's see if they're able to turn around much like their real-life counterparts. And they do! They did it! Oh, good for the Brenner tribe. They are, uh, they've got uh, their choice between comfort items or three hens and a rooster. They are picking the chicken's dam are coming back to the Brenner tribe and oh, hopefully boy. hopefully uh, nobody's going to big Wendy this thing 
And, I mean, I can imagine these chickens free. Yeah, they're all eyeing it. I have, Steve was probably eyeing it. If we remember the KFC awkward scene with Barb's parents from season two. Also noteworthy, uh, this challenge ended in a slingshot. Lucas Sinclair bungled it at Oof. the end, allowing the, the Brenner tribe to make a surprise win here. Hopefully they can keep this streak going into the immunity challenge where, unfortunately, they got the chickens here, Josh, but the Brenner tribe laid an egg in the immunity challenge. The Owens tribe has won for the third immunity challenge in a row. Wow, history repeating here as it was on Edge of Extinction. So is it here in Survivor Hawkins as uh, these these poor this poor Brenner tribe just can't get any luck. They can they can get a couple of chickens, uh, but birds of a feather go to tribal council together. All right, let's go to the Owens tribe here, see if there's any developments from this tribe that is yet to go to tribal council uh, t- nearly 10 days into the game. Murray Bonin Bowman is going to find the Owens tribe hidden in immunity. Well, quite frankly, Josh, I can imagine Murray searching the grounds on day zero. I'm surprised it took him this long to find it. Yeah, I think that people are going to find the immunity idol or immunity ego on Murray because he's just going to be hiding it in his jorts. Yeah, not uh, a lot of room, at least no. hopefully not a lot of room. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Murray, where the war dog could not uh, channel his inner Vlachos uh, to find all these idols, Murray is going to find the first idol of the Owens tribe. It's that conspiratorial thinking, man. He's just always go, go, going. All right. Now, it looks like much more so, you know, in the the little thread that we set up in episode one here, Billy and Lucas find something in common. Josh, could this be the first big power couple? An unlikely one, but still a power couple of Survivor Hawkins. It's a really unlikely duo between Billy and Lucas, but so far, these guys are are, are doing great. Like, they're just really coming together. They're working really well together. Uh, it's that shared love for, for Max that's really bringing them closer together. And you wonder if there's going to be a big three-way alliance uh, should these people meet up further in the game. In the meantime, Joyce and Steve are bonding strongly. But of course, Josh, as quickly as they come together, they might be splitting apart very soon because Billy and Lucas are about to have a minor disagreement as well. Maybe it's to regard as to what they're going to do, you know, how they're going to treat Max when they join up with her. So it appears that while they are mending fences, the fences are not completely on the mend. Brand Steel is great because first it says Billy and Lucas find something in common. It has a lasting impact. Then Joyce and Steve bond strongly. Then just as quickly, Billy and Lucas have a minor disagreement. It has a lasting impact. Uh, so uh, I guess lasting is a, a loosely defined word. Um, maybe Lucas is suspecting that something's not quite right with Billy. Lucas has experience with the upside down does he sense that billy is once again flayed mm. and also i'm joyce not to be, you're getting flayed <laughs> not to be forgotten joyce and steve bond strongly i'm assuming it's because they both bond over being you know camp mothers slash babysitters it's yes. also they both fit before so i think they're commiserating over that yeah i think so and i think that uh that steve uh he he does well with people of all ages his social game is very strong and it looks like, Josh, finally, Eleven and Will Byers have been brought into the fold on the Owens tribe in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Barb and Lucas have sort of set themselves up as a, their own power couple early on, have decided to join up with them. So Barb and Lucas might low-key be playing one of the best games, Lucas specifically, in Survivor Hawkins. All right, well, what I think is happening here is that like the reason why we haven't been seeing much from Will and Eleven is like Billy was running the tribe. People love Billy, 
but he had gotten flayed and like nobody else really understood exactly what was going on. But Will, he, he knows when the mind flare is around. He likes it cold. He gets a, a chill. Uh, Eleven certainly has uh, has a, a keen awareness of these kinds of things. And once Lucas starts to suspect that maybe something's going on with Billy, he brings his closest ally, Barb, who also has some upside down experience into the fold. And the four of them, much like it happens on Stranger Things, this is like a little bit of a turning point where they have to rally together in the face of some sort of upside down monster. If they don't live together, they're going to be flayed alone. They're going to be flayed alone indeed. All right, let's move into the Brenner tribe once again, going to tribal council. And oh my God, Josh, we thought the chickens were safe here. We have Big Wheeler. Oh, Mike, Mike releases the chickens. Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You know what this is? Mike was in one of his little emo moods because his girlfriend and one of his best friends was over on the other tribe and they kept winning. So in a fit of teenage anger, after a good old round of farting, he releases the damn chickens. Oh, man. Stick to the farts. Release those. Keep the chickens where they're supposed to be. Mike, you idiot. You fool. <laughs> oh, bad, Mike. Very bad. Meanwhile, Me- I mean, it's not a wash for the Wheelers. Karen <laughs> Wheeler is impressing the rest of the team. Uh, much like we got like the slow-mo sequence with Billy at the start of season three of Stranger Things. I think everybody's kind of taken with Karen. And maybe that's why Mike is so upset is everyone's crushing hard on his yeah. mom. Yeah, everyone is uh, impressed with my mom and nobody's impressed with me. Well, if I release the chickens, it's the same type of convoluted logic that Big Wendy used, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are the alliances looking like? Everybody's still together. Everybody's Everyone's hanging still tight. together. Yeah, but it looks like if we're going off of the numbers here, Dustin seems the least loyal. Wow. He's out of three. We have uh, Hopper, Karen, and Robin, and the Demo Morgan are all out of four. Mike and Max seem the most committed here. Meanwhile, what's going on with Dustin? Dustin leaves the alliance. He's done. He doesn't want to be a part He's of Dunstan. this anymore. He's Dunstan. Dunstan's checking out. Oh uh, my he's, goodness! He's well, not—he's not feeling good about this thing at all. He misses Susie, which is not good. I mean, he's also you know around singing songs, which maybe that's why he gets an underrated edit is because CBS cannot market. They can't uh, afford the never-ending story license, and it's uh, not good though. Considering his worst enemy, Robin, is in the majority alliance with an idol. I think Dustin picked the worst time wow. to leave his entire tribe's alliance. Wow! All right, this is going to be a real shock to the system if Dustin uh, goes in the third tribal council. So, but then again, let's not forget yep. it's a whoever gets one. voted out third. This could be the winner. So, if you're a big Dustin fan, perhaps you want him to leave here. All right, let's get he- to the vote here. Looks like first vote is going to Robin, who chooses who has not, n- not used her idol. Okay. She's sitting on that. Second vote, Dustin. The Dustman. Third vote, Dustin. Ugh. Fourth vote. It says Dusty Buns yeah, on Dusty there. Buns. And, and Mayor Klein says to the tribe, I can't read this. No nicknames. Yeah, just from now me. on, bye-bye Dusty Diva. Tell me who you're voting for. Tell me who Dusty Diva is. All right. It looks uh, like third person vote now unanimously. Wow. Dustin Henderson presumably blindsided here. That's crazy. Dustin getting voted out third. It's about wow. as ridiculous as Chris Underwood getting voted out third, which means he's probably going to be in this uh, for for the long haul here. I mean, right? you, can, you can imagine he's pretty crafty, so I think he's going to make himself, you know, 
uh, definitely a commodity in the upside down. And you can imagine if he wins his way back into the game, that would endear himself to his fellow upside down inhabitants. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, that's going to be tough because Dustin and Erica, not a lot of love lost between the two of them. Mm. So Dustin showing up to the upside down, it may get tense pretty quickly, Mike. All it looks right. like from what I can see, uh, my assumption is that Robin, who again has her own tiffs with Dustin, was able to convince the rest of her alliance to easily get rid of him. And maybe she talked him up as a bit of a, uh, a squirrely threat. And it's a good thing that they did because uh, Dustin could have gotten away scot-free here as we're at the final 15. We have our three castaways on Edge of Extinction, but Josh, we are about to face a swap oh, of epic proportions. A swap of epic proportions is on the way. The winds twist, of course. Meanwhile, uh, on the upside down, uh, Erica uh, tells tells Dustin that it's it's no uh, Motel Six out there in the <laughs> oh, upside no. well, down. Well, hopefully, I mean, uh, if you use Billy and Karen's connotation, I'm glad it's not a Motel Six. Yeah. All right, so Josh, we're going to get new tribes. Yeah, we're going to break down from two tribes into three tribes. A, cl- a classic survivor staple of the modern era: the two to three, the good old two to three. And just like we, you know, split into random storylines, usually three storylines over the course of a season of Stranger Things, we are doing it here as well. Let's take a look at the new tribes. So the new Owens tribe. Luck of the draw here. All old or all Owens tribe members: Joyce, Lucas. Murray, Nancy, and Steve all making up the new Owens tribe, much like, again, the new Kama tribe from Survivor Edge of Extinction. Oh, my God. Now, the, now the new Brenner tribe is very compelling. Uh, much of the party uh, is assembling here. We've got Eleven and Mike reunited. Will Byers in the game. Max is here. Robin, who's been playing such a strong game. Odd one out potentially, uh, mm. but I also I, I, but I with like an idol. This. She's got an idol, so I'm I'm not totally mad at her at her shot here. Uh, also, we've got fun the new- that uh, much like Big Wendy, Mike did stay on the tribe where he released the chickens as well. Yes, yes, we've got the newly formed newbie tribe. Uh, not not that they're new to the game in honor of the late great Bob Newby, uh, as we've got uh, justice for Barb on the Bob tribe on the newbie tribe alongside occasional crush. Billy Hargrove, Chief Hopper is here, Karen Wheeler here, so some adults in the room, and the Demomorgan. So this is really interesting, Josh, because going into this swap, the Brenner tribe was down six to nine. Nice. But it looks like <laughs> due to the way the thing swapped out, yeah. the Brenner old Brenner tribe has a majority on two out of three tribes. You know, always be throwing. Uh, if, if these Brenners can stay together, uh, it may behoove them to to start throwing some challenges here. Uh, though I feel like for Mike Wheeler, who had just released the chickens, he sees Eleven and Will on his new beach, and he may want to hold hold tight to his mm-hmm. his pregame alliance that he hasn't really been able to tap into. Well, it'll be interesting as well because I mean, Eleven's going to interrogate Mike about what happened to those chickens, and we know that friends don't lie. Friends so he's don't caught lie. Between, he's caught between a rock and a hard stone here. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's keep going with the game. Let's see what some of these tribe dynamics look like. All right. So it looks like things are, you know, pretty straightforward. So Murray has the immunity idol. Uh, Lucas, unfortunately, lost two of his main alliance partners. Looks like, surprisingly, the uh, I, I, the adult teenage alliance of Joyce, Murray, Nancy, and Steve has survived entirely. 
which is going to be a formidable coalition here. So I think though Lucas is linked to his old tribe, I think if your power ranking these five members, he's, he's definitely in trouble. on the he's bottom. In trouble. He's in trouble. I agree. Okay. All right. Going into the new Brenner tribe, Robin has the Brenner tribe idol. Uh, and it looks like, you know, obviously the Brenner tribe was all in an alliance with each other. And we do have two members that were formerly on the outs of the Owens tribe together. So we'll see if they work together or split apart. Let's go yeah, to the new tribe. And Will are, 11 and Will are sticking together. You know, the Byers family move plus 11 uh, has, has really bonded them closely together. And Mike, I think probably a little skeptical. Uh, maybe even a little jealous. Mm, all right, let's go to the new newbie tribe here. So there is an idol that is hidden, will not be found as of yet. As we mentioned before, we do have Barb and Billy together, as well as Jim, Karen, and the Demi Morgan. So I, I think the big takeaway right now is so far, everybody is sticking to old tribal loyalties. That everybody's so we'll original, original, original tribe alliances so far staying strong. Uh, Hopper and Karen, the adults in the room, have somehow, uh, they're, they're still kicking it with the Demi Morgan. Uh, while Barb and Billy are just like hooking up in the woods. All right. Well, let's get to our immunity challenge here. Two of them are going to win immunity. Yanker Hank, who's the best at yanking? The newbie tribe is going to win immunity, which is good. They spent a whole day constructing a new camp. And the Brenner tribe is going to win immunity, which means the five members of the new Owens tribe who have never been to tribal council before, Josh, are finally facing the vote. It's finally time that the sweet, sweet Owens is going to be spilling some blood. Just as Paul rises, he must fall as well. Uh, and Owens is going to end up at tribal council. Well, let's see if there's anything that changes in their dynamics before said tribal council. Looks like Joyce and Lucas are bonding slightly. Maybe Lucas in his time of need is looking to a motherly figure and he chooses Joyce instead of Steve. Additionally, Murray and Steve find something in common. Josh, it's certainly not hair care. Yeah, who has Murray told Steve to have sex with now? Yes, exactly. That's classic, that's classic Murray, and uh, I, I don't want to speculate too deeply on, on the possibilities. Well, it does have a lasting impact. We'll see what Indeed. that impact is. Yikes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Well, let's get to Nothing the going on. Nothing going on at the Brenner tribe. Yeah, it looks like nothing occurred. Literally, it says nothing occurred in Brand Steel. That might be the first time I've seen that status. Uh, let's see. Maybe yeah. someone will find the newbie tribe, Ego. Let's see. The Demi Morgan has found the newbie tribe, Ego. Oh, wow. So the Demi, the Demi Morgan, you know, had, has this connotation of being a little lazy, uh, uh, constantly underestimated for being cold, not hot. Uh, but the Demi Morgan is very... Uh, very crafty, very resourceful, very relentless in its pursuits of its targets. So the Demo Morgan walking away with the idol, to me, this feels like this was just a matter of time. And it's certainly making things very interesting uh, heading into the next phase of the game to have a creature from the upside down <laughs> with egos in hand. It'll be interesting as well, considering that, you know, I can only assume we get all those shots of people looking for idols running off into the jungle. We know how quick... Demogorgons usually are, so I can only imagine how lightning fast she moved through the jungle. Meanwhile, Barb and Hopper have a small fight, not off to a good note on these two members of formerly different tribes. Well, I think Hopper probably like doesn't like the fact that he has to deal with like a dead person. Like he already like did the paperwork on what happened with Barb. 
I could imagine doesn't, Hopper doesn't feel like having fit. to deal with it again. Meanwhile, yeah. Hopper, I think, is going to complain about the bureaucracy to Karen Wheeler, who I think is going to offer a nice supporting shoulder and will bond slightly and give them a lasting impact and not in that way, Murray. Looks like something is going on, though. The Demimorgan, after getting the idol, the Ego, is going to say, screw you guys, I'm off on my own now. Well, the Demimorgan had been impersonating human being long enough, uh, and now that she's got some Egos, uh, she doesn't have to play that game anymore, uh, so she's just going to like actually be herself. Curious strategy, a bold strategy. <laughs> so let's see if it pays off here, Cotton. Cotton. Yes. Uh, all right, let, let's get to Tribal Council. I have a feeling... It's going to be Lucas here, unfortunately. I think the Owens tribe members, this is going to be a very tearful tribal council, much like episode four of Edge of Extinction. This is a family they do not want broken up, but I feel like Lucas is, is, is invariably on the bottom here. All right, let's find out how this is going to go down at tribal council. Number four, Mike Bloom, uh, Mayor Klein sitting in front of this crew, and we're about to send potentially somebody else to the upside down. All right, Murray is not going to play his ego. Okay. First vote, uh, Julie, which I guess is Nancy. Uh, wow. Is Nancy going by a different name, Josh? <laughs> Nancy uh, may be experiencing some kind of glitch in the Matrix. Uh, want, wants to, to change uh, her byline here as we're proceeding forward in Survivor Hawkins. All right. Next vote, Lucas. Mm. Third vote, Lucas. Two votes, Lucas. One vote, Julie, Nancy fourth vote and that's it lucas sinclair uh, heading to meet his sister and his bff in the upside down josh was this just did lucas get swap screwed here yeah i think that lucas got swap screwed here i think that lucas bonding with billy before probably not great as lucas had left that alliance uh, was trying to warn everybody about why that he just couldn't trust Billy anymore, that Billy had been flayed. It's not impossible that the rest of these people he's leaving behind themselves have been flayed and are under the influence of the Upside Down and the Mind Flayer. Uh, poor Lucas is going to be heading to the Upside Down where his sister awaits and he will greet her by saying, Weren't you supposed to go home? And she says, weren't you supposed to die? <laughs> oh, but I can only imagine the secret scenes of arguments that occur there. As I also Erica think is that, reaming Lucas. I also think, unfortunately, the uh, the alliance here of Joyce, Murray, Nancy, and uh, Steve is essentially saying that Survivor Hawkins is not a young man's game. It's not. They're ready to prove that age is a number, and gosh darn it, it's fabulous. So we'll see what message that sends to his former allies, Barb and Billy, on the other side. Let's get into round five here. So we have now four members on the Upside Down. But Josh, we're going to get some action going on here. They are going to get a map with a clue. Ooh, a map with a clue over at the Upside Down. Uh, and would you believe it that it's Dustin who is going to find the first advantage. He is going to be running away from the others. Everybody had agreed that they were going to go search for the Russian bunker with each other, and Dustin took off, and Erica is pissed. Yes, she is yelling to all sectors of the universe about it, but it's okay. She's going to have her own find a short time later, Erica's going to find an advantage where she can give an extra vote Ooh. to a person attending 
the next tribal council. So, I mean, she has no love lost for the people who voted her out unanimously, but Erica's got a little bit of a power here. Where she talked about capitalism, now we're doing some democracy here. Well, I was going to say that Erica is nothing if not an expert negotiator, uh, so I think she's going to hold out for whoever gives her the best deal. Whoever right. she thinks will give her the best deal. What's the best return on investment here? Well, it looks like she has a plan in motion. She has some contingencies, Josh, based on who's going to the next tribal council. She's either going to give it to Steve, okay. Max, or Billy. Interesting uh, choices. Very interesting choices. I mean, well, I think that uh, giving it to Billy makes sense. Maybe a little bit of uh, that upside down loyalty if she senses that Billy has been flayed. Mm, uh, and also, if, if you know Lucas gives her some intel about, hey, I was close with this guy. Right. And, you know, Max is Lucas's girlfriend. And I think even if Erica doesn't like Lucas very much, hard to argue that Max is super awesome. So she's, you know, she's a Max fan. Who isn't? And Steve the Hare Harrington, even though he is a big loser, did give her ice cream for life. So maybe she feels like she owes the guy something. All right. Well, let's get into the rest of this episode. Looks like everything is square on the Owens tribe, much like Brenner tribe 1.0. Everyone is together on the Brenner tribe. Looks like everything is same old, same old, same thing on the newbie tribe. Let's get into our reward challenge here. And right. it looks like we're competing for some nice, a nice hometown favorite, Josh, some peanut butter and jelly. And the Owens tribe is going to win a whole slew of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it is some nice ice cold milk. Will is shook at how ice cold that milk is. Unfortunately, while they do not win, his Brenner tribe will win peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, leaving the newbie tribe empty handed going into the immunity challenge. Yeah, the peanut butter and jelly smothered all over those egos. It's not quite the triple decker ego extravaganza, uh, but it's good. It's, yeah, it's but, pretty good. And, which makes Hopper still a little ticked off that he was not able to uh, benefit from, from that, even though he has been trying to keep on a diet. Survival will basically put you on a diet anyway. Well, he's he's ha- he's happy that Eleven's going to get to eat at the very least. All right, let's get to the immunity challenge here. The Owens tribe, our, our mighty foursome, is going to win immunity here. And the newbie tribe, even though they lost the reward, they have a sweet, sweet victory here in immunity, sending the new Brenner tribe the tribal council, Josh. Now, this is going to be interesting because we've we've got some there's some really compelling dynamics here uh, on on this uh, in this upcoming tribal council where we've had uh, we've had Robin, who's been kind of on this really amazing run. Uh, she's got an idol, but she got maybe potentially a little swap screwed here. She's stuck with these kids that she doesn't know very well. She's just met them. Is she going to be? in trouble at this tribal council. We'll find out soon. First, let's go back to the Owens camp. It looks like something's going on here. Steve has said, you know what? I don't want to be in an alliance with everybody. I'm doing my own thing. I'm striking out on my own. My dad told me to build some character after high school. I'm doing that now. Yeah, I think that uh, whatever, uh, you know, bond was existing between Steve and Joyce dissipated once Joyce realized she had a conversation with Nancy. Nancy wasn't feeling great about uh, her potential future mother-in-law, depending on how Mm. things go with Jonathan. Uh, uh, She didn't like that growing closeness. So it seems like Joyce and Nancy have bonded together uh, while Steve is going to be on the outs from that. But he and his hair uh, can only be on the outs for so long. 
And of course, that bond is also going to form a new alliance, a new duo emerging, Josh. Joyce and Nancy, who seems to be in control of the numbers. You know, they have Murray in their pocket. They've promptly pushed Steve to the outs. Josh, I know we're only facing one more vote before the merge, but could we see Steve possibly get the chop here next time around? It's not impossible. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's been a challenge beast and maybe they figure he's gotten them as far as they, they need him uh, to, to get to the merge. And Stevie Amazing could find himself in the upside down before too long. All right, let's go to the Brenner tribe who is facing tribal council. Eleven and Robin are going to have a small disagreement, which makes sense. You know, Eleven did try to help comfort... Uh, Robin tried to help comfort Eleven during the show by telling a really awkward story about her friend's gruesome soccer injury. I can only assume she does the same thing here to make a horrible first impression. Yes, I think that that's very likely. Uh, these two probably just don't quite see eye to eye just yet. They haven't had a lot of screen time together. Uh, and Eleven and Max, they kind of bickered in the beginning, too. So maybe this is going to be a similar deal between Eleven and Robin before an epic friendship. But though they bicker a little bit, it looks like action is, is revolving around Karen Wheeler, who is maybe having Josh a bit of a second thought about her participation in the game. As she decides to leave the Alliance and assumingly might offer herself up as someone to go right now. Is this a glitch in the Matrix? Are Hopper and Karen on this same tribe as Robin, Eleven, Max, and Mike? Oh, that's true. I didn't even realize. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll monitor. We'll monitor. Dis disregard for now. Let's let's see how things yeah. are going well, over I, I don't at know, the I don't newbie know. tribe. I'll, yeah, we'll see what Julie's up to on the newbie tribe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, looks like Hopper is impressing the rest of the team. I can only assume that high on the spirits of not going to tribal council again, Hopper has serenaded his newbie tribe with his tried and true edition of you don't mess around with Jim. Despite many wrong notes, it earns a wild amount of applause from his newbie tribe. Yes. So he's, he's doing well. People are excited about his challenge prowess. He's just brute strengthening uh, everything. And he just had a, a pivotal role in this win. Um, so, okay, I guess we gotta, we gotta go to tribal council and yeah, find with, out with, who's... With, honestly, I don't remember who is part of this tribe. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're gonna find out what's going on, uh, at the, at the Brenner tribe. No, at tribal council, it looks like this is the real deal. Uh, we've got 11, Max, Mike, Robin, and Will Byers on the Brenner tribe, and they are indeed gonna go to this fifth tribal council, and the votes are about to be read. All right, let's see if Robin plays her ego. Robin's going to keep that ego warming up, getting slightly soggy in her pocket. Let's count the votes here. Pretty gross, first, Mike. First vote, Mike. Ooh. Second vote, Will. Ooh, oh, tearing oh. the party apart. This makes my heart ache. Third vote, Mike Wheeler. Mm. Fourth vote, Will. We're tied. Two votes, Mike. Two votes, Will. One vote left. The fifth person voted out of Survivor Hawkins, Will Byers. Wow. That blind side was cold. Ooh, but he liked it, so then he liked it. Yeah. He got he, these goose pimples on the back of his neck, this little blind side tingle that made him realize at the very last second what was happening. Well, yeah. Well, he got to the sign at the edge of the walkway and saw that he has a shot to return to the upside down. And Will uh, gleefully grabs that torch uh, to get to the upside down to return home to Castle Byers with his brother Jonathan. This is uh, this is old hat for Will Byers, who knows what it's like out there in the upside down better than anybody else who's out there. 
and also knows how to wear an old wizard's hat as well. That's true. So. He's wearing his wizard's hat. Well, let's uh, see. Let's see how the votes broke down. I'm very intrigued by this. So it looks like actually relatively straightforward. We had talked about how Eleven and Will were on the outs. They were the only two former Owens tribe members. It looks like despite the connections that were going on, they stuck to tribe lines. And I think that the key vote here was Mike Wheeler. I think Eleven and Will were trying to appeal to his emotions. But of course, we know Mike Wheeler's emotions are torrid at best. And at the end of the day. Yeah, wow. And, and Eleven voted for Mike. She voted to dump his ass. Wow. And I think that's what she wrote on the vote as well, right? Mike, I dump your ass. No, that's what she said in her confessional. Or I dump your ace. I dump your ass. All right. So this is a pretty seismic vote. A lot of relationships have been torn asunder. Like you said, at least Will is on the upside. And the upside is becoming a bit of a family affair, which is nice. They, they can cry together. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's keep going in the game. We've got one more vote before this whole thing is going to flip upside down, quite literally. All uh, right. So we're on, we're on the upside down. And it looks like, Josh, we have more treasure hunting going on. And it looks like Erica Sinclair finds her second advantage in a row. She can, you know, while we have Dustin being able to practice for the upcoming re-entry challenge, Erica's able to penalize another player for the re-entry challenge. Josh, this, this wound up in the best person's hands, right? Erica's very, very clever. I think she's just out there. She, like, everybody else is tired. They're exhausted. Will, Lucas, and Dustin are just in their castle playing Dungeons and Dragons. Jonathan is sort of, like, reluctantly their fourth... <laughs> Uh, and Erica wants nothing to do with these nerds. So she's out there in the upside down hustling. And of course, she's going to find this advantage. I'm liking Erica's chance at doing what Reem Daly could not and maybe mm -hmm. getting back into this game. All right, let's get to the players that are actually in the game at this moment. Uh, we see that Joyce, Murray, and Nancy are together. Steve struck out on his own James Dean style while Joyce and Nancy have formed their own little side deal. On the Brenner tribe, looks like Eleven is on her own at this moment, on the outside, looking in with a blindfold onto everything. Uh, on the newbie tribe, looks like everything is pretty straightforward. Let's get to the next reward challenge here, where looks like the Brenner tribe is going to win some pastries, cookies, coffee, and tea. But do not worry, Jim Hopper. You're going to get your much-needed coffee here as the newbie tribe will win second place. Yes, some coffee and some cookies. Uh, it's, it's, it's very sweet, ice-cold coffee for Billy and the Demimorgan. All right, let's get to the immunity challenge because this is a, a fun one from what I remember, Josh. It's one of my most entertaining twists in survivor history where two tribes are going to be going to tribal council this round to vote Ooh. out one person. Oh my so this God. Is much, much like the end of stranger, a stranger things season where, Oh, you know, the groups come back together to work together towards a common purpose. So only one tribe is going to be immune here. Let's see if the newbie tribe will extend their massive winning streak. And let's see if uh, Barb and Billy will not attend a tribal council until merge. Looks like, the newbie tribe is winning immunity. Wow. Oh, my God. So a lot of stories here uh, where, yes, we're, we're going to have some people who haven't even brushed up against tribal council, uh, where we're not going to have Barb or Billy go to tribal council. But not only that, uh, we've got two creatures from the Upside Down and Billy and Demogorgon uh, who have not yet gone back to the Upside Down, which maybe they would have preferred. Uh, so mm. it's hard to know if this is heaven or hell uh, for these castaways. Uh, <laughs> but this this next Tribal Council is going to be a hell 
of an event. Yeah, well, because if we're looking at the uh, the where things stand in terms of numbers, we have four new Owens tribe members. We have four new Brenner tribe members. Now, in the real uh, Survivor Edge of Extinction, they very much tried to stick with their tribe lines to the point where they nearly went to rocks or, I don't know, went to dice. Is that the, uh, the yes, Stranger Things I version? I think so. I think that's uh, great. It's where they just roll dice instead and whoever rolls the lowest number goes here. But we have a lot of cross-mingling. As well, Will 11 want to flip immediately considering how they got rid of Will. We shall see. Let's break down these individual tribe dynamics. Looks like Joyce and Murray are bonding slightly. I gotta say, Joyce Byers, she's also impressing the rest of the team. She's she's doing a pretty damn good job putting in a lot of work pre-merge here, Josh. Well, I think that Joyce has spent so much of her time in the Stranger Things universe concerned about so many other people. And this time, she's out here for Joyce. Uh, well, yeah, we should also point out that she has lost both of her sons now. <laughs> yes, both of her sons are gone. Uh, and so now she's like fueled by uh, the loss of the Byers boys. All right. But it looks like Julie... <laughs> Yeah. You, know what, you know what I think it is? I think Nancy says, I'm new. I'm taking on a new persona. You know, I'm no longer Nancy Drew. I think she cuts her hair with the machete down to like a nice pixie cut and she becomes Julie. And this Julie has a much more brazen attitude, Joss. And Julie says, screw you, mom. I'm leaving the Alliance. Yeah. For whatever reason, the Brant Steele wants to refer to Nancy as Julie. <laughs> if this is a spoiler that she is going to be a losing finalist, I will be upset with the simulator, but we'll find out exactly what's going to go on there. All right. So that is the Owens tribe. Let's check in uh, with some of the people who are going to be uh, uh, in contention potentially to go to tribal council. All right. So on the Brenner tribe, Max is impressing the rest of the team. I'm assuming she's just showing off some rad ollies and yeah. everyone is <laughs> sufficiently impressed by that. Sweet skating, bro. Yeah. Exactly. She's just but like it, rocking some arcade games, high scores left and right. But Josh, it does look like even though Max, Mike, and Robin stuck together in the last vote, this alliance has dissolved at probably the worst time they could have done so. Yeah, this is bad. And don't forget, Mike Wheeler did set the chickens free. This is around the same time that Big Wendy went home under similar circumstances. Will Big Wheeler be the next victim in Survivor Hawkins. All right, let's see. Uh, meanwhile, we go to the newbie tribe. Billy and Hopper find something in common. Maybe a little bit of like a, cr a cop and a criminal or a cop and a juvenile delinquent alliance going on. Yeah, I think the thing they find in common is a crime was committed, Billy committed it, and Hopper arrested him. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the... Hey, remember we were both there on the yeah. opposite sides of the law? Meanwhile, Barb and the Demimorgan bond slightly. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, conflicts being resolved in the first few days here, Josh, with some other pairs. Could Barb and the Demimorgan finally come around to each other, considering how the Demimorgan and Barb have a bit of a history? Yeah, Barb was like, all I wanted was justice. I got it. I forgive you. And the Demo Morgan's like, fine. <laughs> and meanwhile, it looks like now a newbie tribe alliance is forming. Billy has been able to crack into the former Brenner tribe. It looks like he pushed out Barb as a result. And Billy... Jim Hopper and the Demo Morgan have formed an alliance. Karen Wheeler, assumingly still off on her own, crying. She's just Barb on her own journey. Yeah, she's yeah. figuring well, it out. Barbara's unfortunately on the outs, uh, but they're not going to tribal council, so they they all make the merge no matter what. Let's go into this two-tribe tribal council because there's a lot of possibilities here. We have attending 11, Max, Mike, Robin, Joyce, Murray, Nancy, 
and Steve Harrington. Yes, Max, okay. Mike. So there's there's some interesting things to note here that even though it's 11 Max, Mike, and Robin who are coming from uh, the same tribe, Joyce, Murray, Nancy, and Steve on the opposite tribe, they used to be on a tribe with 11. Will the five of them stick together? Mm. Will Robin, Max, and Mike be able to come up with some sort of minority plan? Robin having a hidden immunity ego in her pocket. It's not impossible that she's going to be able to make some moves here, but will she risk the biscuit for her tribe? Well, they already had cookies, so we shall see. We're about to find out. All right, let's see what's going on here, Mike. So it looks like nobody... Oh, actually, Murray is going to pull his idol out and in the true most honorable move in the game thus far, plays it on Julie Nancy. So any votes against Nancy are not going to count at this tribal council. Surprised by this move, Josh. I am very surprised by this move, except for the fact that I think that Murray definitely has some sort of like super creepy old man crush <laughs> on Nancy Julie. So maybe he thinks that much like uh, that this is like a modern day Billy and Candace story mm. uh, where <laughs> he thought that uh, she told him that she loved him. She was actually speaking to Jonathan off in the distance. I can also imagine that Murray thinks his ego is bugged, and so he wants to get rid of that thing as much as possible. He just wants to get rid of it. Okay, let's get to the votes. All right, first vote, Joyce. Oh, no. Did they misplay the idol here? Did they get faked out? We shall see. First vote goes to Joyce. Second vote goes to Joyce Byers. Ooh, this is bad for Joyce. We were just singing her praises. I know. Third vote. Joyce Byers. Oh, she's going home to her voice. I'm coming. <laughs> Fourth vote, Max. Ooh, Max. Okay. Fifth vote, Max. Uh oh. Okay. Oh. Could, could they have? Could the producers have duped us, Josh? We shall see. Let's go to the sixth vote here, Max. We are tied. Three votes, Joyce. Three votes, Max. Two votes left. Seventh vote. Max. Oh my god, okay, one more vote. And it's either a tie or Max is out of here. Wipeout! Max is the sixth player voted out. And she is mad. Max, (laughs) indeed. She thought she could just skate on through to the merge. Much like she, I think she goes in the same round as uh, Rob Zabaknik from Survivor Thailand. So I guess this is the skater curse, Josh. It's a bad spot for the borders, but wow. So, I I mean, um, we're going to go through to the votes here, but yeah, it looks like pretty much Max, Mike, and Robin, the remnants of the old Brenner tribe, tried to stick together here. I think they were able to get maybe rile up, you know, some whispering at tribal council to get Murray to play the idol on Julie Nancy, only to throw their votes on Joyce. I'm assuming they tried to convince Eleven and maybe Steve to jump ship, but it looks like they weren't going to. They wanted to exact revenge on Will much like season one, and unfortunately that meant Max going to the edge of extinction to round up this first group that will compete for a spot back in the game. There's some compelling storylines here as well. You would have thought that Steve was voting with his tribe. He actually voted for Joyce. Oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't so even maybe, it, was, it was Robin who voted for Max. You know, Steve was really hurt by uh, Joyce softening the bond between them. So Steve decided to vote for Joyce. Uh, maybe Robin... Uh, duped Steve and and Robin and Steve in like a comedy of errors as they want to do. They got their signals crossed and they voted for the opposite person. Perhaps some sort of cross-tribal Scoops Ahoy alliance could be in the cards. All right. So let's get to our next phase of the game here. So first, 
we are on the edge of extinction, or we're on the, the upside down. So we're going to bring all 12 remaining members of the game to this random field where mind-flayed Mayor Klein says, Welcome to Survivor! The merge is here! A merge funfair! So many yes. things to take a part in! Win a big-sized plush of Boston Rob! But there's some Some 4ths of July take years to become <laughs> iconic. Others become iconic the moment they happen. And in comes... This might be one of them. In comes Jonathan, Erica, Dustin, Lucas, Will, and Max. Josh, ominous synth music is playing, as is wont to do in Survivor Hawkins. And it looks like these six are about to compete for a spot back in the game. Sight unseen, who is your uh, uh, hypothetical money on? Uh, well, Jonathan is the closest to an adult. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Jonathan's literally competing against a bunch of children. <laughs> so if Jonathan doesn't win this one, then he really does suck so hard. Uh, it, it depends on depends on how some of these advantages play out. I mean, Erica, it, she's she's not like you know sugar hyped the way that she sometimes is, so that might play against her favor here. Um, but she's been very determined ever since she's been in the upside down. Uh, Will has escaped the upside down before. So you got to think that maybe he's got a little bit of an edge here. Uh, Max, the most recent uh, person sent to the upside down. Maybe she is going to have one foot still in Hawkins. So I don't know. I I feel like Dusty Buns, I I think his time is yet to come. I'm going to put in a prediction here. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm still thinking about Max having a chance to win this game, but maybe the fact that she has yet to spend a lot of time in the Upside Down, maybe she is the least mentally compromised, the Mm. soundest of mental fortitude. So I think she has some some good sway here, but one person is going to be starting a bit further back from the rest of the pack to start, as in true Stranger Things fashion, Erica chooses to penalize Lucas in the challenge. Yeah. She's done. This is one of those moments where it's like, okay, I think Brand Steel uh, knows that this what characters we're using here because that is just pitch perfect. Erica is freezing Lucas out, giving him a little bit of brain freeze at the start of this challenge. All right, let's see who's going to be back in the saddle and after a hard-fought challenge. Will Byers! Whoa! Will the Wise is going to return to Survivor Hawkins in a storyline that mirrors the first season of Stranger Things. Uh, Will he likes it cold? Byers will return to the beach of Hawkins, Indiana. He's going to reunite with his mom. Uh, He's got his friends Mike and Eleven still in the game. Uh, it's a, it's, it's, it, but will he bring any of the upside down with him? Will he, will he be barfing up upside down slugs, Mm. uh, as he returns? Also not coming with Will and the slugs, two halves of an ego. Yes. But in order for it to be activated, it must lie dormant, much like that part of the mind flare did until season three. He has to give half an ego to somebody else. If they both survive the next tribal council, then it will form a full idol. So Will has a lot of thinking about to do as well as to who he is going to confide this ego in. And it looks like Josh, while most players are returning back to the upside down, 
One person is not. We've officially lost our very first player from Survivor Hawkins, Josh. Oh, my God. Okay. Lucas Sinclair has decided he has had enough. He has raised the flag. He is leaving the upside down. He will not be part of the Survivor Hawkins jury. After all this time, Erica's uh, bully campaign against her older brother, it's worked It's too much. Even Max staying behind on the upside down is not enough to keep Lucas behind. And Mike, maybe you're uh, from a couple of episodes back, a couple of Mm. podcasts ago. You did say Lucas was in contention for LVP of of Stranger Things 3. Perhaps not, but LVP of Survivor Hawkins? He couldn't hack it. Suffice to say, I think no matter what, he's going to go out with fireworks. So I'm assuming he set off a bunch of those. But I know Survivor Twitter raked this guy over the coals. Yeah, well, who has the last laugh because he gets to leave and drink that new Coke? Yes. Uh, All the new Coke he can drink at Ponderosa because he's alone going on that pre-jury trip. All right, let's get into our merch here. In true red fashion, the Alexi tribe is going to be made up of Barb, Billy, Eleven, Hopper, Joyce, Karen Wheeler, Mike Wheeler, Murray, Nancy Julie, Robin, Steve, the Demi Morgan, and the and the recently returned Will Byers. All Lots right. of interesting things going on here, Josh. Now, is Will going to have... It, this is the question, right? Like, Will Byers in Stranger Things, he is absent for most of the first season. He is the MVP of season two, for sure. He's the best character, remarkable performance from Noah Schnapp. He's a breakout. Rick Devins, when he returns from the edge of extinction, becomes the breakout player of that season. Will Will follow suit, or is this going to be a season three-esque Will Byers that we are seeing back in the game? D-D-D-D-N-D. <laughs> we shall see. I, I I don't know. I, I think that Will holds a lot of power here. He, much like Rick said, is playing with house money at this point. Uh, much like he spends a lot of time in his in that infamous house in season two. I think that he might come back in a little bit of a different mind frame. You know, he did only spend one vote at the upside down, but that does have a pretty profound impact on him. I guess my bigger question is not how he's going to impact the game, but how the game is going to impact him in that. Mm. Do we feel like these people are just going to say, let's throw him back out there? Or do you think they're going to pass him by in lieu of bigger targets going on here? All right. Well, let's find out how this is going to shake out. Very exciting. Here we are halfway through Survivor Hawkins. There is... There's much to, much action to be uncovered. And it looks like it took Eleven long enough to find a damn ego, considering how affiliated she is with the brand. She has found the Merge Tribe idol. We now have four idols in possession here, Josh. Well, Just, one has been played. Murray played, oh, his, Murray played his ego. So we've got Eleven has an ego. Robin has an ego. And the Demogorgon also has an ego. Let's look at some alliances here. Uh, so the... Power couple of Barb and Billy is still holding strong. Uh, we have Joyce, Murray, and Nancy Julie together. Murray's trying to make Nancy and Joyce do some weird things. Yeah, he's trying to put he's a got lot the, of... He's got the Merge Feast vodka. Yeah, with the vodka was also <laughs> sponsored by Burger King. Lots of upside-down <laughs> yeah, Whoppers. Right. Uh, Barb and Eleven are back together. Let's remember that uh, Barb tried to make alliances with the kids. Uh, we also have Billy, Hopper, and the Demo Morgan working together from the newbie tribe. Everyone else, though, 
though, seems like it's fair game, which fair should game. make for some very interesting elements here. All right, let's get to immunity, and uh, this is exciting. We've got we've got a surprise winner here. I think a lot of challenge beasts in the mix here as we're at the merge, and yet it is going to be none other than the chicken man himself. <laughs> Mike Wheeler wins the first individual immunity of Survivor Hawkins. He's feeling good now that his buddy Will is back in the game. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, this is the one where you uh, you stand, you hold the boom pole over your head. Uh, I mean, I guess he has more arm strength than you initially suspect, but I think, like you said, Mike is on cloud nine right now, and I think the fact that he can't see his competitors because his hair is so, you know, blocked off his eyes had really helped him in this challenge. So, yes, Mike is the only one guaranteed to see the final 12 here. The rest, in some way, shape, or form, are going to be up for elimination here. Let's see how things shake out. Before Tribal okay. Council. All right. So we, we have our idols. Billy and Steve bond strongly. Josh, yeah. has I a mean, bridge I, finally been built? I think that they're both just like in mutual awe of each other's island hair. They both look incredible. And I think that they realize that they could either fight or they could love one mm-hmm. another. Just be friends. All right. And we also have Mike... And Nancy having a major fight. I think this totally makes sense. These two have never really been on the same page. It would only make sense that coming together for the first time this season, they are going to bicker at one another. Bad moment for Julie Nancy, considering that Mike is safe here. She's only put herself in a worse position by doing this, Josh. Sibling rivalry. It was bound to get to them here. Uh, We have yet to see real bad blood between siblings and the oh just kidding erica and lucas uh but we'll see if history repeats itself in this regard uh some more drama here in the alexi tribe is uh originally from from you know they had bonded over at newbie beach billy hopper and the demomorgan and hopper has finally woken up to the fact that he's like dealing with people from the upside down. He probably shouldn't be. Yes. I so think he's Hopper's, left the alliance. He's realized, you know what? I'm a dirty cop, but I have fallen in with the wrong crowd. Let me, you know, break to the good side when I can. It's a big merge field. Anything goes here. This is an opportunity for me to declare myself a three, a free agent. So get another pair left in the game here, Billy and the Demo Morgan. So with a lot of fluid pairs going on here, Josh, I honestly feel like Anybody could go home at this moment besides the chicken freer, Mike Wheeler. Okay, we are at the Merge Tribes Tribal Council, the first tribal council of the game, uh, of the merge stage of the game. Somebody is about to have a chance to go back to the upside down. Everybody's shaking in their boots now that they know that the upside down is a thing. Mm -hmm. Some of them suspected it. Now they all know it. Will has come back with terrible tales of what awaits there. A terribly mean little girl who's hoarding all of the ice cream. Who's still going to be there. Yeah, she's still there. She bullied her brother out of existence. Uh, So what is going to happen to who gets sent to the Upside Down from this major crew of people still in the game? Let's find out what's going on here. So we have 13 votes up for grabs here. Looks like the Demomorgan is going to say, better safe than sorry. I'm going to use this idol on myself. The Demomorgan is protected from any votes coming her way. 
Wow, okay, yeah, the Demo Morgan has already been to the Upside Down and has no intentions of going back there anytime soon. The Demo Morgan is here to conquer Honkins. Well, it was the Demo Morgan's read right, or does the lack of eyes mean that you can't see what's in front of her? Let's find out. First vote, Demo Morgan does not count. Does not count. Demo Morgan does not count. Wow. Demo Morgan does not count. Great instincts from the Demo Morgan. Wow, almost like supernatural skills of observation and sensory. Fifth vote, Demo Morgan does not count. We're probably looking at like a consensus merge boot here. Diverted, Josh. Wow, okay. Sixth All vote, right, let's see. Karen Wheeler. Ooh. That's one vote, Karen. Two votes, Karen Wheeler. Wow. Three votes, Karen Wheeler. That's three votes, Karen Wheeler. We have uh, four, five votes left. Five votes negated on the Demo Morgan. Ninth vote, Billy. Ooh, Billy. Okay, so it looks like the former one t- near lovers might be uh, on the rocks here or are up on the chopping block. Tenth vote, Billy. So we have three votes, Karen. Two votes, Billy. Three votes left. Billy, we are tied. Three votes, Billy. Wow, three the 11th votes, vote goes to Billy. You gotta wonder if that's from 11. Does she always have to vote 11th? Is that the rule? <laughs> well, it's eventually not going to be able to work out that way, but potentially here. We'll see. Right, we'll see so what we're the... facing a tie here with two votes left. Billy. 12th vote to Billy. Oh my God. All right. It's got to go to Karen. Otherwise, Billy is going to be wiped out here at the start of the merge. Seventh person voted out of Survivor Hawkins. Billy. Oh, my God. And Billy Amazing, Bitly himself, is going to bite the dust at the merge, is going to be sent to the upside down. Mike, I think that they all finally sensed it. I think they finally sensed that Billy and the Demimorgan both originally hail from the upside down and they should go back to where they belong. Uh, and so they tried to do it on the on the obvious one, the Demo Morgan. The Demo Morgan wisely played that idol, and Billy and his man bun, his mullet bun, are going to the upside down. Spectacular. Well, let's take a look at how the votes shook down here in this very chaotic merge vote. So Barb voted. So it looks like actually, if I could recap here, so the ones who voted for the Demo Demo Morgan, who ended up getting the votes canceled out by the Ego, were Barb. 11. Okay, so she was not the 11th vote, unfortunately. Hopper, Karen, and Mike. Okay. So I guess we have a, we had a little bit of, you know, we maybe had like a parental double date here. We had Hopper back together with his uh, surrogate daughter, 11. Maybe they decided to vote together. So the two of them joined up with Karen and Mike, along with Barb, to vote for the Demo Morgan. Wow. The vo- Billy, the- Billy voted for Karen Wheeler. I think he made a pass at her. It didn't go so well. Yeah. Uh, and so, so did Robin. And so did the Demo Morgan. Wow. So, you know, we saw Billy had bonded with the Demo Morgan. I'm not entirely sure where Robin comes into the picture. Uh, maybe she's just sort of, she heard a plan and she was uh, following a trend. But the, the, uh, the nail in the coffin for poor Billy, we have Joyce, Murray, Julie Nancy, Steve, and Will It's a big Byers. surprise that Steve voted for Billy after they had just bonded. It's a little bit of the Ron Clark, Joey Amazing thing where Billy, uh, where, where Steve must have gone to Billy to ask, like, what's the plan? And Billy said, go look, go follow those nards and see what they're doing. And Steve didn't like that. Mm, and also, I believe, you know, Steve realized, hey, you know what? This is fun, but there could only be one hair. 
Yeah, you know, like, and let's let's split let's split hairs quite literally. We'll send you to the upside down, but crazy split vote here going on. It should shape up for a very interesting post merge here in Survivor Hawkins with twelve people left. We now have Billy joining Jonathan, Erica, Dustin, and Max on the upside down. Just tell me if you heard this before here, Josh. Erica's going to find an advantage in the upside down. Yeah, Billy was almost on top of it. Erica grabbed him by the mullet, yanked his hair, threw him across the upside down, and finds not one, but two advantages. She can practice for the re-entry at the next challenge, Which the next re-entry challenge. Which is a while away, and it didn't help her last time. So, yeah, or that, but, no, I guess that was uh, who who found that last time was well, that? it didn't work out well for uh, for for Lucas, who That's she was, was able to tie up. Uh, but Erica is also going to be able to get an extra vote to a remaining player in the game, and she's going to give it to Eleven. Uh, I like it. I think that she understands that Eleven is friends with the nerds, but because she has superpowers, she wouldn't dare to call her a nerd. And if Erica is lucky enough to re-enter the game, she's going to need friends in the game and best to befriend somebody with superpowers. Plus, you have to imagine that she, like the rest of us, are like, come on, Eleven, use your big powers. And maybe she feels like literally empowering Eleven might be able to block through that mental wall and get her to actually bleed some noses and start moving things with her mind. All right. Well, so let's see. There's there's no idol uh, currently hidden. There's yeah, it looks no... like we only have Eleven and Robin left as our idol holders. Robin has been sitting on that idol since episode two. She's ice cold, man. She's got ice cream flowing through her veins. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope not. Maybe that's why she's not doing well in challenges. <laughs> that's probably it. Just pooping so everywhere. So just to, to restructure our alliances here, uh, Joyce, Murray, and Nancy are still a solid thing. And it looks like Barb and Eleven are working together. Literally everybody else is just sort of throwing their votes everywhere. They're just kind of hanging out. Uh, All right, we got a reward challenge here. Uh, We're going to have some groups that are formed. Uh, We're going to have 11, Hopper, Joyce, Murray, Nancy, and Will are going to be one team. Uh, The next team is going to be Barb, Karen, Mike, Robin, Steve the Hare Harrington, and the Demi Morgan. And that aforementioned team, they are going to win reward, Mike. They are going to get Chinese takeout from nice. the from the Starcourt Mall special delivery. Yes, Panda Express. Uh, tread lightly when the blue and yellow meet in the West, and I believe that these are blue and yellow teams as well. So it is all too pertinent. I believe that uh, you know the final puzzle was to uh, put a bunch of planks together, and we know that Hopper, though he is used to nailing planks up on walls, considering how many sieges they do within a house, unfortunately it did not work out here as this group gets some much-needed MSG moving into the immunity challenge, where Murray Bauman is going to take it. He's able to stand on his toes the longest, but just like he is always on his toes with the various conspiracies going on around Hawkins. I think that that's right. Uh, congratulations to to Murray, who really needed this immunity uh, because I think people haven't quite forgotten that dazzling idol play, uh, mm. that very bold play that he that he he made on Nancy Julie's behalf earlier in the game. Uh, so the more that Murray can protect himself, I think ultimately the better. What's going on back at the beach before Tribal Council, Mike? Well, Karen Wheeler is impressing the rest of the team. I think she knows she likes to entertain. 
She loves house parties. I think she finally feels liberated from her husband, Ted Wheeler, and is, you know, lamenting when he comes out for the family visit. So I think Mike, she's ha- I think, you know, we said we wanted a story for Karen Wheeler. Yeah. I think Karen is just like having a little bit of a, you know, she's just kind of crushing it lately. Meanwhile, Barb and Steve have a major fight, understandably so. Let's remember that Barb encountered Steve back when he was jerk-ass Steve Harrington season one. I think she'll never forget that. Not not only that, she died in his pool. Mm, So (laughs) it's hard to forgive. And also we have Karen and Steve having a minor disagreement. I could totally see this being the case where Steve is a bit disrespectful around camp. He's leaving his sailor hat around and not hanging it up and karen decides to have a word with him additionally barb and 11 decide to call it quits here josh and they didn't really have much in common anyway (laughs) i mean i don't really know where that came from it really was them coming together and being like why are we working together right now yeah i'm not really sure what that was all about in the first place but there seems to be a uh, a mega alliance forming here on the alexi tribe between 11 uh, her her father surrogate Chief Hopper, her boyfriend Mike Wheeler, Mike's sister Nancy, uh, Robin and Steve, the Scoops Troop are hanging tight. The Demomorgan really just shining everybody on. <laughs> the Demomorgan social game is just outstanding. Yes, uh, seriously, considering that it is a creature that I'm assuming can never cannot communicate whatsoever. I guess that makes it the most trusted in the game. You know, it had its moment with Chief Hopper once upon a time. Eleven and Will, who is also in this alliance, they can speak the upside downs language. Uh so I don't know. I guess like better the Demon Morgan you know the Demon Morgan you don't. And and of course Will is here as well. Will also made it through his tribal council uh, intact. So I'm assuming he has that idol now in his pocket. And so with this alliance of eight, I guess on the outs are who? We have Karen Wheeler. We have Barb. We have Murray. It doesn't really matter for Murray. He's doing okay. Yeah. And who else am I forgetting about here? Uh, I think that's it. I think that that's the, I think Joyce, Joyce is in a little. And Joyce. Okay. Joyce is in a little spot of bother. I think Will is deciding like, I have to play my own game. (laughs) I have to do what's best for Will. All right. So we have Karen, Joyce, Barb, and Murray on the outs. Let's see if one of those three, Sans Murray, is going to be going here. Let's get to Tribal Council. First vote, Barb. Second vote, Karen Wheeler. Ooh. Third vote, Karen Wheeler. Two votes, Karen. One vote, Barb. Fourth vote, Barb. We are tied. Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Karen. Fifth vote, Karen Wheeler. Three votes, Karen. Three vo- two votes, Barb. That's three votes, Barb. Three votes, Karen. Six, actually seven votes left if you count 11's extra vote. Seventh vote, is she Karen. playing her extra vote? Oh, that's true. I'm not entirely sure. It didn't say yeah, there, so maybe know. she's not. Seventh vote, Karen Wheeler. That's four votes, Karen. Three votes, Barb. Eighth vote is Karen. Five Ooh. votes, Karen. Three votes, Barb. Barb. Five votes, Karen. Four votes, Barb. Tenth vote, Barb. Five votes, Barb. Five votes, Karen Wheeler. It's going to come down to these last two here. Eleventh vote, assumingly from eleven. Karen Wheeler. Okay, we're at six votes Karen. Five votes Barb. It's either a tie or Karen Wheeler, who we just proclaimed as doing a great independent woman storyline, might be making her way to the upside down. Last vote and next person sent to the upside down. Karen Wheeler! Karen, no! Karen! 
Ken. Wow. Uh, Let's Ken. see how this shook off because it turned out to be seven five, which is interesting. It seems like that alliance of eight, one person might have defected. So let's take a look here. Barb voted for Karen. Eleven voted for Bob. Harper voted for Barb. Joyce voted for Karen. Karen voted for Barb, obviously. Mike voted for, Mike voted out his own mom. He voted out his mom. Oh, Mike and yeah. Mike is the Mike Wheeler is the villain of Survivor Hawk, Hawkins. Oh, I'm wow. putting that down right now. He freed the chickens. He voted out his own mom. Wow, Mike Wheeler is just freewheeling through the game. Wants to, he wants to play without his mom. He votes out his mom. Unbelievable. Wow. He overheard his mom's pep talk to Nancy, and he didn't like it. He didn't like that he didn't get a pep talk. Nancy, meanwhile, voted out her mom as well. Wow. Nancy voted out her mom because she didn't ask for the pep talk and she got it anyway. <laughs> wow, this is like the biggest amount of impudence I've seen in Survivor you know, ever. Can, like, mom, I, I hate you, mom. Yeah, they, they, the, 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 you know, we, we, we said when Easton meets West. Yeah. That's what happened here. <laughs> when Easton uh, meets West Nail. Yeah, double Easton for Karen Wheeler, uh, who I think she was just, she was feeling herself. She was, she was like really feeling like she was crushing it. The whole tribe was impressed by her. So I think we got to say that at the very least, where Stranger Things has failed Karen in the past, at least uh, we're, we're getting some, some great action. We got some great action from Karen here in Survivor Hawkins. And it's not over for her necessarily. Yeah. She goes back to the upside down. Maybe now she has a second shot at love with Billy who's there. It's interesting because I'm looking at the votes as well. And it seems like despite that alliance of eight being together, half of them voted for Barb. So Steve, you, don't, you don't think this is a split vote plan? It you know, could just be like, if they just if play they, it safe. Play yeah, it they safe. feel like We've Karen has an idol that way. They can, and they also know. I think Karen and Barb both know they're on the outs. So that they got to vote for each other. They don't exactly. have a chance. So the Demi Morgan, uh, Steve, and Eleven and Hopper all vote for Barb as well as Karen. So yeah, I think it's safe to say this alliance of eight is currently in a stranglehold over the game right now. And poor Barb and Murray and Joyce are unfortunately uh, looking in the house right now in that log cabin. Let's go to the upside down. Relatively straightforward after a couple of rounds. Erica is pissed that she has not found an advantage yet, considering how flush with cash she has been in the past. But everyone's just hanging out there. They're just chilling in the upside down right now. Uh, not a lot going on. Uh, back at the beach, Eleven's she's still got the idol. Robin still has the idol. Uh, the alliance between Joyce, Murray, and Nancy it's still holding strong. Though I think, uh, the, are we are we saying here is Nancy a mole? Nancy's double dipping. Nancy's yeah. double dipping. She's got the she's got the alliance with with Joyce. She's got the alliance with Murray. Murray's still trying to make some magic happen between the two of them. I think <laughs> Nancy is just playing along just in case. Uh, and she's also in that mega alliance between Eleven, Chief Hopper, Mike, Robin, Steve Harrington, the Demi Morgan. And Will Byers. All right, let's get to our immunity challenge here. 
as Barb. Oh, this was a needed thing for Barb. She nearly went home at the last tribal council, and she knew that, so she was going to stand there for Bo Diddley, and as a result, she was able to keep her ball perfectly balanced and claim immunity here. Josh, do you agree much-needed win for Barb? Much-needed win. Uh, much as she needed justice, she needed immunity even worse. Uh, she is safe from the upside down once again. How long she can hold out here, uh, I, I, I don't know. If, if Barb can run the table and make it all the way to the top here, this could be uh, this could this could be a real Cinderella story for the previously deceased Barb Justice. I'm just I was going to say, say Barbarella, but that's something very different. Yeah, uh, I think Barb and, Justice. Barbara and I think Justice. If, if Barb can hold on longer than she could onto those pool rungs when the Demogorgon dragged her into the Upside Down, I think that's going to be okay for Barb. Let's see what happens here. Hopper and Murray find something in common, probably because they realize they're both the oldest people in the game that are left. I was going to say it's that or they're both like hoping to see something happen with Nancy and Joyce. (laughs) Yes, Uh, the perv alliance, the perv partnership is really becoming a thing. They're getting very pervy. They both like their fair share of vodka, which Murray has uh, squirreled away from the merge feast. Which he's impressing the rest of the tribe with. I think everyone is appreciating that they're going to take some downtime. You know, the games have been a little hectic. A little intense the past rounds. Murray's going to get everyone nice and calm here on the. He's going to build a pullout into the shelter uh, just so everyone can have places to sleep. Additionally, Julie, Nancy, and Steve will find something in common. Josh, I mean, with Jonathan the, out of the game for yeah, so was, long, while the, while the boyfriend's away, will the Julie play? Yeah, I think that Nancy and Steve have rekindled a little bit of their old. Former flames for each other. That would do well for the fire making challenge as well. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, in a big development, we're seeing that the that the giant alliance here in the Alexi tribe that there's been a a, a little bit of a of a swap Ooh. as Steve Harrington is going to hop into the well. Steve is already in the alliance, but we're going to see Eleven is leaving. The alliance. It's like once again, she's she's mad at Mike. Yeah, she dumps his ass, and she. Well, I, I think it's she's, she's gonna find it with her dad. Yeah, she's gonna find out that they're withholding information from her. They're giving her a bunch of rules, and she doesn't like those rules. So she's gonna step over the trap wire and head out on her own to Barb Cago, where she's going to come back to Barb, hat in hand, and say, "Okay, remember when we had that thing, and we realized why are we in this thing? I think we should be in this thing again." We should be in this thing again. So Eleven is going to leave the Alliance. Uh, could be an intentional ploy, as we know that Eleven, she's got the ability to harness those superpowers. She does have an ego in her pocket. Will she use it? We will know once her nose starts gushing blood, Mike Bloom. All right, let's get to Tribal Council here. Looks like Robin is finally going to play her idol. Interesting choice by Robin. She's in the majority alliance. Maybe she's just saying, you know what? Better safe than sorry. I think believe this also was the chaotic Julia tribal council in Edge of Extinction. So maybe she felt by historical precedent, she wants to make sure, much like David Wright did on Rick Devins, that she wants to be safe here. Well, I think that Robin and Eleven both knew that the other one had the egos in their pockets. And I think Robin seeing Eleven leave the alliance made her nervous. And Eleven seeing Robin use her ego makes Eleven want to get superpowered as well. The blood is gushing from her nose. And we've got two idols out in the open here. 
for this crazy ninth tribal council of Survivor Hawkins. Let's get to the votes. Could we see a no vote scenario happen oh at the God. final 10 here? Oh, jeez, man. I hope so. All right. Let's read the votes, Mike. First vote, 11 does not count. Wow. 11 does not count. Oh, she drew these fools out. 11 does not count. Oh, she has. 11 does not count. She has them exactly where, you know, 11 has been quiet all game long. She was waiting for this moment. It's the blockbuster tribal council. Fifth vote, 11 does not count. Sixth vote, 11 does not count. Josh, we are halfway through the votes here and none of them have been cast properly yet. Oh my God. All right, 11. You're killing Seven it. Seven vote 11 does Seven not 11 count. Seven does not yes, count. Yes, we take a brief break to get some Slurpees and force yes. the cashier's face against them. Some I ordered cherry, not this shit strawberry. Eighth vote. 11 does not count. Wow. I mean, we are looking at 11th worth. <laughs> the second coming of Kelly Wentworth is happening wow, here. This is crazy. Ninth vote. 11 does not count. Josh, this is insane all right oh my god 10th vote robin does not (laughs) count (laughs) holy crap oh my god 11th vote robin does not not count count. and that is an 11 vote cast by 11 11 and you got to assume it's barb voting for robin mike no votes (laughs) there's no vote There is no vote. They have to re-vote at the final oh. at the final 11. 11 oh comes goodness. out and just destroys the game. Holy oh. crap. Okay. Well, so we should also mention, so this is, uh, yes, all right. So it looks like there's a tie and a re-vote. Those in the tie will not re-vote. Uh, so it looks like Murray, Nancy, Joyce, Hopper, the Demogorgon, Mike, Will, and Steve are all up for grabs here. So remember, Robin and Eleven are now immune. I mean, they were immune anyway because they played idols. So yes. it's Barb who has and Barb women. And Barb and Eleven were, were the two who were really not in the alliance, right? Uh, I think Joyce yeah. may be in trouble here as well. Murray could be in trouble as well. You you expect that the alliance between the Demomorgan, Mike, Nancy, Will, Steve, and Hopper will hold. Wow. And who knows? This is a crazy night. It's hard to know. I was going to say, I don't know what could one-up the Julia you know, pilot passenger, I'm jumping ship tribal council, but this might be a top contender here. 11 votes cast, none of them count. I'm still in disbelief about that. All right. So let's see of this revote who's going to go. So everyone revotes. 11 wipes the blood off. First vote, Will. He likes it cold. Second vote, Murray. One Uh, vote, Will, one vote, Murray. Oh my God. Third vote. he's, He's shitting in his jorts. Third vote, the Demomorgan. Wow, the Demomorgan finally draws blood. Yes, uh, they get a baseball bat and they finally took a swing at her. Fourth vote, Nancy. Wow, we are tied <laughs> one to one to one to one. <laughs> this is crazy. This is the craziest thing I've seen in any of these Brant steals. Oh, oh my God. Here we go. Fifth vote, Steve. <laughs> So just to be clear, uh, uh, we have one uh, vote Will, uh, one vote Murray, one vote Demogorgon, one vote Nancy, one vote Steve. It's anybody's game. Five votes. All right. Sixth vote. 
choice. <laughs> six people. Did six everyone six just turn to each other cast. and say, okay, vote for the person on your left? Oh, God. Nobody knows what to do. No one was allowed to speak. Everybody's oh. discombobulated. All right. Seventh vote. <laughs> okay, Murray. Murray looks like he's in big trouble. All right. Murray's yes, two out. votes. Two to one to one to one. Wearing those brown jorts now. Oh, lovely. They're ready to get his stink to the upside down. Eighth vote. Joyce. Two wow. votes, Joyce. Two votes, Murray. Let's keep going here. Ninth vote, Steve Harrington. Okay. Wow, the hair. The hair two Harrington. Two votes, Steve. Two votes, Joyce. Two votes, Murray. Joyce. Okay. Three, three votes, votes Joyce. Joyce. Two votes, Steve. Two votes, Murray. One vote left. Joyce Byers, after maybe the craziest tribal wow. council we've covered in our brain steel careers, Joyce by a revote after a no vote, idle two idle plays, has been sent to the upside down. I mean, I think everyone is stunned, including Joyce at this moment. Mike Bloom, we have watched a lot of Survivor. We have talked a lot about Stranger Things. I don't think that we have ever seen a Stranger Thing happen in Survivor than the Joyce Byers vote. What a blindside. What a wow. night. This is why Survivor is still on after all of these years, Joyce going to continue on to the upside down. Of course, she can hardly believe what has happened. So let's see what happened here. You were correct in that it seems like the formidable duo uh, of Barb and Eleven did vote for Robin. They were the two lone votes for her. Good on Robin. I'm assuming that she sort of did what uh, Jeremy Collins did in Survivor Cambodia, where when Eleventhworth went to go play her idol, Robin decided to stand up and play hers as well, which is good. She would have gone. Yeah, we're but they were wildly that. on different pages for the re-vote where Barb voted for Steve Harrington. She wanted justice for getting killed in his pool. And Eleven voted for Nancy for truly reasons that are beyond me. A pretty wild Hopper vote here, Mike Bloom. Hopper voted for his own daughter. He tried to vote out his daughter. It did not work for him. So instead, he voted Joyce Byers out of the game. That's what happens when you stand up the chief of police. Yeah, you, this is what happens when you mess around with Jim. And Detective Byers is promptly fired. Wheelbarrow is off its kilter. Inspector uh, Joyce, see you later. Joyce voted for 11. She tried to vote the Demogorgon out of the game. Instead, she will see the Demogorgon's home turf at the upside down. Crazy. Mike, Mike voted for his girlfriend, 11. Maybe he was mad at her dumping his ass. Uh, though in the revote, he also throws a vote onto Joyce. Mike and you, Hopper. You seem wonder to be in if this here. is yeah, if this is some sort of coordinated attack where Eleven's like, vote for me tonight. I've got a plan, and then vote for Joyce afterwards. So we have Murray voted for Eleven and was able to squeak by on the vote. Tried to throw a vote Steve's way. Uh, Nancy threw a vote onto Will in the revote. Just seems to be sort of out of nowhere. Robin. Threw a vote onto Murray in the revote. Steve also voted for Murray. Looks like that Scoops Ahoy crew is finally on the same page. The Demogorgon threw a vote onto Joyce with Mike and Hopper, and so did Will Byers. Out his mom. We Will got the double East in. Everybody voted their mom out. Everyone who could double vote their mom out voted their mom out, except 
Jonathan Byers the worst. Double your pleasure, double voting out your mom. Oh my goodness. The kids of Hawkins are taking over. Will Byers poised for a Devons-esque run here through the merge of Survivor Hawkins and uh, and and Joyce is shook yes. as, she, as she huddles up in Castle Byers with Jonathan uh, lamenting the news of the evening. Uh, she can hardly believe what happened. Though now good on, good on Will, sure. because I think the vote ended up being so chaotic, he could very easily say he voted for Murray, he voted for Steve. He'll, hell, he could get away by saying he voted for himself, and I'm sure people would believe him, but wow. Who would have thought one of the most chaotic tribal councils ever would end with somebody else for the second time this season voting out their mom? Survivor Matricide should be the unofficial subtitle of this season. Mike, I can't believe what's happening here. We have to continue. We're up to episode nine, a two-part episode here in Survivor Hawkins. The 10th and 11th tribal councils are going to be looming. That 11th tribal council... (laughs) Uh, coming up. Yep. Feels might- om- ominous. Feels ominous for, for your friend and mine. Uh, coming into episode nine, so much momentum behind 11. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's go to the upside down first where Joyce has recently arrived. Looks like we're going on a little bit of a treasure hunt. Joyce is going to find an advantage for the next immunity challenge and give it to 11. Game respects game, you know? I think that Joyce understands that 11 did what she had to do. 11 did not vote for Joyce in that re-vote, so she's feeling like she's just gotta, you know, she's gotta, she's gotta give props to somebody who played masterfully and could use all the help she could possibly get. All right, let's take a look. There is a human immunity idol, Ego, back in the game. Will Byers capping off a streak. He says, screw you, mom, I can make my own breakfast Here's an ego. Here's an ego. And he is he is he's hogging all the airtime in addition to the egos here. Uh, Will Byers looking pretty Should, sharp. Do you, do you think at this point they're going to just call him Byers now? Yeah, I think I think that he's earned last name status. Last Byers standing. Uh, no Byers remorse here for <laughs> Will. All right. Let's take a look at what else, what else is going on here. So Murray and Nancy still holding together without Joyce. Murray still as pervy as ever. Maybe even more so. It's magnified now that Joyce is not there to divert some of it. Uh, it looks like that alliance is still trying to hold strong the anti-11 brigade that voted against her at the last tribal council, while Barb and 11, three amigos style, were able to survive the last tribal council. But will they be able to escape the noose n- this time? Let's go to our immunity challenge, where the Demomorgan is going to pull Ooh, it off. Ooh, the Demomorgan wins immunity and uh, an embarrassing showing for otherwise the star of the season so far, 11 uh, who had the advantage and could not seal the deal, nor could she seal the door to the upside down. She's left it open three inches, and she may get sucked in at this next tribal council. Well, you'd have to imagine that the Demon Morgan still has some resentment held towards Eleven, and it's one of those mentalities of like, I want, I need to beat you no matter what. And I know that the Eleven was the second, the second to last person to drop out of the challenge. And so the Demon Warrior just sort of won it by pure will, pun unintended. Let's get to our tribe here. All we see is the Demomorgan, now safe, has a major breakdown once again, Josh. Honestly, Bloom, it was just a matter of time. This is a Demomorgan trying to mix it up with human beings. Uh, so the fact that the Demomorgan is, uh, is just now finally starting to lose its mind 
it's it's a surprise that it took this long. Let's get the tribal council. Josh, I don't know if Eleven's going to make it to episode 11. She was able to, you know, stave off death once before, but I don't know if she can come in at the 11th hour and, and escape it again. All right. Well, we're about to find out. It will be very embarrassing for Eleven to miss tribal council number 11. This was Eleven's goal coming into this season. Will it go down? This is a major milestone. Let's read the votes. First vote, Hopper. Second vote, Barb. Uh-oh. Could the Alliance be thinking that Eleven has an idol and takes out her right-hand woman instead? Wow, okay. Third vote, Hopper. Two votes, Hopper. One vote, Barb. Barb. That's two votes, Barb. Two votes, Hopper. Interesting, interesting. Fifth vote, Eleven. Oh, Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Hopper. One vote, Eleven. We could see a split vote scenario here, Josh. Six vote, Eleven. Ah, uh, this is bad news. This is bad news. Two to two to two. Seventh vote, Eleven. Oh, wow. do not thank heaven. Three votes, Eleven. Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Hopper. Four votes, Eleven. Yeah, it's over, right? I, it's get, this, it's let's call the ball game here. Eleven. Put up uh, such a valiant effort. This is our robbed queen goddess. Eleven by a six to two to two vote is sent to the upside down. You know, listen, much like the bald David Wright was voted out in the first part of episode nine of Survivor Edge of Extinction, so too does the bald Eleven. This is season one Eleven we're talking yeah. about, according to the Brant Steel picture. Uh, she is knocked out of the game. Just one vote shy of the 11th Tribal Council. She couldn't bear to see it, perhaps. Uh, great run. That was one of the best moves I've ever seen in Survivor history at this most recent Tribal Council before this. Uh, everyone was 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 wise to get 11 out of the game. Yeah, we're looking you, at the you, results. If you give her enough rope, she's going to telekinetically pull it away from you. Barb and Eleven tried to get Hopper out of the game. Eleven voted for her dad, but her dad voted out his daughter. Uh, And it looks like uh, Robin and Will threw a couple of votes to Barb just as a split vote plan in case Eleven played another idol. They could tie it up and get rid of Barb here. And would you believe it, Mike? Mike Wheeler dumped Eleven's ass. He voted Eleven out of the game. Mike Wheeler again, turning full villain here the internet hates him at this point they're saying look i know you're shoving buyers down our throat but send mike home he is an a-hole yes the unreformed bad boy of survivor hawkins mike wheeler all right let's get into our our final nine here where barb is looking in a very dire situation he she's facing off against an alliance of eight that doesn't seem uh, lines of seven with uh, with Murray. Maybe it's a side piece that doesn't seem very uh, privy to keeping her around. Everyone's chilling on the upside down. I think eleven being there crush a lot of people. Let's remember Erica sent her an extra vote once upon a time. Joyce sent her a challenge advantage. It does seem like eleven was one of the favorites of the upside down, and they are all sad to see her there. As is the fan community. Everything's good alliance wise. Immunity challenge time. Hopper wins immunity. Yeah. Castaways must balance a dish with five dimples on a ball support. Each castaway must land one ball in each of the five dimples. Hopper drops his towel, but he doesn't drop the balls. 
He wins the ballsy challenge, and it's really no surprise. And to celebrate, he puts on a sung pair of sunglasses and reenacts the entire Magnum P.I. opening credits. It's a little obnoxious, but we'll give him that. We'll give him that. All right, let's get back to the beach, Mike, uh, over at the Alexi tribe. Wow. Uh, A fairly big development where the bad boy himself, Mike Wheeler, is deciding he doesn't need these people anymore. I think that... Mike, he, he got 11 out of there. Maybe he's feeling some regret. Maybe he kind of wants to go to the upside down. Maybe he wants to go be with 11 again. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think Mike realizes like, oh my God, what have I done? He's become corrupted with power that he's realized he's lost the person that he never said I love you to. I think he's looking for an opportunity to tell her that. Maybe that means he's voluntarily you know, wanting to send himself to the upside down. Maybe it just means he doesn't want to work with these people anymore, including his own sister, I'm not entirely sure, but once again, Mike finds the most inopportune moment to put himself on the outside there with Barb and Murray. I still think Barb is primed to go here as Eleven's number two, but Mike might have put himself in contention here. All right, let's get to Tribal Council and see how this is going to shake out. Will is going to play his idol on Robin. Woo! And he votes to cast against Robin will not count. Listen, Will, as the mind flayed, uh, likes it cold, knows that Robin works at Scoops Ahoy, is amenable to making free ice cream for life deals. Perhaps he thinks that if he protects her with this idol, he's going to get ice cream for life when he gets out of the game. Well, let's see if Will's, uh, you know, analysis was accurate, if he has the omniscience of the mind flayer as well. First vote, Barb. Second vote, Barb. Third vote, Barb. Fourth vote, Mike. Ooh. So three votes, Barb. One vote, Mike. Fifth vote, Mike. Ooh. Three votes, Barb. Two votes, Mike. Sixth vote, Mike. We're wow. tied. Three votes, Mike. Three votes, Barb. Could this be a blindside for the young bad boy Wheeler? Seventh vote, Mike. Wow. Let's go. It's it. It's done toast an eighth vote and the person voted out next mike wheeler thought he had this game on lock got rid of his meat shield in 11 and he found himself on the wrong side of a blind side just like that josh what did mike do wrong here i think mike was arrogant that's classic mike wheeler you know he got he got too big for his britches and then i think he got really mopey and emo because he felt bad about what happened to 11 and i think that he left the alliance and part of me feels like this is what he wanted i think Mm. that he wanted to be with 11 uh, I think that he was feeling weird being around Hopper for, for without Eleven there. Uh, and he just he felt like maybe if Hopper's in the game and I can go to the upside down, then Hopper can't stop Eleven and Mike from being together. So Mike is going to go to the upside down. Vote breakdown. Uh, ironically enough, Mike and Hopper, they vote together. They both vote for Barb alongside Robin who oh. got an idol played on her by Will Byers. Who ends Will up voting vo- against Mike. Will voted out his best friend. The Demogorgon votes for Mike. Steve Harrington votes for Mike. Nancy votes for Mike. Murray votes for Mike. Barb votes for Mike. Do we think that the mantle of badass Wheeler has now been passed from Mike to Nancy Julie, considering that now she's voted out her mother and her brother from the game? We gotta see Nancy get a hidden immunity gun for her to make that final transformation into the badass Nancy. All right, Nancy, uh, get will, your gun. See. 
We will right. see where that goes. All Let's right, move episode in here. 10. We're at the final eight here. Just to recap, our final eight is Barb, Hopper, Murray, Nancy, Robin, Steve, the Demo Morgan, and our upside down returnee buyers hanging tough right now. Hanging tough. Yeah. All right. Hanging let's tough. go to the upside down. Mike arrives, I'm sure, to a big argument with 11, with Erica chiming in, I'm sure, for good measure. Really awkward night there in the upside down. Looks like every- Mike and Mike and Eleven eventually make up. They kiss and make up, and everyone's really grossed out. And by then it. they kiss, and then they kiss some more, and then they just keep on kissing, and everyone's just and sort it's of awkward. It's really gross. It's very uh, gross. So then we uh, take a look at our alliances here. Murray and Nancy have become the new power duo, and they're sort of a uh, holding strong here. And it looks Except like Murray is not in the majority alliance, so Nancy's still just keeping that option open. Yeah, she's she's looking out for him, uh, well, much like he's looking at her in a very weird way. It's a main alliance of Nancy, Hopper, Robin, Steve the Hare Harrington, the Demogorgon, and Will Byers. The six of them remain tight together. Uh, there's a reward challenge. Everybody's split into two groups. And it looks like Barb, Hopper, Murray, and Steve are going to win a trip to the mud pits. And man, if you ever thought you needed the image of Hopper and Murray rubbing mud on each other... Spoiler alert, you do not. Yeah, but it's happening. It's real. Uh, they're bonding very closely. Uh, and and uh, Murray's like rubbing the mud all over Hopper's belly. And Hopper's rubbing the mud all over Murray's hair. Steve is not going in the mud pits. Neither is Barb. The last time yep. she went swimming, she died. So she I think she hasn't been in the water all game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, she smells a lot, but this might be the first time that half of our winning team has opted out of the reward. I'm surprised yes. they did not pull a Sam on Dilsor and give it away to somebody. All right. we, mo- we move on to the immunity challenge here, and Robin is going to win immunity. I believe, Josh, that we do not have a repeat immunity winner as of yet. Wow, that's amazing. This is a very athletic group. You know, uh, surviving uh, Stranger Things is is no easy feat. Uh, and with three seasons of upside down uh, obstacles under their belt, everybody is a possible winner. All right, let's get to our tribe here. Barb and Steve find something in common, assumingly not wanting to get in that mud. Yes. And it looks, Meanwhile, it looks Will, like Josh. Will the unwise. Will has left the alliance. Why do Why? people keep doing this? This doesn't pan out for anyone. Yeah, 11 left. She nearly got voted out, then got voted out. Mike left. He immediately got voted out. Byers, what are you doing, dude? And this ends up being like you leave the alliance. It's not even like people like get like kicked out of the alliance. It's yeah. always framed as like, I have left the alliance. And then that person gets voted out. Byers, this is a very stupid idea. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we're saying bye bye to Byers once more as we go to tribal council here. First vote, Barb. Second vote, Will. Oh, God damn God, it, Will. Idiot. Third vote, Will. Oh, you idiot. Fourth vote, Will. That's oh. three votes, Will. One vote, Barb. Stupid idiot. Fifth vote, Will. God damn it. You moron. Sixth vote, yeah, Will, you dumb, dumb idiot. You voted out unwise. Voted out unanimously. Buyer's remorse officially... Uh, it is a terrible, terrible showing from Will Byers here, who gets knocked out of the game uh, when he absolutely should not have had to be 
knocked out. Don't forget, he also had that uh, return from the upside down mm-hmm. uh, idol in his pocket that he never used. He goes back to the upside down with it. And he's going to return to the upside down. His whole family is going to be there. They're going to be very, very mad and disappointed with him. Can we also say Barb has become the cockroach of this season? You know, we thought that right after Eleven left, she was gone. But Mike and Will somehow burn bridges much bigger than hers to, to the point where she has just stuck around and has actually been brought in on some of these votes. This is crazy. This is crazy. Will voted for Barb. Everybody else voted for Will. Uh, LVP of this season at this point. Will uh, Byers. What, Will, you had the game in your hand. in your hands and you just threw it up. Oh, my God. Barfed it into the sink. Goodness. All right. You're definitely... You're definitely winning. This went worse than his Dungeons and Dragons game. Oh, boy. All right. Let's move into our final seven. He's got the hat back on. It's his freaking dunce cap in the corner. Will becomes the 10th person in the upside down right now. Getting a little crowded there in Castle Byers, but they are... They are uh, they're surviving no matter what. Let's get to the reward challenge because, Josh, we're getting some love. Oh, family visit. Nice. And Robin is going to win the reward. And it's Mrs. Clickety Clackety? <laughs> I guess so. That, that girl she was crushing one? on. <laughs> the one that oh. sings really badly. Oh, weird. Okay. Mrs. So, Clickety Clackety has, has come out for Robin as her loved one. She's going to pick so two other she- people to share love with. And she picks the Demo Morgan and Hopper. You know what? Interesting choice on on Robin's part because I believe Robin picked probably the two people who had the most a strange connection to their loved ones. I think Hopper picked one of his deputies, and uh, the Demo Morgan picked what a Demo dog. Yeah, it's a dart. Dart dart comes out. Dart comes out. It's the first Demo dog in Survivor history to be a loved one. All right, so with some questionable love under everyone's belt, I can only assume how much she pissed off. I mean, Barb missed out seeing her parents uh, due to Robin's picks here. Let's go to the immunity challenge. It doesn't matter, though, if Robin pisses anyone off for the second time in a row. Yes, Robin wins immunity. Yes. All right, I'm all in on this Robin train right now. MVP of Stranger Things 3, let's make a run at this. Uh, Uh, Robin run. I think that uh, run and Robin. And also, you know, she's used to standing there all day at Scoops Ahoy. You can imagine her feet are pretty numb as is. So she was totally fine standing in a perch for uh, for a long portion of time. Okay, this is great. Robin is the immunity winner. Nothing could go wrong for Robin this round. Except... What the Robin has left the majority Robin has chosen to leave the alliance. All right, these people are getting flayed, man. I I think you're getting flayed. So for some reason, Hopper, Nancy, Steven, and Devin Morgan are just that toxic that people just cannot deal with them. You're getting flayed. I think it's one of these Dr. Sean things where Robin's like, I know it happened with Eleven. It happened with Mike. It happened with Byers. But if it happens one more time, then I'll think there's a pattern. Ah, but something curious has occurred. Robin has left the Alliance, but she's forming a new set of Scooper Troopers. Yes, Queen! Leading the way on a new crew. Jim Hopper 
going undercover with a new Scooper Trooper alliance alongside Robin, Barb, and Murray, who has wow. the most loyalty of the entire Cause he, crew because he's just desperate for yeah, anything. He has literally point. nobody. He's had literally nobody for the past like week in the game. I mean, with seven votes, Josh, if this sticks together, we could see... Nancy, Steve, or the Demon Morgan get blindsided here. Oh my god, okay. Wow, Robin, if Robin pulls this off, this might be one of the most successful rounds any survivor has played in Brain Steel history. Alright, let's get to Tribal Council. I can't wait any longer. First vote, Barb. I feel like I've said that (laughs) literally every time for the past five rounds. Yeah. Second vote, Steve. Ooh, ice cold. Third vote, Barb. Fourth vote, Steve. We're tied. Uh, Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Steve. Will Robin's plan work here? Fifth vote, Barb. Three votes, Barb. Two votes, Steve. Steve. We are tied. Three votes, Steve. Three votes, Barb. One more vote, right? One One more vote. So did Robin's plan work? Or are we saying goodbye to Barb here finally? Barb lives to see another day. Steve Harrington is voted out. Steve the Hare Harrington knocked out. Ahoy, matey. You've Steve been Steve got thrown down an elevator shaft into a pile of his own piss. Robin. <laughs> oh That's so evocative. Robin pulls off one of the biggest moves wow. in Grant Steel history she gets scooper troopers 2.0 together to blindside an og member of scooper troopers barb hopper murray and robin all vote for steve blindsiding nancy julie steve and the demo morgan they she now voted have the power out her colleague wow yeah i mean i'm i'm all in. i'm totally in on the robin train at this point i'm i'm taking mrs clickety clackety i'm hopping on the back there and, and riding that train to the station uh this is a, a an appropriate level of craziness here at a podcast that is absolutely going to boil over four hours at this point wow uh, the stranger things feedback show i don't know if it's delivering for you folks but it's certainly delivering for us here as we are watching Survivor Hawkins unfold. And uh, we're getting to the final six, Mike, and it is a who's who of people left behind. We've got Justice for Barb Holland, Chief of Police Jim Hopper, the conspiracy theorist himself, Murray Bowman, the never nude, Nancy Julie Wheeler, Robin, the ice cold ice cream scooper, and the mother effing Deba Morgan. This is going to be, I mean, we have one more round before someone Ooh. comes back from the upside down and shakes the game up once more. Still a lot of play. There's an alliance of four, but who's to say that Jim does not have allegiances back to Nancy and the Demo Morgan? We could see a tie here. I think it's safe to say that Murray and Barb are pretty tied into Robin. You know, Robin saved Barb here. So it'd be interesting to see how things shake out. The 11 players in the Upside Down are going to receive letters that Jim Hopper wrote to them before entering the <laughs> yes. game. Yes, just leave the door three inches. Yeah. And it, some it, sad music is playing in the background. Yeah, as David Bowie plays. David Bowie, they actually fly a speaker, a speaker system in to play David Bowie while everyone weeps over their letters as it gives them some reflection right before they come back into the game. Let's get to the Alexi tribe here. Also something to note here, though, Josh, even though we have Nancy on the outs, Murray 
and Nancy have the most loyal alliance in the game so far. You know, I think that Nancy's been secretly dragging Murray through much of this game. But what's amazing is Murray has not told Nancy about his secret alliance with Chief Hopper, Barb, and Robin. Yeah, so we'll see if that ends up burning Nancy here, and we'll see yet another Wheeler get blindsided. Let's go to our reward challenge where challenge beast robin's domination continues she wins reward uh they get a trip a helicopter trip around the island to a poolside luxury resort she is picking her fellow scooper troopers hopper and murray who for some reason cover each other in mud again even though that's not the point of this reward she left barb behind barb being in that alliance but i think she recognized that barb would not appreciate the poolside luxury resort that's true uh, so but I, I i do think that robin may have made a mistake here by uh by bringing uh chief hopper i feel like outs a member of her alliance and well, hopper hopper's participation so far he was deeply undercover maybe it doesn't matter though if robin continues her challenge streak in the immunity challenge right, let's find out she does not she does not it is a win for nancy julie brand steel it persists and insists <laughs> that Nancy's name is Julie uh, and this uh, the, the, the prophecy of Nancy as a losing finalist it continues to build, build momentum. Uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy wins, wins in a word puzzle at the end. We know how good she is with her words considering she's a roving reporter so it makes sense for her to win this. Very much needed for Nancy but certainly puts the Demo Morgan on the back clawed foot here. But at the Alexi tribe... Finally feeling safe, Josh. Barb has a major meltdown. I was ready to swim! (laughs) I was ready to swim! On my birthday! It was my damn birthday! (laughs) I was ready for a swim! I'd gotten over my fear of pools and I was ready to swim! Well, let's see... you had ice cream! If she's going to stick with the Scooper Troopers or... Justice! Could Barb flip here? We shall see as we get into our final six tribal council. First vote, Hopper. Mm, Hopper finally, uh, you know, Hopper always throwing himself into harm's way. Yeah. Finally getting to see some payback for that. Second vote, the Demo Morgan. Oh, the Demo Morgan. Third vote, Barb. Ooh. One vote each, Hopper, Demo Morgan, and Barb. Fourth vote, Demo Morgan. Demo Morgan. Two votes Demo Morgan, one vote Barb, one vote Hopper, two votes left. Demo Morgan by four to one to one. Wow. Demo Morgan is going to the upside down. So yeah, it looks like despite uh, maybe Robin revealing her hand here, Barb having a meltdown, this seems like the Scooper Troopers stuck together and sent the Demo Morgan, finished off the plan, stick, stuck to it uh, as Easton met West once again to send the Demo Morgan finally to the upside down where yeah, she came but from. You, you have to applaud the Demo Morgan. I think like actually like applaud the Demo Morgan because this was not a human being. And yeah. this not the only non-human character, the only non-human castaway out there in Survivor Hawkins made it as far as the original final six and still has a chance to re-enter the game, Mike, because we have reached that point. Where the door to the upside down is opening one last time and somebody is coming back to Hawkins for vengeance. 
I should note, though, that as much as I thought the Scooper Troopers 2.0 would stick together, Barb actually voted for Hopper. She was mad. I think she felt that Hopper stole her poolside spot. I think so, so, too. And so we actually saw that Murray was able to bring in Nancy Julie here as a vote to vote against her former ally, the Demon Morgan. I think Nancy Julie is just doing an anything-but-me approach at this point. Here's how we're looking right now. We have a final five of Barb, Hopper, Murray, Nancy, and Robin, but they will not be five for very much longer. They're going to have one more person come back as this voluminous group Uh. of 12 people come in here. Now, we knew that Erica had an advantage to uh, be able to practice the challenge as much as she could. Josh, this is going to be a huge shot in the dark. Do you have a pick as to who's coming back out of Jonathan, Erica, Dustin, Max, Billy, Karen, Joyce, Eleven, Mike, Byers, Steve, and the Demo Morgan? I think you got to go with history based on Survivor Edge of Extinction. You got Dustin, the third person voted out. Can he fulfill the Underwood prophecy? I'm just going to say yes, because that's going to be so ridiculous if it comes true. I, for a story purpose, would love to see Eleven come back. I feel like Eleven and Barb joining up and Eleven exacting some revenge on her father would probably be the best outcome here. You know, Mike coming back would be fun, but we already now have a new badass wheeler. So I'm pulling for Eleven here. She's become the fan favorite, at least from our perspective. All right, let's find out. It's the Edge of Extinction return competition. One player is going to come back from the upside down for a shot at a million dollars and sole survivor of Hawkins glory. And that Who's person it be? is Dustin Henderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Dusty buns. Oh my God. This he feels, rides this feels back like something out of the never ending story. He's like, on Falcor. He's flying in on Falcor singing the song. Susie Pooh could not be happier uh, back home. On Dustin Wood confirmed here. Dustin comes to the game, says, who the hell are these people? I cannot for the life of me believe that this actually happened, Josh. Unbelievable. Dusty Wood coming for the clutch here as he is returning to Survivor Hawkins. He better find an idol. He better win some challenges. This man needs some luck on his side if he is going to get back into the running for the million dollars. But it's just fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't good. be happier. Slipping back in, uh, well, gum, gumbying his way into the into the game. I will say, Josh, good news is that much like buyers before him, Dustin was given two halves of an idol. So if he makes it past this next tribal council, he will have something to play, but he will not be able to find an idol back at the Alexi tribe camp as Murray has found his second ego of the game that can be used in the next couple of rounds. All right. And he still has his friend Nancy here, who he's played an ego for already in the past. Uh, the, the new power alliance of Barb, Hopper, Murray and Robin, they are holding tight, which could be very bad news indeed for the newly re-entered Mike Wheeler. Dustin uh, Henderson. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dustin Henderson, not Mike Wheeler at Julie. all. Julie. We're, we're so far into this podcast, uh, yeah, we are, man. We are, we are basically took our uh, own truth serum and we're just like uh, on the bathroom floor at this point. Uh, oh my God. Looking up at the ceiling. The podcast is going to be almost the length of Stranger Things. <laughs> 
All right, let's proceed here. Let's let's keep keep on keeping on here. Julie is going to win immunity. Nancy Wheeler at the final six. She also wins reward here and gets to take two people to steak and chocolate cake. Apparently, it's now a rule of thumb to take Murray and Hopper onto any rewards. These two guys get all the fringe benefits of going on reward challenges without actually winning them, Josh. Wow. No Ruth's Chris stakes for Dustin Henderson. Uh, this 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 may not be tipping in the direction of the yeah, Chris Underwood prophecy after all. For some reason, Murray and Hopper are now rubbing chocolate cake on each other. <laughs> they keep getting each other dirty. They love this. Uh, they figure it's good luck at this point. Let's take a look at the Alexi tribe here. So we know Murray has the uh, has the ego. Barb and Robin are bonding strongly. But Robin has a major meltdown. Josh, I think she's seeing the end here. It's just in sight. I think she is very afraid that this could all fall apart, especially with the return of a wild card like Dustin. Well, listen, Mike, ice cream always melts eventually if you don't <laughs> eat it fast enough. Uh, Robin has been on a tear and she she may just be at the point where she's losing it. Uh-oh. Josh, things just became more complicated. We thought that Hopper, much like Ben Dreebergen with you know noticeable hat before him, was the spy Hopper has left the alliance. Yeah, okay, so he's getting voted out next. <laughs> so here's the thing. So we have Barb, Murray, and Robin in an alliance together, but we know Murray's tied with Nancy. We could see Hopper, Nancy, and Dustin vote together to force a tie. There's a lot of permutations going on. Dustin could very well go out the revolving door here to join all of his upside-down denizens on the jury as well. Let's see what happens here at Tribal Council. Oh my god, all right. Let's find First out. vote, surprise, surprise, goes to Barb. Wow, Barb. Second vote, Barb. Could this finally be it for the Barber Roach? Third vote, Dustin. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Fourth vote, Dustin. Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Dustin. Two votes left. Dustin, and we're going back out that revolving door. Dusty Buns spends one more day in the game than he did before. By four to two, Dustin has officially joined the jury. Josh, All right. gotta say, I know that people were, uh, you know, had their opinions tampered based on who, what happened to the Edge of Extinction returning in the season proper. Gotta say, I'm pretty disappointed here with what happened with our returnee. I'm pretty disappointed as well, except for the fact that, you know what? It was fun out there in the Upside Down, and Dustin was a great character, but we've had a really compelling group of five that are now entering the final five. Highs and lows for the remaining players in the game. This will not be a season that is perverted, that is asterisked by an Upside Down returnee mm. claiming the game. Everybody, would, it be, would it be an Upside Down asterisk, so it's actually at the bottom of the text instead of the top? Every single player remaining in Survivor Hawkins has been in Hawkins the entire time. And now it is just one last battle of Starcourt for this final five uh, with, uh, with you would imagine, Nancy being on the outs because of this alliance that has existed between Barb, Hopper, Murray, and Robin for the past few rounds. But will Nancy find herself in a swing vote position, especially with her close affiliation with the pervert Murray Bowman. Uh, uh, and we also see here that uh, Nancy, under Murray's wing, also voted in the majority for Dustin with Barb. Hopper, after hopping out of his alliance, was the one to vote with Dustin. I can only assume that Nancy was the swing vote here, and I think her and Murray possibly had the most covert partnership of this entire season, and they stick with it in that she, she votes with them.
Okay, well, I'm excited here. I love Dustin Henderson, of course, but here we are at a final five. This isn't a kid's game, Mike Bloom. I know. None of these these kids are eligible for the win. We've got three teenagers and two adults uh, who are still in the running here. The Alexi tribe is about to go from five to four. Yes, everyone here can drive, so I can only assume that a car is going to come with the prize. That's the only reason why they held off on that. So... As to mention before, Murray and Nancy are together. Hopper and Nancy have a little bit of like, uh, you know, uh, leftover lo- loyalty from that big old alliance. The remnants of the Scooper Troopers, Sans, Hopper are still together. Getting to our immunity challenge here. Barb wins wow. immunity. Barb, powerful, powerful, powerful. Resurrection looks good on you, Barb. Barb guaranteed a spot at that final four all-too-important fire-making challenge. Hashtag barbaric as she is uh, not aligned Wait, with Eric, someone Eric named Hayman's Eric. not in the season yet. <laughs> All right, let's get to our uh, tribe here. Looks like Josh, another member of the Scooper Troopers, is going to desert. So Robin, no, no pun unintended. Yeah, well, dessert. yes, Robin is going to go to dessert because she can't get she can't get enough ice cream out here on the island. Ooh, I do not feel good about Robin becoming a free agent here. Maybe she wants to try to become, uh, you know, a swing vote, much like Nancy did. But this leaves Murray in a very well connected spot. Now he's connected with Barb and he's connected with Nancy. I can only assume that one of Robin or Hopper is going to go here. Okay, well, let's find out how this is going to shake out at the final five tribal council with these spectacular players, all of them in the running for a defeat here. Let's find out how this is going to go. First vote. Well, actually, Murray is going to play the idol on himself. Makes sense Ooh. the last time to play the, the idol. He's not going to take it home as a souvenir, especially because no. he thinks these things are bugged. Yeah, so, so he doesn't want that in his apartment. First vote. Murray does not count. Second vote, Robin. Third vote, Robin. Oh, Robin, Uh-oh. you fool. Fourth vote, Hopper. Okay, we could face a 2-2-1 tie vote here. And we do! Wow, okay, a tie at the final five. This is interesting. I'm sad. I don't want to see either of these two people go. I know. These two have had a profound impact in the game. But it looks Hopper's like been kind of Teflon. He's had the bulletproof vest for, for much of the game. That, that he got from Arnie. Yes, uh, Robin has played a, a balls-out game, a bold game from the gate, uh, leaving the Alliance at times and still being okay, but she's just left the Alliance, and will that cost her? Let's find out. All right, so we're going to have three people voting here. Barb, Murray, and Nancy are going to be the only three votes that matter. One of them will definitely go because there are three votes here. Let's find out what happens. First vote, Robin. Mm. Second vote, Hopper. We're tied. This is going to be it. The next player voted out of Survivor Hawkins, Jim Hopper. Uh. We see a blinding flash. And Jim Hopper is no longer there, except he's on the jury bench. Yeah, he's not in the Upside Down. He's not in Russia. He's still here, but he has no shot at a million dollars as this becomes Murray's absolute dream, surrounded (laughs) by Barb, Robin, and Nancy. Oh, God. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this 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 season's canceled after this. I guarantee he He is so close to the final three scenario of his dreams. So let's take a look at what happened here. So it looks like Barb and Murray were the ones to force the tie here. 
Hopper and Nancy voted for Robin. Robin, true to her free agent nature, threw a vote out for Murray, which got nullified. Uh, I think unintentionally saving herself there. Yeah, well, because uh, I think she was like sketched out by a pervy Mor- Murray. Like she's the only yeah. one who sees it other than Hopper. But Hopper, uh, Hopper was trying to take out the biggest threat in the game. Yeah. So good on you, Hopper. You fought valiantly like you always do. We are now facing a final four here of Barb, Murray, Nancy, and Robin. Murray's begrudging angels. And we'll see how we face the new final four round in modern Survivor. It looks like we have, you know, Murray's well-connected. He has a couple of partnerships. It doesn't really matter because there's not going to be a vote. He's he's fine. He's probably making it to the final tribal council unless he gets burned out on fire. All right, let's go to the final immunity challenge here where Barb, third immunity win. Barb guaranteed a spot in the final tribal council, Josh. She doesn't know how to swim, but those land challenges, those balance beams, uh, she can keep those blocks up. Yep. Barb is here for justice. She will not be content unless she takes home the win. She's at least going to be guaranteed a shot at redemption in front of so many people who have been in the upside down. And in so many ways, Barb is their champion. Uh, Somebody who has been uh, in the upside down prior to this game. Congratulations to Barb. Very well deserved. She has clawed her way up through so much, losing her closest ally to now be facing the jury. Let's see what happens with these other three. So, Barb is going to take Murray to the final three. So, yep, Barb and Murray, sense. Barb and Murray are going to be sitting there at the finals. The final spot is either going to be going to Nancy or Robin. Nancy wins the fire-making challenge. I believe there was some gunpowder involved, so she just shot it, and a spark lit up. After a long, hard-fought battle here, Robin becomes the final member of our jury here, Josh. You know what? Robin was a challenge beast. She was a strategic powerhouse. She was a survivor through and through. But when it came to fire, it's no surprise that the ice cream scooper melted away. And not a lot of candles get lit at Scoops Ahoy, so not a lot of experience there, especially just, uh, you know, and Nancy tends to, uh, you know, she she has a sparky personality as it is. She's a very, has some incendiary wit, so Robin did not stand a chance. Here we are, Josh. Final three. Barb Holland, Murray Bauman, Nancy Wheeler. Let's Let's talk through these players. First off, Best friends, Barb and Nancy, somehow made it here together. Yeah, I think that that's been an underreported story. Uh, and Nancy being a reporter, you would have thought that she would have spoken about this Well, more I, I'm pretty sure uh, Jake Busey talked her out of it on the after show. We're not going to publish this. Yeah, Nancy's also been under-edited all season long as retribution for her antics at the Hawkins paper. Uh, Nancy... Uh, Nancy kind of just tucked under everybody's wing, didn't really do too much. She did vote out her own mother and uh, brother and brother. So so if, if people are respecting that kind of killer instinct, she may have a shot here. She may also have a shot because she will point her her firearm at all of the members of the jury and say, if you do not vote for me, I will shoot you with the gun that I get in the final act here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be working in Nancy's favor. Barb has uh, a hell of a story. She died, dude. She (laughs) died. She was dead. Barb wasn't alive. And then Barb came back to life, improbably, and really found herself 
out here in Survivor Hawkins really came alive out here, especially in the end with some crucial challenge wins. Got to imagine Murray's got no chance. Uh, but just being here next to these fine young individuals. He's already is, the winner. What's better than a million dollars than a million dollars and some ass? It is it is uh it is what he has uh he has lifted that line from Survivor history. Uh, uh I would also say that Murray, I think he overrates his chances with the jury because he says, I'm gonna water it down. You know, I don't want my arguments to uh to be able to be too bombastic. So I'm gonna really try to play down all the things that I did. But for what it's worth, Murray held the most power for this endgame. You know, he had tight relationships with both Barb and Nancy to the point where he pretty much saw a spot for himself in the finals. He found two idols as well. So it depends on what this jury values. And just as a reminder, this jury is made up of Billy Hargrove, Dustin Henderson, Eleven, Erica Sinclair, Hopper, Jonathan Byers, our first boot, Joyce Byers, Karen Wheeler, Max Mayfield, Mike Wheeler, Robin, Steve Harrington, the Demo Morgan, and Will Byers. Mike Josh, Bloom, it's not impossible that we'll get some kind of tie here. Yeah, we have, we have four, 14, 14 person votes. jury. Yeah, you could, you could see a 7-7 seven, seven, uh, forcing the third place finisher to become the final Yeah, we could, we could see like a 5-5-4, five, five, perhaps a 6-6-2, six, six, if you will. But let, let's, let's put some guesses out here right now. Josh. Oh, it's not even worth trying to guess how Brant Steele is going to, <laughs> to have these. They're going to have Dustin come going. back again and, yes. and win. I'll say this. I think we're about to get justice for Barb. Okay. If so, the story writes itself. How about yourself? Internet, lock, internet, in a, lock in a winner pick. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Nancy. I feel like uh, while she is fated to finish in the Julie spot of a third place, no vote finalist. I feel like they have a little bit of a, of a, you know, uh, Stranger Things is, is about the dweebs, it's about the nerds, it's about the underdogs. In this game, Nancy has been the ultimate underdog. So I feel like they have to acknowledge that. Watch now Murray win and both of us be entirely wrong. Okay. All right. Shall we get to the vote? Let's get to the vote. All right. It's the reveal. They've come back from Hawkins. They're now in Chicago. They're in, <laughs> they're in Russia for the for the revelation <laughs> of the vote and the winner of Survivor Hawkins. Let's count through the votes. First vote is Barb. Okay. Second vote, Julie. I'm just gonna call her Julie just for fun. No, third Julie. Third vote, Murray. We're tied, one vote apiece. Eleven votes left. Oh my god. Fourth vote, Nancy. Fifth vote, Murray. Two votes, Murray. Two votes, Nancy. One vote, Barb. Two votes, Barb. Two wow. votes, Murray. Two votes, Nancy. That's one more to Nancy. Three votes, Nancy. Two votes, Barb. Two votes, Murray. Murray. Three votes, Murray. Two votes, Barb. Three <laughs> votes, Nancy. <laughs> Barb. Three votes, Barb. Wow. Three votes, Murray. Three votes, Nancy. Nancy, four votes, Nancy. Three votes, Barb. Three votes, Murray. Uh, Four votes left. Wow. Eleventh vote, probably from eleven. Murray. Okay, Murray, four votes, Murray. Four votes, Nancy. Three votes, Barb. Three votes left. Barb! Four votes, Barb! Four votes, Murray. Four votes, Nancy. This is crazy. This is so close. This is unbelievably close. 
We have two votes left here. Thirteenth vote for Murray. We have five votes Murray. Four votes Barb. Four votes Nancy. Here's what's going to happen. We have one more vote here in the urn. If it's for Murray... Um, it, it, then he's the winner. Oh then my Murray Bauman God. is our winner. If it's for Ugh. Nancy or Barb, then we're going to have a tie. And I'm not sure what Brain Steel does in that case, considering that we have four people who voted for a third placer. Let's see what happens. Barb! Barb gets the... Oh, it's a tie! It's a tie it's a vote! tie between a dead person and a pervert! <laughs> this is the worst timeline! Oh, this is a weird timeline! So Nancy is going to be the arbiter of the fates here. Okay, so you gotta give it to Barb, because they're best friends. But who was Nancy closer with, Josh? Oh, God. She was tight. Murray. The winner of yeah. Survivor Hawkins, Murray Bauman! Ah! Ah! What has happened? Yes! I love this. I love the chaos. Ah! Murray was able to... The most paranoid person in the game navigated the rough waters in his jorts to be able to win the title. Nick oh. cashing in on the closest relationship in this game, much like Laurel. Cast that vote for Wendell. It was Nancy who determined that her close pal Murray was going to win this. And, Bur- and and Barb is dead all over again. Justice for Barb chants all over the Survivor Hawkins Reddit page. Uh, it, it's, it's horrible. Uh, Nancy is chased out of town. She was the Survivor Hawkins super fan beforehand. She will never uh, be accepted in the community Again, wow. because people were so cruel to her. Uh, it's just a disaster. Let's let's figure out what the hell happened here. Oh, my God. Okay, so Billy voted for Murray. Makes sense. Yeah. Two perverts backing each other's play. Dustin votes for Nancy. Julie, he still appreciated her dancing with him at the snowball. Eleven uh, votes for Barb. Makes sense. They were each other's biffles. Throughout. They were friends improbably. Erica <laughs> votes for Barb. Thinks it's pretty cool that someone dead came back to life. Hopper votes for Murray. His mud bud. His, his mud bud. His vote covered in mud. Written in mud. <laughs> Jonathan Byers voting for Murray. Totally out of nowhere. I don't think Jonathan knew her Murray words because I'm pretty sure also the final three were all members of the OG Owens tribe. So Jonathan knew, did not know any of them. He just threw a vote towards Murray. Maybe he remembered those fond memories of getting together with his girlfriend for the first time in Murray's warehouse. Thanks for getting me to have sex. Uh, By the way, Murray's going to upgrade to like a palatial mansion now after winning a million dollars here. Joyce is going to vote for Nancy. They did have a bit of a connection before her boot. Karen Wheeler's going to vote for Murray. I don't want to talk about why. Yes. Max is going to vote for Murray. That makes no sense. I would have figured she would have been, I, I figured, been a Barb vote for sure. I think her and Jonathan sort of uh, maybe stuck together because they're both pre-murders who didn't really know Murray. Yeah. Mike Wheeler is going to vote for Barb. Uh, I'm not going to vote for his sister. I think a little bitter about he's her definitely, he's, him. De- he's definitely upset about it. Robin votes, votes for, for Nancy. Julie. Yeah, uh, votes for Nancy. Julie, it's a it's a respect vote. She beat her at fire making. Steve also going to vote for Nancy. 
hoping that they can rekindle their romance and he can he can get a little bit of that million dollars. The Demogorgon. <laughs> I think this is the this headline is, of the finale is that the Demogorgon is, votes for Barb. Justice for Barb. The Demogorgon felt bad for what it did to Barb. Votes for Barb. Uh, and Will the Wise gets it wrong. Votes for Barb. Wow. So we had, by the final vote, with Nancy's vote included, 15 votes, six to five to four, Josh. Unbelievable. All right. Let's see who wins the fan favorite award. Who Robin, is Sia? Robin, who is Sia giving Sia, money to? Sia first admonishes Mike Wheeler by being like, don't, don't kowtow to my votes, honey. You were the villain. Give it to Robin in a true Rick Devins fashion. Hard fought battle. I thought it might have been 11 at one point, but I feel like 11 went a few episodes ago that Robin has the more recency bias. So yes. good good on Robin. She did not make it to the finals there, but she does get a consolation prize here. Unbelievable. Mike Bloom, uh, Murray Bowman, our champion here in Survivor Hawkins. And to apply this to Stranger Things 3 more directly, uh, Murray was a source of great amusement over the course of the eight episodes of Stranger Things 3. I do believe that you and I would agree, Robin, as an MVP of mm -hmm. the season, both Survivor and Stranger Things. So that's very fitting. Uh, uh, pro well, probably ultimately fitting that Barb, who did not appear or was mentioned in season three of Stranger Things, was not a contender to win in the end. Uh, we, let's see, we had two people, three people vote out their moms. Will made one of the dumbest moves in Survivor history by leaving the Alliance and getting voted out. Uh, Eleven makes one of the boldest moves in Survivor history by drawing votes to her, only for him to, her to fling those votes to the side. We had Dustin Henderson voted out day nine, coming back only to get voted out again. Erica Sinclair, by far the star of Upside Down fans, are saying the Upside Down twist was not the best, but at least we got you know, 10 more episodes of Erica Sinclair in they our lives. They hope to never see it again. Exactly. So that's going to do it here. Uh, let's go into some other statistics here. Barb and Robin are the undefeated challenge victories here. Uh, actually, Barb, Nancy, and Robin each won two immunity challenges here. Uh, Barb, huge vote magnet along with 11. She was able to survive so much. And Murray was our resident idol finder with to Josh. And Murray received it. the fewest votes, the second fewest votes of the season. And I think uh, they, they admired that. He was able to slip under the radar. He also, you know, voided some vo votes against himself, but I think they acknowledged the fact that he was able to put himself in a, a pretty good position throughout where he was never really the target. So I think that is commendable. I think that as while the optics of Murray winning aren't great, I, I do commend him for the game that he played, jorts and all. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that was crazy. Uh, Survivor Hawkins officially in the books. Mike Bloom, we got to wrap up this feedback show because I have to pee so badly. I have to pee very badly. This is uh, the longest podcast in post-show recaps history. I did do... Would you uh, call it some, a never-ending podcast? Yes, I did some, I did some looking. Uh, I looked back at our Fast and Furious podcast, Mike, uh, which which clocked in uh, at around three hours and 50 minutes, uh, maybe three hours, 45 minutes. That is the closest uh, competitor here uh, to a, a podcast that is uh, closing in on 420 appropriately. Nice. 
it feels like. Uh, we got to wrap up. Yes. This is not the, this would be a very fitting place to end our, our Stranger Things happenings. Uh, but we do have some more podcasts in the hopper, if you will, in the Stranger Things realm. Coming next, Mike, we've got a podcast coming next week about a movie on Netflix starring a Stranger Things star. We don't know what's happened to Hopper, but we do know what David Harbour's next available project is. And it's the Netflix movie called, get ready for this, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein, <laughs> which, is, which is a movie that Mike and I are going to watch. It's on Netflix right now. It's about a half hour long. So, so basically an eighth of the length of this podcast. So it will. you could watch the movie many, many times <laughs> and still not have watched it as much as you've listened to this podcast. We want to get your feedback for that podcast. Uh, send it our way. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is our feedback form. You can also tweet at us directly. I am at Round Howard. Mike is at a Mike Bloom type. Please also tweet our Post Show Recaps account. That is very helpful as we are collating your feedback. So please tweet at Post Show Recaps directly. And after that podcast, we're still going to have some more shenanigans as we are, uh, as Mike and I, we're, we're, we're extending some time in the upside down while we get our ducks in a row for a new podcast that we are going to be launching in August. Uh, it's not quite 108 different Stranger Things one-offs, Mike, uh, but maybe more than is than is reasonable or advisable. I, I cannot polar bear it to wait until we are able to get into this coverage, Josh. All right. The main feed of Post Show Recaps, it's worth your while. Please subscribe however you subscribe to podcasts. We have a bunch of other shows happening right now. Big Little Lies just aired its season two finale. Emily Fox and I are wrapping that up with a finale recap. Plus, we will have a feedback show of our own coming your way in uh, just a little while. Uh, and then Emily and I, we're going to be moving on to the next show that will succeed Seed, big little lies. Plus, we've got a little bit of Walking Dead bonus coverage with Jessica Lee's coming your way soon. There's a Lion King movie review in your feed right now from Rob Sesternino and Zach Brooks. It's all happening. So please subscribe to Post Show Recaps on your platform of choice. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of the Stranger Things things, postshowrecaps.com slash Stranger Things is still a worthy feed to subscribe to your ratings, your reviews, all of that. Greatly appreciated. Mike Bloom, what else do you have going on? Uh, so I am covering Survivor South Africa with Shannon Gates, which I, I think, um, Josh, maybe we'll have you uh, stop by for a hot second. I've heard, I've heard tell that that may, that that may indeed occur. Um, I'm also doing some intermittent coverage of this Big Brother season. I'm getting together habitually with Liana Boris for the RHAP B&B, as well as covering it for Parade Magazine with Weekly Exit Press. So if you're into some reality TV, if this Survivor coverage has wet your whistle a bit, uh, be sure to check that out because that is still going well through the summer. Okay, we've got a lot going on in both our necks of the woods. More podcasts coming your way. Thank you for enduring all of this ridiculousness. <gasps> if you did indeed endure the ridiculousness, Mike, this was uh, absurd. Fantastic. I'm still thinking back to remember when Joyce Byers got voted out four to two I can't to, two to one it. to one to one. I still no, I still can't believe that. But it happened. It's real. More Stranger Things adjacent podcasting plus other podcasts coming your way. Make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to be lost. Take care, everybody. Bye.